episode 78. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Push over pop culture. Leftovers. And we're the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. You're listening to the only podcast with the balls to bite a radioactive spider. It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And And we're we're the leftovers. Leftovers. Stop. Hammer time. Wow. I, I, you know, I, uh, liked last week's Hammer Time. I like that time. one. Alright. It's Hammer Time. It's Hammer Time. The James Bond one? The James Bond one. Gotcha. I liked it. M- mix it up every week. Okay. You know what I, I mean? I can do that. Throw that shit in the blender. Yeah, make it like the, the Simpsons intro or the Muppet Show intro or every week. It's a, <laughs> it's a different, a different variation of That'd the Hammer cool. Time. Yeah. Oh, I can make that. That'd be alright. Like the Kramer entrance. I can't. How many more of these? can i think of right, right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> holy shit <laughs> welcome back jake yeah i am back i was sick as shit last week that yeah. sucked do you yeah. want to yeah, is uh can you talk about your sickness i can if you want yeah. it, it yeah. was it was like that kind of flu you get where you know you don't even know which end to put on the toilet at one point. yeah at one I've point those i was you know sitting on the toilet leaning over the bathtub type of sickness oh, <laughs> so it was, those are the worst yeah it was not good I'd rather have like a flu flu than that. Yeah, and then it was just like it became just straight up fucking shitty diarrhea. And it was like going into the bathroom and dropping a pail of water every now and again. Yeah, it was it was crazy. Well, I'm glad we ate first. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't wish that upon anybody. Well, maybe a few people. Like TJ yeah. Lamb. <laughs> <T. J>. Lamb. <laughs> so... Yeah, wow, we're loud, huh? We are definitely loud. I'm going to turn that down a little bit. We're in fucking stereo. Yeah. Woo-hoo. So, yeah, right. we're doing a Saturday night again, right? Saturday night. Saturday night fever. Saturday night fever. Yeah. Saturday night fever. <laughs> Hell yes. Saturday night's all right for fighting. Get Hell a little yeah. action in. <laughs> Anybody? Any other Saturday songs? Jeez. Oh, uh, it's Saturday, 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 <laughs> Saturday. Yeah. yeah, I can't think of any more. That's the same song. Oh, same song. Just a different verse. <laughs> different verse to the same song. Same <laughs> but it's such a damn good song. It is a great song. It's like New York. You got to mention it twice. It's awesome. So there's only so many day of the week songs that I can think of. It's like, Friday. Yeah, it's Rebecca Friday. Black. Well, I was gonna say, yeah. Didn't like, she do a new day of the week song? I don't know. She, yeah, she did a sequel to Friday. Oh. I think it might be. Saturday. Wouldn't that be Saturday? Oh my god! Really? <laughs> yeah, I think that is oh. a thing. Holy shit! It, it's typical though. When I think Friday, though, I think that of uh, that one song. Uh, uh, Friday, I'm in love. Oh, you think of the Cure? Wow. Yeah. There you go. Oh yeah. And then. Uh, Monday, isn't it a uh, Jimmy Buffett song? Uh, 
Come Monday, it'll be all right. Oh, Come yeah. Monday. I always think Manic Monday on Monday. Okay. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. Another That's just another Manic Monday. Yeah. Mondays make me think of that song. It's good day. To whoop somebody. What about the ass. song? What about the days of the week that get left out of these songs? Like, where's the Thursday song, right? To, and Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, Tuesday. Well, there, I think there's a Tuesday song. Well, there might be a Tuesday song, but yeah. Who Are gives you... a fuck about Tuesdays? Wednesday. <laughs> well, maybe. Hump day. Hump day. Yeah. They get the Humpty dance. Do the Humpty hump. <laughs> Do the Humpty hump. You can't go wrong with the digital underground. They get the best day. Yeah. That's kind of fucked up when you think about it. The whole Sir Mix-a-Lot thing, that video was banned back in the day. Oh, yeah. Now it sells backpacks. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> like totally not even like bad by today's standards. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. I, I remember like when the video premiered, like I was like there watching it. And I was like, oh, my God. He's, he's, uh, he's rapping on a butt. Yeah, it was right. crazy. It was yeah. awesome. Yeah. I remember when that <laughs> premiered, too. Yeah. Yeah. Edgy for us then was uh, that Beavis and Butthead. Um, shit. There was a uh, a Three Little Pigs song. Like, oh, the Green Jelly song. Yeah, exactly. Remember when Black Hole Sun premiered? How fucking mind blowing that video was. Yeah, I was like, it was crazy. Closer is pretty crazy too. I had a there was a video of like I didn't go to the party, but it was like one of my buddies, and they had a party, and that song was playing in the background, and. He got, he'd been drinking too much and he loved that song. <laughs> yeah, that's a bad song when you and, love it and drink it too much. And he's, he's been drinking too much. He's San Diego Comic Con drunk. Oh my God. That is a thing. Now. And the song comes on and they show him in this video. I watched it like three or four times. Fucking hilarious. And he's bent over in, there's like a cardboard box. Oh, and you, and you, all you hear is like, I hit the table. I know. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. I, I, I'm still on. All you hear is like, uh, oh my god, and then you hear black hole sun, and he starts singing along with Holy it. Holy shit! Well, it's the most hilarious thing. Ever. I have no idea why that reminds me of this story, but in fucking kindergarten at uh, Riverview Grade School, they had those fucking trailers. You didn't even actually get to be in a school; it was like a fucking mobile home that you have for class, right? And uh, so the walls are real thin, and. Um, this kid went to the bathroom. It was either like during quiet time, we were like trying to read or take a nap or something. So he goes in there, and all of a sudden, we're sitting out in there. We hear, ah, ah. he's trying to pass a fucking midget through his colon. Oh, wow. So all of a sudden, all this whole class of five-year-olds just erupts in laughter. And don't you hate that when the <laughs> teachers are like, guys, this is not funny. It yeah. is true. Yeah. It's all yeah. funny. Yeah. It's like, and at that point, she can't use the excuse of, what are you, are you a bunch of five-year-olds? Right. No. <laughs> Fuck, they are. Yeah. Holy shit. Because like, I, we were taking like, uh, biology or some shit, and like, we had to talk about different parts of, uh, like a, a rabbit's body. Yeah. I threw my hand up, and I was like, ah, the rectum. And, and, <laughs> And like, and like, uh, she, the, the teacher, I think I was like 14 at the time, and her name was Mrs. Cox, go figure. Sure, she sucked a few in her day. Holy shit. Bitch. Anyway, she's like, don't, don't encourage him, don't encourage him. And I'm just like, oh, brother, come on. Who are you talking to? She's like, how old are you? I'm like, I'm 14. I'm fucking 14. By definition, I am an adolescent. Exactly. This shit's funny to me. And you know what? It's, God, uh, 20 years from now, it's still going to be funny. Fuck yes. And even 20 years from now, it's still going to be funny to you, Frank. Yep. 
Uh, you want to talk about taking the shine off of something. I remember in third grade there was this uh, girl that I had a crush on. And uh, she was in the back of the class, and she was like a straight-A student. She was like the one of the patrol guard people yeah. and everything. Um, and she's in the back of the classroom, and all of a sudden she fucking blows ass. Uh. And everybody fucking turns around. <laughs> and she couldn't fucking deny it because she was the only one back there, and her face just turned like lobster red. How did you react? I laughed, too. I couldn't help it. Yeah. It was a fucking fart in third grade. Well, how do you console her, too? That's a weird... Oh, she wasn't into me. Well, I'm just just saying, like, like, what if you were... Silent crushes. What if you were... Yeah, silent crush, but, like, let's say you wanted to, like, you know, I don't know, have her, like, endear to you a little bit because you're trying to console her. Like, how do you approach her with, like... I'm sorry that you dropped ass. <laughs> yeah, you should have farted right afterwards. You're bringing more. That t- would have been about the there only way. Yeah. Because yeah. you can't adequately address it to such a pristine girl. Yeah. I mean, like, her last name was even dignified. It was Duquette. It, like, spelled D-U-Q, you know, like, all French and stuff. Yeah. And uh, she was blonde. And, I, I mean, I remember this girl. Yeah, this is like the what, crush. <laughs> the Adam Sandler movie where he peed his pants. Yeah. <laughs> if peeing your pants is cool, consider me Miles Davis. Yes. <laughs> yeah, something like exactly. that. Exactly. That's about the only way I could have helped her recover. I got stabbed. It's cool? As, like, I was, like, in uh, first grade, dude. I got stabbed. By like, another I, student? By a girl I had a crush on. Oh, jeez. What? What did you say to her? Cute little blonde. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't remember what I said, but it's less, it's like, it, it was a pencil. Like a, oh. like a number two pencil. Wow. Oh. Yeah. Right in the leg. And I can, I could even show you. I'm not going to try to pull up my. You're going to punch yourself in the punch. Face. Exactly. That's where <laughs> I was going with that. But like, no, I could actually show you. I still have the lead. In my oh, leg to this day. You can ow. see, like, it looks like a gray freckle. That's fucked up. Yeah. That's nuts. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. It's bad you didn't get, like, a superpower from that. I should have known. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh, what would it? Number? Superman can't see through me. <laughs> they would call me number two man. Number two. Call you Ticonderoga. <laughs> Here comes Mr. Shit Pencil. <laughs> <laughs> Shit Pencil. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Yeah, what would my power be? What would your power be if you got soaked up lead? What would that do for you? Like, you'd use your finger as a stylus on any surface. Superman can't see through my leg. Oh. And that's that's the extent of my ability right there. Really serves no purpose. You could be like a camel that goes into Metropolis. (laughs) He's walking around one leg's regular size. The other one's all bulging out like a 350-pound dude. Stuffed with guns and drugs and (laughs) shit. Yeah. You could be the most notorious villain in Metropolis. Right. With your camel leg. What you got in the leg, son? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm packing kryptonite in this oh, fucking thing. Go. I'll yeah. stay away, thanks. You could do that too. Yeah. Superman got a new power, right? Yeah, isn't it like that solar flare power? Yeah, and if you use, it's like basically like a ripoff of um human torches, um right. like supernova. Right. Where he, he can use like all of his power at once. How do you whatever. feel about that? His um how do I feel about the new power? Yeah. yeah. It's kinda cool. Well th- think about it this way. I mean he gets his powers from the sun, right? Yeah. From Earth's sun. The what is it, like on Krypton didn't they have like a, a red sun yeah. or mm-hmm. something? Mm-hmm. And so our yellow sun is what makes him powerful. Mm-hmm. I guess it makes sense. It's way cooler than when they did the um way back like twenty years ago when they mm-hmm. did the lightning bolt superman bullcrap right like that this is way cooler than that well people have a fucking problem with this but they don't have a problem with the uh memory kiss <laughs> oh, you know wow. in the superman movie yeah with christopher reeves 
Oh, I'm in a kitchen. You're going to forget everything. <laughs> that must be nice. Sure. Oh, that I would use that all the time. <laughs> yeah. oh, I, like the next time I'm going to get written up at work, I'm going to be making out with my boss. <laughs> Just hold still. I got to plate this on you. Yeah. <laughs> Let me kiss the boo-boo. <laughs> <laughs> like, I promise, it'll take just a second. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. But, yeah, I think it's kind of cool that, mm-hmm. that they gave him a new power. Um, fuck, like, when's the last time they gave Superman a new power? It has to have been, like, 30-plus yeah. years. For yeah. the, the lightning bolt Superman thing is probably the newest thing I can think of. Yeah. Remember yeah. The, oh, go ahead, Frank. I saw a timeline showing, like, when certain powers of his got introduced, and... Um, Really, he just started off with uh, super strength and speed. In, oh, and in he could jump. Yeah, he could jump really far yeah. too. It was like uh, leap single bound buildings in a single bound. He couldn't fly yet, right? Mm-hmm. And I, if I remember looking at it right, it wasn't until 1941 that he didn't get his invulnerability. Ah, I can't remember. I may be wrong. If it's not 1941, then it was the following year in 1939. I thought you could always shoot bullets at Superman. That wasn't the case at one point. You couldn't just at one point you could shoot Superman right in the fucking chest and take him out. I guess I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. All I know is like they'd point the gun at him and he'd bend the barrel. I, right. I you know that's all I really remember. Well, We're, apparently you can get shot in the eyeball and be just fine. Imagine yeah. me. Imagine being the guy. You know, <laughs> like pointing the gun at Superman. And then Superman just reaches out, bends the barrel. Imagine what the other guy's thinking. Oh, fuck. I didn't see that coming. You know, yeah, you know not, what I mean? Not at all. Like, not at all. Like, what the fuck ho- do I do now? Yeah. What the fuck? Who can, who can fucking do this? Yeah. <laughs> that should be like the reaction in the movies. Yeah. What the fuck? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Look, time out. Yeah. yeah slow Zach, down. Zach Morris time out. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. How'd you do that? I, I know we've got this squabble going on here. I was trying to, like, I don't know, steal something from this bank and that's going on. But whoa, how the fuck did you do that? <laughs> yeah. I think he, he's, I've seen people rip news, like, uh, fucking phone books in half and shit. And that's impressive. But you just fucking bent the barrel of a gun. You know, that's 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 a really good point. As I'm sitting here thinking about that, and I'm not trying to bring up the whole Man of Steel thing, there was really none of that awe when it came to him and that. Everybody was more worried about, like, okay, well, what are you going to do with it? There was the scene where he was kind of learning his powers. I think that was kind of the scene of awe. For him, for yeah. can't. Yeah. Well, no, I think the there was public. the scene of awe from the public getting transmissions from Zod on the fucking every monitor in the world that aliens were real. I think that right there was enough for them to kind of like have a hard time digesting. Like, holy yeah. shit, alien invasion, this is fucking real. Okay. Just right. the realization of, I don't think they even were thinking about powers and shit by this point. Yeah, good aliens or bad aliens. Right. Just all aliens. Yeah. Because I remember with the uh, original Christopher Reeve Superman that even back then you did kind of get that. They were like, how in the hell is this going on? Yeah. It's so much more of a gentle introduction to Superman, though. Like, he, like, saves someone in, like, a public setting. It's not, like, the right. fucking end of the fucking world when right. he's showing up for the public to see for the first time. Right. Yeah, that is a pretty stark contrast. He's uh, playing part in all that destruction and versus him, like, just picking up the bad guys and dropping yeah. them off to the cops. Well, yeah, just see, like, the first time him. I think he made an appearance in Superman, the movie, as Superman was... When the helicopter was hanging off the building and Lois is hanging there and he catches her. I mean, his first introduction into the world is this heroic act. Yeah, everyone's like, yeah, you saved the girl. Exactly. Right? exactly. Yeah. And it's something to clap and, and be in awe of. Yeah. In, Super, in Man of Steel, everyone's busy running for their lives. Yeah. yeah. There's no time to be in awe of. There's a lot more terror. Yeah. yeah. 
Run, right. run for your lives. It's Man of Steel. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I can relate. It's a Where, rabbit hole. <laughs> where, where's that uh, number That number two pencil guy? When where the, the fuck is he when we need him? The Man of Lead. <laughs> if only his leg <laughs> Just his leg, up. though. <laughs> the, the Man of Lead Leg. <laughs> lead Leg? You'd have a little cape around your leg. <laughs> Right there. <laughs> it's like an inverted loincloth. <laughs> That'll be how they introduce Kryptonite in he the gets, Zack Snyder movies. He gets the same reaction as like the guy who's shooting the gun and Superman bends the barrel. Superman gives me that same reaction when he sees my fucking leg with a cape on it. <laughs> it it's not of awe. It's of this is sad and pathetic. Right? <laughs> this guy has a fucking cape on his leg. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Until you pull out the kryptonite rock. That's true. And then I'd start whooping on Superman's ass. <laughs> right. But like, how do you access it? Is there already like a there's zipper a compa- thing? There's like a compartment, I would say. I didn't know if like a dude had to be carrying a knife and just like cut his full flesh open like, oh my God. We're here. seriously figuring out the logistics of my leg leg at this point. That's where this yeah. conversation's gone. Yeah. As, as long as he drinks coffee properly Jake's like, while he's taking the stuff out of his leg. Right? Arch nemesis eraser yeah. man. Jake's like, there's a, there's definitely a compartment, Frank. Yeah, yeah. Definitely a compartment. You fucking nincompoop. There's, there's a fucking compartment in yeah, his goddamn duh. leg. Duh. Everybody knows that. Shit. It's canon, damn it. It is now. <laughs> <laughs> wow <A little> mutant leg <laughs> all right guys i real quick i wanted to uh i wanted to thank all the people that sent me you know well wishes about my grandmother passing away last week so thank you everybody that contacted me and sent me some well wishes it was it was very nice and uh i appreciate it it was awesome so yeah, very very cool super great of the army mm-hmm. too. they're awesome folks yeah good people that is good stuff so <laughs> All right, oh, yeah, we're like looking at Jake. Like, yeah, uh, looking at Jake. <laughs> You're looking at Jake. I'm totally staring at the mog on his chest. Oh yeah, I have the mog on my chest. Yeah, yep. you do. He's I got a, I got a knife next to me too. What do you what do you stab it? All right, Shank. <laughs> Get out of your move. <laughs> You're being evicted, you lazy sack of shit. All right. Uh, yeah, Jake is back this week. Hey, you know what? It was a surprise to me. Jake was live tweeting our episode because you weren't yeah. part of last yeah. week's episode. You were actually live tweeting yeah, I the made, episode, and I loved it. It was great. Me too. That was awesome. Yeah, I made it about halfway through. I know. Most people quit about that point too, Jake, so don't feel <laughs> I, bad. I was still, you made it longer than most. <laughs> I was still going to retroactively live tweet that mm-hmm. episode. Gotcha. So that'll get real confusing when it's like Thursday and I'm like live tweeting like yeah. last week's <laughs> you episode. You should like PC, hashtag PCL live tweet. Hashtag episode 77. Yeah, hashtag Aha. flashback. So was it really as bad as we thought it was, like a uh, episode 69 part two? It, yeah, I was surprised. Isn't it, it, You never think that me and <laughs> oh, Frank fuck. together. I don't think of myself as the prude police you either. You kind of are. Well, see, no, a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Keep us on the fucking rails Well, see, the thing, I think like we talk about some like nasty shit, me yeah. and you, Frank. Yeah. And then Jake gets uncomfortable. He, he kind of gets uncomfortable about it. Right. You're, yeah, maybe. A little bit. Sometimes. Sometimes you're into it, but it depends yeah. on what it is. But sometimes it's like everyone, Jake usually has something to say. He's ready to go. He's ready to go. And then we're talking about the goo or something like that. Gooch. I never even had heard the word gooch before last <laughs> yeah, week's episode. Jake's Googling gooch. <laughs> I, I, I didn't Google gooch. It's oh. the asshole? Uh, no, it's like the area, the patch behind your balls. 
before it gets to the crack. Oh, the it's the taintus or the taint. Yeah, women have the taint because it taint the pussy and it taint the asshole. All right, all right. So the guys have the gooch. The tweenus. Oh. Yeah, tweenus. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I never heard it referred to as the gooch until yeah, last week. Yeah, it's got many names. It was a learning experience for me last week's <laughs> yeah. episode. On yeah. That level. No, but you were you were live you were live tweeting and that was very fun to That was awesome to watch that. Yeah, it was fun to do. Yeah. So I wanted to chime in, and it was the only way I could chime in was to to live tweet the episode. No, but I'm glad you got to listen to half of it, and uh, yeah. who knows how much of it you enjoyed. But <laughs> you were like shocked that I remembered that much about the GoBots. Yeah, it was good. I I enjoyed a lot of it. I enjoyed um, Frank talking about the uh, survival horror game. Yeah. Um, I, forgive me for forgetting the name of it. Dying Light. Dying Light. Dying Light. Gotcha. Yeah. All these names of a lot of these survival horror games yeah. are all just like. They're interchangeable. Yeah. They're very generic, you know. I had to double check when I purchased it because I wasn't sure I was getting the right one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because there was another one that just came out from Bethesda, The Evil Within. And I'm like, okay, so like each one kind of both sound ominous. I'm like, which one just came out? So. Yeah. I was telling you before uh, we started recording, I finally saw a commercial for that Dying Light video game. Yeah. And yeah, you're very much, you hit the nail on the head, very parkour, and those creatures are fucking scary as fuck. Oh, man. It, it's very rare that a game actually will scare me. Yeah. I mean, I know I talked about, like, Mortal Kombat looking like it's a little graphic, but, like, this game, like, had my fucking uh, heartbeat, heart rate up. Yeah. And just the setting itself is is gorgeous it's very immersive when is guillermo del toro gonna start doing some consulting on video games and shit like that you know what i mean i bet that'll happen he's already started i can't remember what project he's uh dicking with yeah but uh i like how you uh say that guillermo del toro is dicking with projects dicking with projects i'd have to double check but i think i'd like to see like an interviewer with guillermo del toro "Ah, so what you dicking on if i remember (laughs) if i remember right he's one of the big names involved with the silent hill remake oh really yeah that's a great choice. Yeah, him and Hideo Kojima is a genius in his own right. Yeah, uh, he's the the guy who came up with that. And you're then a genius for pronouncing his name. Say that again, Hideo Kojima. Yeah, he's the guy behind um, the Metal Metal Gear games. Yep. Okay. Exactly. Oh yeah, man. I'm, I've been into like the the Japanese end of stuff back in the day. You know, back in the '90s, we didn't get the good shit here first because we didn't develop it. Oh yeah, I remember that. Like yeah. the the Super NES and then the mm-hmm. Famicom or whatever you mm-hmm. want to yeah. call it. Like they'd always get those games first, and like some of the games they would never even make their way here to the U.S. Right, and yeah. eventually some of them did, like those Final Fantasies. Finally, yeah. but yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's unfortunate because I love the Final Fantasy games, mm-hmm. um, and then we didn't get like a slew of them. It felt like, yeah, yeah. I think of Earthbound, a Nintendo franchise, yeah. where that was a game called Mother, but mm-hmm. we only got Part Three, which they called Earthbound and gave to us. But there's right. like six or seven of these games. Yeah. There's rumors abound that they're actually going to localize the first two parts of that too. Yeah, that's cool. If, if I remember hearing that report right, that would emerge on iOS. Yeah. I really enjoyed last week's episode, though. You guys did a great job. Thank you. Thank you, yeah. sir. I, I'm really excited to see Fruitvale Station. I thought that sounded really amazing. It's a yeah. very good movie. Um, I'm also excited, like Frank, about the Lego Shield Helicarrier. Mm-hmm. Um, I, did you guys know that you can actually get um, the like mechanics so you can make all the rotors move? And you, oh, and you can make it all light up and everything. You have to badass. Pur- you have to purchase the set separately. 
but they're compatible with the helicarrier, so you can get the whole thing lit up and moving and everything. Oh, oh my wow. god! If you got like a man cave somewhere or something like that, you have company over. Fucking turn that shit on! Oh my god, that'd be yeah. cool. And when okay, go okay, ahead. I was just saying, you can go right on Lego the Lego site, and they tell you exactly what sets you can get. To when is Marvel going to team with one of these companies that makes drones and make a helicarrier drone? Oh, I bet those things happen. never stay in the air though. They'll crash. Exactly, we know that for a fact. But yeah. like, when is that going to happen? <laughs> Did you guys see that? Like in the last couple of weeks, I've seen videos of that Millennium Falcon one that guy has. Oh, no, no I, haven't I haven't seen that. Seen that. Uh, I'll try to find that and show it to you. It's pretty neat. Really? Yeah. It, I mean, just like the rest of them, it flies like shit. But when yeah, it's actually yeah. up and moving, it's cool to see. It's like all lit up in the back where the Millennium Falcon should be. Oh, yeah. wow. So it's pretty neat to see Very it shooting cool. around. I'm yeah. willing to bet you'll eventually get like drone versions of all that shit. Probably. Varying price. Yeah. Right now, drones are still kind of... It's new and they're not really being regulated. I think five more companies got access to use drones Mm -hmm. um, recently, but uh, it's one of those things that are not being regulated. Uh, No, not at all. Yeah, they're expensive too. They're expensive. They they rate. They got like a wide range, and all of it varies as far as like its ability to receive the signal, how far away it can go, and uh, how accurate you know the the controls are. So I've seen them as cheap as fifty bucks on some like sale of the day sites like woot mm-hmm. but like on the average i think brand new they start off at like a buck 50 150 bucks dude um we didn't get your reactions to some of the things that we talked about last week so throughout the show we're you know fantastic four trailer ghostbusters news stuff like that and if there's anything that i'm forgetting let me know i oh, will do um and then we can bring those things up but yeah we definitely want to get your reactions to those things because i'm interested in, in hearing and you haven't gotten to the Absolutely. point where we talked about certain things so it'll be Interesting for you to find out how we rated things. So wow, I'm the prude police. Huh? I still can't get over that. When did um <laughs> did the episode get worse? The second half. Uh, we talked about shit later on in the episode. Oh, big shit. Yeah, combo. yeah, we did. Yeah, that happened. And the, the ingestion of such eating shit. Yeah, eating shit. Yes. Personally? Oh yeah. No, not we didn't no, do we, it. We, we actually ate it on the show. <laughs> no, fuck. Oh, man, no. Frank uh-huh. Frank had corn that night. Oh my god, no. Shit, it's what's for dinner. <laughs> I, I got such All right, a fucking. Yeah. All right, move it along. I'm the prude police. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, we didn't talk about uh, eating shit. Do you guys remember? I know Frank does, but you might. Do you remember Conker's Bad Fur Day? Hell yes. For Nintendo 64? Yes. No. And it was also uh, re-released on the Xbox, the first one, as Conker's Reloaded. It was like a um, Super Mario Brothers Banjo-Kazooie type game, except it was super dirty. Oh, yeah. And you fought a big turd monster, and he had corn for teeth. And he sings and a he song sings about... he sings this big song about how <laughs> you have to feed him all the corn, and it's this big, like, operatic song about shit and Absolutely. corn. Absolutely. It's fucking lewd as hell. It's, it's hilarious. One of the Is this a cartridge game? It's a cartridge game. Yeah, on the 64, it's really hard to find because I, it's so out of character for everything that Nintendo's ever released. I nominate it best cartridge game ever made because not not only does it is it have a hilarious, crude sense of humor, but it's super solid. It's made by Rareware, who yeah. did all the Donkey Kong Country games and everything. Oh, wow. So the gameplay is super solid. And, yeah. then, and then it's just the most lewd thing you've ever seen like throughout the whole game. Was this, like, was this in stores? Yes, oh, yeah. yes. It was, it's actually a collector's item. Yeah. On I, both platforms. I have it on Nintendo 64. I've got it on Xbox. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually got lucky. I uh it was a couple years ago I was looking for it and like you know you go for stretches and periods of time where you can't find it for shit or if you do it's super expensive. And uh I happened to catch it off of a recommended site from Amazon. 
and it was only 60 bucks. And I'm like, well, it's regular price of a regular, you know, brand new game. Like, even if it's not, you know, in the best condition, I'll go ahead and get it because I just want to play it. I got it and the thing's like fucking mint. It even has the fucking uh, instruction booklet and everything. Oh, nice. Yeah, I got really lucky with that one. Easily, it usually goes for like 150 or more on eBay and that's for the Xbox version. That's not even the super rare super or uh, Nintendo 64 one. You find a shit monster. Yeah, someone's yes. got to someone's got to have a YouTube video. What's a video. shit monster look like? Does it look like a you fucking mem- shit monster? You remember Chet from uh, Weird I'm gonna, Science? I'm gonna find like a thing. giant version of Chet. Okay. I was thinking like uh, I'm sorry. I was thinking dogma when they battled the oh in the no. bar with Soma Hayek. No, that not shit that. monster. Yeah, yeah. No. Chet was different. <laughs> he looked like he had a bunch of scales. Did you find it? Yeah, here we go. Should I pause? Yeah, pause for one sec. That's. I hear it coming through just fine. Let me see if I can get it full screen. Hold on. That does not look like something that should be making that noise. The squirrel is making those funny noises. I am the great mighty bull, and I'm going to throw my shit at you. And this is like, this game is genius. Like, you're actually playing while all this is going on. He's throwing shit at you and you're throwing toilet paper at him? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And his teeth are corn. Yes. (laughs) This is fucking real. Yes. How do you think I keep this lovely grin? <laughs> <laughs> Alright. I, I have it. never heard of this game before. I that love is it. insane. Like, yeah. mad props, Jake, for bringing this up. Yeah, it's, it's a hilarious game. I, I honestly think, like, it's the best cartridge game ever made. I mean, it way ahead of its time. You never saw that much voice work on cartridge games, mm-hmm. really, ever. And just, I mean, I would have friends come over and I would like show him, show them parts of that game and they'd just be blown away. Right. You know? And it was a fetch quest and I fetched every fucking item you can get in that <laughs> fucking game because it was just, it was too hilarious. You'd want to see fun. what it all had yeah. to do with something. That's crazy. Yeah. Who thought of this fucking game? Rare. <laughs> it was hilarious because when they first announced it, I remember like looking at it and thinking, okay, it's another furry animal game where you got to go fetch a million golden fucking tickets and golden choo-choo yeah. trains. And fight and a l- shit monster. Yeah, or whatever. And then, and then they were like, oh, but it's rated M. And I'm like, well, what's that about? <laughs> it came in, right? I mean, it was like the right perfect fucking time, right when you were getting inundated with all these fucking mascots. You had uh, Mario Forever from Nintendo, but then you had Sonic for Sega and then Crash Bandicoot for fucking PlayStation. And this was just like a great big fuck you to all of them, and I thought it was great. Yeah, super great game. Conquer, yeah. Conquer's Bad Fur Day. That's awesome. If you have a 360, the uh, Xbox version, the Conquer Reloaded, mm-hmm. will play on that at 360. So if you got a 360 and you can find it, like get it, collector's item, and it's fucking badass. Yeah, I didn't know it was worth money. Oh yeah! Wow, crazy. Uh, let's see here. Uh, <laughs> did, 
<laughs> we're rich. Yeah. Corn teeth. Who knew? What's that, next? Who knew that <laughs> our right. fucked up sense of humor would pay off? We all watched the uh, Saved by the Bell Jimmy Fallon <laughs> video. If you haven't heard about this, Jimmy Fallon. I mean, he had uh, what's his name, Mark Paul Gossler, on before, and he mm-hmm. came out and played Zach. But like yeah. this time, he went all out. It was like an eight minute clip, and they made it like an actual episode of Saved by the Bell, and. Had uh, Tiffany Amber Thiessen, uh, what's her name? Jesse Spano, what's her real name? Elizabeth Berkley, yep. yes. Mario Lopez, even Mr. Belding Mr. himself right. came out. Uh, yeah, it was uh, no pretty dust, hilarious. No yeah. Dustin Diamond and no Lark Voorhees. I don't know what uh, Lark's issue is, but uh, I know Dustin Diamond doesn't get along with the rest of the Well, cast. Dustin well, Diamond's tried to busy with that. Dab like, somebody. Yeah, he's like got li- court litigation. <laughs> he was in a, right? Yeah, he was in a bar and tried to stab somebody. Or he he should have played that. He did, that he did, he did the guy. That's somebody. fucked up. Yeah, it, that was a really funny clip, though. That was great. Yeah. It was funny when uh, Slater came in. Like even before he said anything, you were like, "What's up, preppies?" <laughs> yeah, I knew, I knew he was going to say preppies, yeah. and I knew he was going to call Jesse Mama. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I, I knew that uh, Jesse, as soon as they said excited. Yeah, she was uh-huh. gonna start using that line. It was really good. I, I liked it. Thought my favorite part of it was when uh, Zach or Mark Paul Gossler was saying that that's not gonna happen. That'd be about like Jesse becoming a stripper. Yeah, the that was good. Look on her face. Oh my god, she looked like she was gonna fucking castrate him right then. And there. Oh, I think she got a kick out of it. Oh, oh yeah, no, I know that was part of the gag, but it was great. Yeah, yeah. because they, that killed her career. And they used all the same music like uh-huh. in the show. It was yeah. just seamless. It was perfect, and like the hallways looked just like the fucking TV show that we grew up with. Now, I want to get you guys' impression on this. Normally. Everybody says, like, oh, guys age more gracefully than girls do. But in my opinion, both Mark Paul Gossler and Mario Lopez looked a lot older. Mm-hmm. But Elizabeth Berkeley and Tiffany Amber Thyssen looked, like, exactly the fucking same, at least in the face. I think Elizabeth Berkeley looked the best out of them all. Yeah. Then I think Mario Lopez is Mar- held yeah. out. He's held out. Mario Lopez is like Dick Clark to me. He looks yeah. exactly the same. Yeah, he I, totally did. He totally did. When he walked out, I was laughing. He looks so similar yeah. to me. The only thing that's different is he doesn't have quite as much uh, like baby fat on him. Yeah. Not as much weight. Not that he was ever fat, but you know. Yeah. yeah I can see that. I, yeah, when he walked out, I was just like laughing. <laughs> Speaking it was of. So, it was yeah. ridiculous. Speaking of baby fat, Tiffany Amber Thyssen's pregnant. And that was hilarious how they played that into the the storyline. Oh yeah, <laughs> time out. <laughs> yeah, I loved how uh, what's AC Slater, Mario Lopez came out with his old Monchichi <laughs> hair. You know what? Yep. I, you remember the Monchichi? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, he's still rocking the Monchichi yeah. hair with right. the tight curls. Yeah, and got Mr. Belding. He was chewing up the scenery, right? You know, wow. he, Holy you know, wow. he couldn't wait when he got that call. He was like, "Yes, I'll be right there." <laughs> Well, and he's put up some weight. I put on some weight too. Yeah, yeah, he's a big dude. Yeah, he oh. was in uh, a million ways to die in the West, and that's the first time I'd seen him in a long time. Uh-huh. And I noticed that. Yeah, he's put on some weight. Does he have so. a big role in that movie? Well, size wise, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I only made it halfway through it before I had to turn it off. So wow, Frank turned it off. It was terrible. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Oh my wasn't God. It? I told you. I mean, it, it takes more than. Ju- I mean, it's got to be funny toilet humor. Toilet humor on its own can't just make it for me. Yeah, that that whole fucking movie was a train wreck. 
Charlize Theron was probably like the best part of that movie. It was like she was the only one that was actually acting in it. Yeah, from <laughs> what I saw, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Absolutely. I it mean, makes perfect sense. Right. Everybody else just looks like they're reading lines. It's true. Did she like lose a bet? And have to be in that movie? Like, what happened there? Well, I think she saw, like, the success of Ted. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. And so coming off the success of Ted, I mean, I thought she's like, oh, let's play my hand in this comedy and see how this works out for me. I could be, like, the next Jennifer Aniston in Horrible Bosses. Mm-hmm. And it just did not go no. well with audiences at all. I did see the new trailer for Ted 2. Yeah. Looks fucking hilarious. Okay, I, I liked it, too. I, I was a little loved. worried I was going to get ridiculed. But oh, <laughs> fuck no. You saw it during the, the – the, there's a with Red Brady. Band. I saw the one with Brady. Yeah. Have you seen the Red Band trailer? Uh, I, I don't remember if that watch, was the one that I saw. No, they're not going to show it on TV. But right, well, would I know if I saw it? Yeah, go okay. to YouTube, watch the Red Band trailer for right. it. Hilarious. Yeah, you, I liked the first one a I lot. I loved it. Loved it. Flat. The, when 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 gosh. when Seth MacFarlane is doing an animated character mm-hmm. or a CGI character, it's great. But yeah. when it's just him, no. no. Who's the female lead in Ted? <gasps> Mila Kunis. Mila Kunis, okay. that's right. Which I have – we're going to talk about her later because I did see Jupiter <laughs> Ascending. Now, uh, did you see it? No. Okay. No. Okay. We're going to – I have a problem with like her in like movies because I can't separate her voice from Meg's. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. I have a hard time. It's kind of like uh, the lady that plays uh, Marge Simpson. Anytime I see her live action, she sounds so much like Marge in real life <laughs> that it's hard to the mov- separate. The movie that she did with Justin Timberlake where like all they did half the movie was fuck. I haven't seen it. That well, I, I was like, I think it was called Friends with Benefits, or yeah, at least that, that was sounds the premise. Right. That sounds right. But I mean, I yeah, I mean that completely broke the Meg stereotype for me. I, when I ever think of Mila Kunis, I don't give a fuck what she sounds like. She's fucking gorgeous. Oh, yeah, I'm not talking about her looks. I'm just no, talking, I know. talking about her voice right. in general. It like, just brings me back to Meg. Yeah. I, at the beginning of Jupiter Ascending, she's doing like a narration, and all I'm hearing is. <laughs> Shut up, Meg. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, without her to look at, I could definitely I'm, see I'm that just being waiting a for Peter to be like, Meg, get out of here. Shut up. <laughs> yeah. That's that's all I'm waiting can, for. Can you give me some toilet paper? <laughs> is that Kermit the Frog? Or who the fuck is that? <laughs> it's know. not easy being green. It's not easy being green. <laughs> I, I'm not good at it. <laughs> An impression. Yeah, well, you proved it. Um, <laughs> that was just Jack Nicholson. Yeah. Holy shit. No. All I right. I have a minute to prepare. Guys, we have an email contest going on. A contest. Yeah. Kind of a contest, right? Oh, yeah, about the uh, email bumper. Yeah, the, email the bumper. Drop. All right, we read a bunch of emails every week, and we have bumpers for most of our segment, segments, not all of them. But, um, yeah, uh, so since it's uh, we call ourselves the People's Podcast, we want members of the Leftover Army to do an email bumper for us. Uh, I've gotten maybe four or five submissions. Uh, this is episode 78. we got 79 and 80 left. So send them in. Come on, send them in. Send something in. Uh, I haven't gotten one all last week. I did not Come get one. Come on, guys. Yeah, so. What the heck? The army dropped the ball on the so, email bumpers. Yeah, so send us those email bumpers. Send them to popcultureleftovers at gmail com, gmail.com with the uh, subject, this show sucks. This show sucks. <laughs> I'd like a bumper that was like the sound of uh, two trains hitting each other. That, uh, we could just hit whenever, whenever we get, whenever the whole thing gets crazy. Holy shit. Oh, off when the we rails. go off the rails. Yeah, the off the rails bumper noise. That'd be fun. Do we, uh, is it something that we'd have to pay for if we were to totally drop the whole fucking Aussie? We ain't paying for shit. Black Sabbath. We don't pay for anything. Off the rails on the crazy Just don't tell no one. (laughs) (laughs) I think maybe that works if you're making a profit off it. We ain't making any money off of this. 
Yeah, no. We do it for the love. For the love. All right. You guys ready to read some fucking emails? I sure, can't read. Sure. All right. You can't read? You're illiterate? <laughs> I'm kidding. That whole... Yeah, yeah, that whole thing. It happened. Oh. I proved I could read. I had to read that letter last week. Oh, nice. Good job. Right? I didn't say anything about the microphone I had in my ear. Where it was, was amazing. Lines. Frank knows Braille. He did it with his fucking eyes closed. <laughs> Whoa. This guy is reading on other levels. Say it's what? <laughs> so talented with Braille, I could read it with my dick. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Hit that train button. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're, sorry. His Literally, instead of using it. your finger, you're using your cock. <laughs> it's like a trick shot. <laughs> Look, I'm so... Never mind. Never mind. Come on. That's a, real, that's a real sensitive cock right there. <laughs> that you can pick up Braille and read with it. What? You're saying you don't have feeling in the tip of your dick? Right. I, I, I think that's pretty braille, fucking sensitive. But don't you have to, like, braille? have to be pretty, like, I'd, specific with it? I mean, have, you're still going to have to guide your fingers, your, I can your feel, cock with your hand to read braille. With I your, think I if, can feel bumps with my dick. Trust me, I know. I've done that and ran. But if you got something braille laying on the table, <laughs> yeah. you're not just, like, rubbing <laughs> your dick, you know what I'm saying? He totally just got up, mimic the motion of rubbing his like, dick. Yeah. You're you're using your hand to guide your dick to read the braille bump. Still, that's is true. the point I'm making. You're yeah. still using your hand. That's true. You're right. not that talented where you can flex your cock and make it move smoothly across the surface. Well, and I mean, I don't know. It's I don't like, know how braille works. Can you well do enough, it? I can guess. you do it while your cock is flaccid, or does it have to be fully erect? I think you just have to be able to feel the like. Bumps, oh the shit! Shit! These words aren't making sense. And then you got to stroke it a few more times <laughs> oh, to get shit. it rock hard. I think you're onto oh something. God. I think you probably it'd be easier the more erect you were. Dude, they totally need to make like a TV show, like one of these fucking crime dramas. No, where that's no. the guy's superpower. No, they it's don't. Like, I, I can't do it. I need a fluffer. <laughs> The fluffer. I love that name. Exactly. Call it the fluffer. I was going to call it Sticky Page Johnson. Sticky Pages Johnson. But because I mean, I can't imagine any of this guy's reading collection not with the pages stuck together. Maybe the fluffer would be the spinoff. It'd be like, what's her story? (laughs) She's an extra character. Yeah. In the. Oh, jeez. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, Jake's getting uncomfortable. (laughs) I'm not uncomfortable. I'm partially to blame this time. Yeah. Now he's kind of like Kramer in that episode of Seinfeld where they were trying to see how far they could get in the car without running out of gas. Oh, like, that how was far can great. we push it? I love that episode. We're in it together, buddy. That is a great episode. I loved Seinfeld. I did too. It was good stuff. Yeah. The contest. Oh, classic. I'm out. Stop hitting the goddamn table. Are you going to knock purpose. out my mic? Oh, You're going to knock <laughs> on purpose or on accident. <laughs> Don't do it, damn Either it. way. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> I've got a loose cord on my mic, so I'm worried about that. Um, first email comes from uh, listener Gus Hoontight, and he says, Gus here. I'm Bless rough- you. <laughs> Thank you. It's Gus Hoontight. I'm roughly 50 minutes into this week's podcast. I'm not sure how we got onto sex bots. But that is where we are. Anyway, it reminded me of a show I had just recently watched on Netflix called Black Mirror. I was telling you about this. Yeah, last oh, I want to yeah. see this show. So do I. I. Need to check it out. I think they're coming out with new episodes. This is one of those like shows that I think I don't know if it was originally shown on like BBC or whatever, but like it didn't get the exposure until it was on Netflix. Now that it's on wow. Netflix, it's like a huge. Um, it's a huge deal, and they're like a lot of people are saying like this is the new Twilight Zone. Wow. 
Yeah. Um, each episode is like self-contained and uh, it sounds pretty awesome. Uh, nice. Jay, who used to be on the podcast with us, he's the one who first told me about it. Gotcha. Kevin Pereira talked about it on his podcast. It's supposed to be fr- pretty awesome. Okay. I've heard it's awesome, too. Man, yeah, I gotta he, get on this. He goes, it's a BB show, three episodes per season, and right now they are only two seasons in. It's a wacky show, but really has some awesome concepts. Getting back to to the sex bots, watch episode one from season two. I believe it was. It stars Peggy Carter herself, Haley Atwell. She loses a boyfriend and buys this organic twin for lack of better words. Anyway, check it out. It deals with the sex thing and all the awkwardness you guys were talking about. Looking forward to hearing what you think of the show. Some episodes are a bit weird, but still looking forward to the next season. So, yeah, I want to check out this Black Mirror. Yes, definitely. For a second, I thought he was talking about our show. Some of the episodes are a bit weird. I was like, what? (laughs) They're all weird. (laughs) Um, Jake, would you fuck a robot? Yeah, yeah, why not? Oh, I <laughs> fuck the shit out of a robot. Yeah, for sure. You could do whatever. I'd feel weird. I don't understand why. I don't know. It's just I don't know. It, it, if the thing looks too real, I'd feel bad. Like I was taking advantage of it. Yeah, you'd know it wasn't real. Okay, I don't know. okay, Frank. Yeah, you've got uh, a toaster, and right. its purpose is to make toast. Yeah, right. Okay, you've got uh, the Foreman grill, and it cooks your food you've got a sex bot right. the purpose is to stick your dick in it and fuck it <laughs> but it's you, not it's not supposed to be weird the difference is is those other things don't have a face now if it's just like from the fucking tits blow or something okay that's fine so if you're do it doggy style hold on <laughs> <laughs> that's true so you're saying if take you, your, i can't poke holes in that <laughs> if your foreman grill had a monitor on it and george foreman was talking to you and AI George Foreman was talking to you, then you'd have a problem with him making your There's your a food? difference between it making my food and me fucking the shit out of it. You know, it's what? a little bit of a difference. Can we get the bot to do both? Oh fuck. <laughs> Cook your You're food. a genius. <laughs> Cook yeah. your food. Right. Yes, yes. I think the same motion for jerking somebody off is the same for like flipping eggs in a skillet. Like put a bacon press in this motherfucking bot. <laughs> so like as soon as you're done. Oh fuck. It's like fresh bacon. Yeah, man. Oh. Fucking cook your bacon while you're getting your rocks off. <laughs> exactly. And then I, you got bacon afterward. That's exactly what oh I'm saying. Oh my god, this is a moneymaker. <laughs> so you fuck it now, now that you're now that bacon's involved. As long as there's no face on this thing, if it's a utility, if it's a utility, you want to fuck a faceless thing? Yeah, the whole point of the the future tech sex bot is that. Like, okay, so what's its eyes doing when you're fucking it? What do you mean? What is its eyes doing? Like, if it has a face, it has eyes. Yeah, it has. I would hope so. Right. So, you don't. You want to fuck a cyclops or something? You don't think that would weird you out? Fucking something and it might be a a little weird. Yeah, weird's kinky, right? I don't know about that. (laughs) The eyes are recording the whole thing. Oh, even better. Now, okay, if there's something (laughs) like that involved, if it's utilitarian, then that's fine. But I don't know. It's just weird. It's like fucking something with a face, and I didn't get its permission. It's just it's awkward. I don't know who wants to fuck faceless objects. Well, they got that like eye flesh thing. I don't even know what that is. What eye flesh? Yeah, it's an attachment. It hooks to your iPad. It's basically like a male masturbator. <laughs> Frank's like, what? You don't know what that <laughs> is? <laughs> what? I, everybody knew I about use it this. every episode. God, I'm Jake, using you, it right now. Jake, are you an idiot? No, it's a glass top table. You'd see. Yeah, I had no idea what that was. 
Yeah, that's a thing. Yeah, wow. Okay, then. How much is that? Oh, I don't know how much it costs. I've only heard about it. I didn't do the research. <laughs> that's crazy. So, yeah. I I, I'd, I'd hit the robot. Yeah. You'd hit the robot. Yeah, why not? Eh, I, I can't say I would. Have you guys, when you, when you say sex bot, have you guys, there's this show coming out called Sex Box. Have you seen this? No. no. It's on the, the Wii network. It's called Sex Box. And people have sex in this box, like in front of a live studio audience. Really? Yeah. Wii network? On the Wii network. Wow. Yeah. That's a Nintendo? I mean, I, I know that the, the only n- thing that the they Nintendo. probably did was the allow w- to have the it. The WE. Okay. Network. Yeah. Okay. Oh, the Dress Wii. up like Mario W-E. and Peach and get in this box and he's going to fuck your Peach well, raw. Well, I, I, I apologize. The only thing I was thinking of is how you got Sony and Microsoft both trying to come up with original programming for their systems. I thought this just might have been something that <laughs> It comes with the Nindildo. <laughs> Nintendo presents oh sex box. God. No, no, no. Yeah, it's not, it's not from Nintendo. A new use for your amiibos. <laughs> it's a me, and Mario, and I suck my cock. <laughs> I have possessed the meatballs. <laughs> so that's fucked up though, right? Would you, would you have sex with a woman in front of a live studio audience in no. a, in a box? Absolutely no. not. No. Nah, man. In a sphere, possibly, but not a box. That's just disgusting. Yeah, I, yeah savages. Off the fucking rails. I'm not gonna enter her box while in another box. It's a little redundant. Yeah, that's crazy. Personal question. I've never done it but like have you guys ever recorded yourselves fucking yes oh i never have really no <laughs> i didn't only because i figured nobody wants to see that let alone me yeah that, that's the only reason why i didn't do it yeah iphone cameras are fun so. <laughs> <laughs> I, I i'd be scared I, i've seen enough porn i'd probably judge myself i'd probably be like really fucker that's what you look like fuck oh, there was a couple times i felt like i was fucking steven spielberg i was like so proud so proud <laughs> of my footage <laughs> hey man motherfucker that's awesome jake's got him cataloged and shit i'd have never guessed that you go brother <laughs> fuck yes yeah fun stuff hell yeah yeah gus had an email <laughs> We read it. <laughs> what was it about? It was about sex bots. Oh yeah, and Black Mirror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how this the Damn, first good ep- thing you can keep it together. The first episode of the second season of Black Mirror has Haley Atwell in it and has a little oh. bit, little bit of sex bot stuff going on. Haley Haley Atwell doing a sex bot. Real- I'm, I'm gonna watch this shit tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> where are you guys sitting with uh, Agent Carter? By the way, I am two episodes behind. Two episodes? Yeah. Um. Okay, I won't talk about anything, but... I don't care. Well, no, no, no. It doesn't have to be anything, anything spoilers. I, I just I just want to say, like, what a great job she's doing as far as, like, empowering women. I mean, we've talked before about, you know, female superhero characters, and here she is. She has no superpowers, but I just, I just love her to death. Not only is she super smart and awesome, but she's super sexy, too. And it, it's just the combination of the both. I absolutely fucking love her as Agent Carter. I'm going to be sad to see this end if it is only going to be seven episodes. Yeah. I saw that the Howling Commandos were in the last commercial I saw for it. Hmm. Yep. I, I still have only watched the first three episodes, so I'm behind. Behind the times on the Agent Carter. Yeah. It's really good. Um, I, I highly encourage – I mean amongst other things, of course, highly encourage you to catch up because it, it just – Every episode just keeps picking up more and more steam. It's it's excellent. Can't can't say enough about it. Yeah, I can't wait to see this Black Mirror though. I've been you're not mm-hmm. the first person to bring it up, mm-hmm. or Gus Huntide isn't the first person to bring it up. I've oh, been no. hearing, I've been hearing about it, and I just have not watched it. Uh, you know how we've been talking about uh, the one true listener, yes. the one 
We've been looking for the one. Um, Did we find him? It's not a him. Actually, we found a few. Oh, really? I don't know. They're going to have to. I'm thinking, okay, basically, what I'm going to have to do is this is going to have to be like a, a backyard bare knuckle fight between them. We have to figure out which one is the chosen one, and they're going to have to fight each other for it. Thunderdome. Oh. Yeah. Three folks enter. Hunger one Games. Person leaves. It's going to be like yeah. Hunger Games and shit. Nice. There'll be a big mountain of UV vodka. Holy shit. <laughs> yes, I will have a drink with the winner. But, now, like, what was it? I only saw the one on Twitter. I'm going to get into the others. Oh, sorry. I'm not stopping. It's not like, oh, yeah, we found her, and then like, moving on. So there was one that was very vocal. And there was one that sent an email. Right. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> All right. I feel very judgy right now. I'm sorry. Why? Well, judgy? Yeah. Like the one that was very vocal, like the other person had access to, but we didn't hear from them. Okay. Well, like publicly. See, I don't know. I guess that's something because, like, you get the emails. Yeah. And, like, we don't read them. Until, like, the show. Because, I mean, that's good stuff anyway. Uh, but, yeah, I guess I just, I to you, all these people came You've already chosen your chosen one. one. I only know of the one. <laughs> Don't get so good at offensive. What, I mean, no, I'm, I'm, not, not, I'm not getting yeah, out of your case, Frank. You've only had uh, one. It's not defensive. You never know what this other email is going to say. They that's could true. Give, they could give you high praise, and then you could just be, like, egg in your face. I just said shit all over this email yeah. person. That's that's true. Okay, are we, are we gonna? You want me to read it? Yeah, go for it. Okay, well, I mean, the first one, of course, was Charlotte Callantine. Mm-hmm. So she's been listening forever, and she said, "Like you are the podcast that popped my cherry." So, and she doesn't listen to anybody else. Yeah, that's awesome. So we I'm, love you. Yeah, I remember her from way back. We had the contest to how to pronounce she, her name. Yeah, she uh, that predates me. Oh Isn't yeah, it? by many episodes. Wow, it was like episode four or five. We yeah. had the contest to pronounce her name. Kudos, nice work. Yeah, I forget how I said it. You got it right. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, you said like Valentine, it's Valentine. I forget how I said it, but yeah. I was way off. Um, but uh, we got another submission for the one true listener. And the one true listener is like we were looking for somebody that uh, basically they didn't whore themselves out to any other podcast. They like we're the one that they listen to and they're not going to listen to anybody else. They love us, no one else. They're not going to go listening to nobody but Pop Culture Leftovers. We got an email from I don't think it's the celebrity. Tyler Perry. Nice. Holy shit. So I don't think it's Medea sending us an email here. I don't think it's that guy, but it's Tyler Perry. And he says, hello, Leftovers and Frank. I stumbled across your podcast when, after talking to a friend about my affinity for talk radio, he recommended that I give podcasts a try. Being an avid comic reader for most of my life, my first search was for a comic-related podcast and found your episode about the Marvel event and gave it a listen. And have not listened to another podcast since. Woo. Nice. When you first started talking about the Virgin Listener, I had no idea the quest you were starting. I figured it was just a passing joke. Your long podcasts cover the films that I enjoy as well as most of the comics I love. Saga is awesome. And also fits into my daily commute through the, out throughout the week. Five days of one hour drive time. This is also the first time I've ever emailed a podcast, so if that was on your list as well, you can take it off now. Keep up the good work, or I may have to find something better. With regards, Tyler Perry. P.S. Man of Steel was great. Suck it, Jake. (laughs) Well, first off, I want to say Tyler loved you in Gone Girl. And then... uh... (laughs) But second, I mean... 
I, I'm not a big fan of the threats there, there, Mr. Perry. You know, we don't need any of that. That is a little aggressive. Yeah, we we don't need the kind of virgin listener that's going to say, "Well, if you don't keep keep it up, I'm going to go listen to other." Yeah, it's kind of yeah. like a, a little bit of that. My, little, it puts a little pressure on us. Yeah, that's strange. like being with the girl. Like, well, if you don't do it, I'll just go find someone else. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'll not, get not, a sex bot. Yeah. Not a yeah. big not a big fan of that. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was kind of wondering about this the other day. Like, I really wonder what the demographic is of people who watch, who listen to podcasts. How many podcasts do they listen to? My guess would have to be that it would be somewhere around two or three, at least. Yeah. Too many podcasts, too little time. There's a lot out there. It's, it's you know. And in, and by and large, it's good stuff. I mean, you come across like the lazy ones where people just, I got a microphone and I can talk. But, uh, you know, most of the ones that I bothered to even try, they put effort in it. Whether or not they connects with me is another thing, but... It's good stuff. I like how there's no chains on anyone involved. You are wrong, Frank. There are no other podcasts but Pop Culture Leftovers. <laughs> there is only Pop Culture Leftovers. Well, I mean, that's the thing. It's like we're asking for this one true listener, and then even last week, me and you were talking about other podcasts. I know. I was, laugh- I was laughing about that, too. Yeah. yeah. Kevin Pereira, Pointless so Pod. Even when we bring up other podcasts that we like. Don't listen to them. Don't listen to right. them. Just listen to what we have to say about them. The first season of Serial is a fucking Tupperware, but you have to take our word for it. Yeah. Even when we have people on from other podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Even when they pr- we let them promote their show. Right. It's, it's all for nothing. Does yeah. This- don't listen to that. Does this not make us like North Korea, though? <laughs> you cannot be exposed to anything outside of pop culture leftovers. Frank Jong-un. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give it to you every now and again. You know? That's what she said. <laughs> oh, brother. Oh, fuck. Hi, I'm a joke from 1994. Brian's going <laughs> to knock my dick in there every time I bring that up. We got, we, we got Michael Scott over here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. No, I can't even pretend to have my shit together. Last he at least week, he does. Last week, we talked about the Gooch. Gooch. Well, we have a Twitter follower. Uh-oh. Who also has that as his Twitter handle. The Gooch! So I think he was a little confused when we were talking about The Gooch. Uh, and I thought he was, he may have thought we were referring to him personally. Uh, so he says, hey leftovers, yes I include Frank. In my heart he is full fledged. That is so cute. Oh my hear god. That, that is so cute, isn't it Jay? Aww. Aww. Kittens and rainbows and unicorns. Yeah, puppy dogs and ice cream. You know mm. what though? It's 2015. I fully accept my fate. I am not the main chick. I'm the side chick. I'm cool with it. I'm just I'm just happy to be a part of it. No, I just think it's cute that like they they're like in my you know what in my little world Frank is a leftover <laughs> and you can't take that from me. <laughs> but every week we're gonna get on here and reiterate the fact that Frank is not a leftover. No. Yeah, you people just make it worse when you say things like that. You do right? Yeah, we're all content like, until you say stuff like that. Yeah, I never say shit to these guys about it. The only time it gets brought up is when you guys do. Yeah. I like the love, but you used to. What you now? used to. You used to say stuff about not being a leftover. Don't act like you did. When? when did I do that? Even though I'm not a leftover. Oh, that was just <laughs> jokes. I was never butthurt about it. Yeah. If we ever did pop culture leftovers, the musical, that would be Frank's song, right? Come on now. Even I, though I'm not a leftover. I, I would totally feel like if something like that happened, I would feel like it. W- the relationship started off a date rape. Like I showed up and, you know, I just never left. I didn't give you the option. I'm just here. Pop culture leftovers, the musical. Like the playbook, when you read it, yes. it says, you know, pop culture leftovers, the musical. It's got the whole cast. Mm-hmm. 
me, you. And then <laughs> me, you. <laughs> <laughs> it goes over like the different acts. Oh. And then there's a snort. A snort. <laughs> it goes over the whole cast, you know, and uh, then it goes into like the different uh, songs that we're going to sing. And then it goes over like the intermission, more songs. Finally, on the last page at the bottom, in the smallest lettering, and it's even probably got like a little uh, braille dick section. <laughs> That's probably all it'll be. It won't even say. It won't even. It won't even be typed out in text. It'll just be braille dick, and it'll say Anne Frank. Oh. I just. I want to write Frank's song and make it so sad. That'd be hilarious. No, it's funny. <laughs> it is funny. It's funny. And that, that's what's fun. Frank's yeah. in on the joke too, you guys. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm need not to be like that Jake and it. Brian. Jake and Brian yeah. are such yeah. assholes. Right. Well, they make Frank a left or right. It's just a running gag. But I mean, and you know, really, honestly, I mean, I, I honestly don't have the wealth of knowledge when it comes to comics and all that stuff. These guys do. I know a lot about video games, but I also know I know a little about a lot. I wouldn't consider myself an expert on anything. The only thing I'd consider myself is like a listener with a voice because that's really all I ever was before it was a listener. Well, if we need expert advice on like a dick or a fart or (laughs) the gooch. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Why why do I know about dicks? The only one really I'm familiar with is my own. Well, I'm not saying you're out there like, you know. If we need advice on a dick. I'm not saying you're out there like double fisting guys on the weekends and shit, Frank. Yeah. I see a lot of them come and go. We've got dick pictures that may, that may be episode seven spoilers. Oh Frank, can you God. decipher these for us? Wow. Once we release those pictures, I don't think we're going to be getting these petitions for Frank being a leftover. Probably not. They're going to be like, oh, my God, it's enough, it's enough, it's enough. <laughs> Yeah, I can just imagine Frank on the, on the musical being out on stage with the blue light shining on him all by himself. All by it, exactly. <laughs> wearing <laughs> crying, wearing hoodie pants. Hoodie pants, yes. <laughs> Laundry basket <laughs> nearby. Can you imagine yeah. a more pathetic scene than seeing me walk off into the sunset on my own and then that <clears throat> Bill Bixby fucking Incredible Hulk music plays? Oh man, I cannot wait until like the second act of the fucking play. The Hammer Time solo. Oh, yeah. I'll do an upbeat number called Gotcha. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) So it'll be a duet between me and Frank, the Gotcha duet. Gotcha. Oh, fuck. (laughs) See? (laughs) For those of you that were following, Jake Jake totally pointed that out on the uh, PCL Live tweet hashtag stuff uh, that I, I, like, got the Gotcha disease. Right. He picked up that I, I say that a lot. I was like, wow, that really rubbed off on Frank. I, I think he, he may be clocking in more yeah. gotchas than me these <laughs> days. The other thing that I noticed like recently, and I mentioned this to Jake earlier, uh-huh. is that in my regular everyday-to-day life, like I realized how much I'm saying, like, it's fine to people. Mm-hmm. So I've started substituting, it's fine. I, I just tell them, it's totally young Murph. And they look at me like I'm fucking nuts. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's young Murph. I find myself saying everything's just fine now. It's, it's it just young makes Murph. Me, anything I really love, I'm like, ah, it's just fine. I have a hard time. I still have a hard time, like, just talking to, like, regular people and not saying, like, I tossed it or I tasted it oh, or yeah. Tupperware. I taste it. I tasted that movie. Yeah. What it tastes like. <laughs> I've, I've, I've got, like, weird no, issues. Frank will tell us. <laughs> oh, fuck. And I'm sure it won't be perverted at all. Oh, no, not at all. I've got weird issues with, like, self-confidence and stuff. You wouldn't think so, but, like, with these guys, I mean, I'm just talking to my buddies. 
But like with strangers and stuff, if I'm talking to them or whatever and they ask me my opinion, like I, I like start to preface it. Well, I hang out with these guys and we do a podcast and th- then I like tell them what I think of what their original question was. Oh, yeah, don't, don't, those emails. In my heart of hearts, Frank is still a leftover. Uh, I know. Frank's oh, always God. a leftover to me. I'm it, just insert, insert vomit noise. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, I'm just hammer time. Don't let mean old Brian and Jake say you're not leftover. We're so mean. <laughs> if anything, look, if anything, look at it this way. They always have like plausible deniability. They can be like the opinions of Hammer Time do not necessarily mesh with those of pop culture leftovers. Like I'm my own bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm my own bullshit. My own wow. bullshit. Th- there's another musical score. <laughs> my own bullshit. My own bullshit. That's it'll have a three minute fart solo. <laughs> <laughs> Followed remember, by intermittent snorts. Yeah. You remember Animaniacs where he would fucking do those bell choppers? Oh, yeah. Wacko. Fuck yeah. I love the bell choppers. Hell yes. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, let's talk about this email that we got uh, from Ryan Fought. Uh, yeah, Gooch here. So Gooch. he says, hey, leftover. Yeah, yeah, I already read that part. Where, uh, Frank is a uh, full-fledged leftover in his heart, which Aww. is just sweet. Aww. That's, so sweet. We should have that in the musical. Like a bunch of like, uh, you know, Frank leftover, you know, f- the fan club. They come in there and sing <laughs> about how they want him to be a leftover. <laughs> we wish you were a leftover. <laughs> like stuff like that. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> Holy shit. Because you're one in our hearts. <laughs> yeah. That whole scene just ends with me and Jake. Like yeah. with Uzis and there's a massacre on stage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And we're like, and every time we hear that shit, it makes us want to fart. (laughs) (laughs) And then Henry Cavill comes out on stage and snaps each one of their necks. (laughs) I like it. I like that, too. (laughs) I like it, too. All right. He says, Gooch here. I just felt the need to respond to some of the things said by Brian and Frank in episode 77. As we recall, there was a long discussion about the Gooch. First of all, most of the time I shower daily and I am not what I would call disgusting. There is no surgery necessary. I'm in fairly good health. Please don't threaten to shave me. I like my beard and so does my wonderful girlfriend. Occasionally I do enjoy chocolate, but rarely does it get stuck in my beard. The one thing I would agree with is that there is no way to improve my appearance. I'm a beautiful man and I'm very flattered to know you fellas agree. Seriously though, Another great episode. The Brian and Frank episodes continue to be on the same high level I expect when Jake is there. (laughs) One last thing. A couple of weeks ago, you were talking about the casting of The Punisher. I would myself would love another Thomas Jane Punisher movie, but I don't see that happening. In lieu of that, my choices would be Timothy Oliphant or Anson Mount. I think either would be fantastic. That's all I got for this week. Keep up the great work. Ryan Gooch fought. Gooch, yeah, he was probably really confused. Yeah, he was. Thought we were referring to him personally. Yeah, you guys are saying some crazy stuff about him. Yeah. He likes his hair. <laughs> Punisher casting. So, yeah, Timothy Oliphant, uh, interesting choice. It is an interesting choice. Yeah. Loved him in Deadwood. Deadwood, and I mean, he's an older guy, mm-hmm. so uh, be an older Punisher. And Anson Mount, I love that choice. Uh, yeah. That's kind of the direction the comic's been going with it for the last, like, decade is kind mm-hmm. of an older grizzled punisher though right so i might be able to get the word out about this timothy oliphant to timothy oliphant 
because we almost interviewed a director that was going to direct him in a project before the project fell out. Right, I remember that. Yeah, and if the project ever starts up again, I can mention that to him. Yeah, yeah. that'd be, be cool. badass. Yeah. I contributed to it when it was up, and yeah. then you know wasn't charged because it right. didn't make it. But yeah, right. I'd do it again in a minute. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully that'll be back up and we yeah. can have him on because that would sweet. be awesome. Very cool guest that we had lined up. Uh, next email comes from Andy Babcock. Hello, leftovers. <laughs> like and <a> Seinfeld. <laughs> and Frank. There, there, there you go. I like this guy, Andy Babcock. <laughs> Glad to have you back, Jake. Things got weird when you're gone. Yeah. Yeah, they did. They ever. <laughs> <laughs> I was cheating on you guys with Star Joes again, and I heard they will be reading an email from me in an upcoming episode. I've never written any podcast but yours, so I am intrigued to see where this goes. The real reason I am writing is because I just finished the latest episode of Agent Carter. Well, the latest as of February 5th. Hmm. And I am left with a buzz. This may be the greatest episode of television I can remember watching. Whoa. It's pretty damn good. Not only has Peggy become my favorite current female hero, but she makes me crave more great female action stars. Quick question. I noticed on the flash a while back a secondary article in the newspaper Wells Keeps Checking. The one from the future... On the bottom left, it mentions a successful merger between Wayne and Queen Enterprises. When the paper changes, the article says the merger falls through. Is this just an Easter egg from a plot I am not familiar with or some foreshadowing? Um, I noticed that as well. Um, part of me thinks that like uh, something changed and the merger went back through, but I might be, I might be wrong. Oh, that's interesting. you got to read the bylines, too, on yeah. these future papers, huh? Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know what changed from the past to make that. I I don't know. There's just so much going on with that fucking show. So. You know, we keep bringing up uh, strong female superhero characters. Yeah. One thing I saw this week was that we're getting an all-female Avengers team for the first time. Yeah, A-Force. Form. Yeah, A-Force. A-Force. Not the biggest fan of that name. <laughs> yeah. But a big fan of the concept. Yeah. Right, yeah. So. I like it. A force. Uh, he says, by the way, I am digging the grod they teased. And yeah, I am too. Uh, at the end of the last Flash episode, it was a good episode. Uh, I felt it started off great. I mean, he's saving the day. I love it when they start off with the Flash just like saving somebody's life. So yeah, um, we saw an all CG grod that happened. Mm-hmm. Really? How, yeah. how, how did that go? Uh, it was awesome. Uh, really? Wow. At the end of each episode, like so, most of the times, they'll show like you know Harrison Wells in his like little you know secret room, mm-hmm. showing off something. Like a couple episodes ago, I think it was like the Techion device he was wearing, and he mentioned the Speed Force. And then this last one, instead of doing that with Harrison Wells, these guys were like walking down into like this underground sewer and shit, and. On the walls, you could see it said like stuff like Grod lives and like in this weird writing on the wall. Oh, wow. And then all of a sudden, you see a CG, like in the shadows, a CG Grod. And it looked really great. And he just like, you know, beat the shit out of these guys. You didn't really see it. You saw it kind of like, you know, him grabbing one and him being, you know, pulled in, pulled off the camera, right. off screen. Yeah. And you just, you know, they got their asses kicked. Now, he looked really good in the shadows, and I was kind of talking to, uh, I think it was David Isaac, about how, like, he looked great in the shadows, but I'm worried about, like, a fully-fledged gorilla grod in broad daylight, how yeah. it's going to look. 
because people are going to nitpick it because, I mean, we've seen fucking Rise and Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah. And, I mean, just because you love this show, and I, I love The Flash. It's my favorite. It is my favorite superhero show on right now. I love The Flash. I love everything about it. Um, but when they show them in the daytime, it, it, on a TV budget, it's not going to live up to that. So they're really going to have to focus on great story, great dialogue. But it looked great in the shadows. It looked really damn good. So That's cool. I got a crazy question that just came into my head. Yeah? I'm going to put a gun to your head, okay? Yeah, fine. You can only watch one of these shows for the rest of your life. You can't watch the other one anymore. Flash or Star Wars Rebels? Ooh. Oh, blow my brains out. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just blow them out now. No, yeah. gun to the head. Which one do I have to watch? Um, fuck. Um, God damn you. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think I know the way he's gonna go. Really? Yeah, I, I'm I gonna go. I'm gonna go Star Wars Rebels. That's what I thought. Yeah, I thought. I thought maybe because it's it's canon with the Star Wars universe, which right. means a lot more to me than the Flash TV show. It's canon, and I mean, I'm gonna talk about the latest episode of Rebels and like what what they got planned for the future later in Star Wars news. But I fucking love Rebels. Mm-hmm. It yeah. is so damn good. I need to have a Rebels Marathon. You have to. Oh, my God. It is so good. And then um, I think, is it April? We're getting a, 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 a canon uh, Rebels comic book coming from Marvel now. Oh, canon, nice. canon. Canon. Canon, canon. <laughs> yeah, canon, canon. <laughs> canon, the last Padawan. So I cannot wait for that fucking book. I got to try to figure out how to get caught up on this because there's an app for Disney XD off my uh, Apple TV. Yeah. But for whatever reason, DirecTV isn't a carrier. Like they want you to list who your you know cable subscriber is. Talk to me after the show. Okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Andy also says, "P.S. I've always wondered, and I'll ask the Star Joes the same question. In Star Wars lore, fear and hate lead to the dark side." Have you seen any any evidence at all that you can return from the dark to the light side? Or can you be raised a Sith Padawan and turn to the light? Or is it true that once you go black, you can't come back? Well, we, is that, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. And we'll answer that question. But he says, thanks again for the great research. Maybe a little less turd talk this week. Okay. <laughs> and he goes, kidding, Andy. So, yeah, his question was, um, have you seen any evidence at all that you can return from the dark to the light side, or can you be raised a Sith Padawan and turn to the light, or is is it true that once you go black, you can't come back? Well, you can definitely come back. I mean, yeah. blah, at the end of Return of the Jedi, exactly. Darth, Darth Vader comes yep. back and throws the Emperor down the fucking shaft and right. redeems himself. And the whole thing is the giant redemption story for Anakin Skywalker. Right? I think the biggest illusion is that someone absolutely positively has to be 100% one or the other. I think it's entirely feasible and a recurring theme throughout the series that um, you know you can be tainted and touched from one side or the other. Luke shows signs of uh, like the dark side. Like when he shows up in Jabba's palace, mm-hmm. he's in black. He's not brown. 
He's looking more like a Sith Lord than he's looking like a Jedi. Let's not let's not forget about the second part of this question. Um, he he kind of says, or can you be raised a Sith Padawan and turn to the light? I mean, I think I don't know. I guess throughout like Anakin's childhood, he was raised a Jedi, but there was always that. There, off to the side, there was like things going off onto the side where he was kind of also being led towards like the dark side too. Yeah. But what about like somebody that's like solely like I was getting ready to being ask raised that. as like a Sith? I mean, is that happening though? Is there a Sith Padawans in, that, that, in exactly canon right ex- now? Exactly, I, I understand that too. That's another thing that I was going to talk about. Like, how young do they start out? You know what I mean? Yeah, I do you like- have to re- like? Is there a certain age of accountability where they like they now they're ready to be raised? I, do they target young children to be raised as you know Sith? With Padawans that, or whatever you want. They're targeting young children. They got their <laughs> ice cream truck starships. Yeah. Yeah. Profitable career, being a Sith. Uh, I think that, you know, relating with people, if we look at ourselves, it's so easy to tap into your passion. What do you want to do? Not what you should do. If you are raised to embrace that, I don't think that you can change your mindset to all of a sudden want to control all of that and put a cap on it. I think even then it's possible, though. I, I don't think that... I feel like anything's possible when it comes to that kind of stuff. Right. In, in my mind, I separate good and evil from the light side and the dark side of the Force. I think you could have somebody who manipulates the dark side and could be like an anti-hero and fight for the side of good. Or... Not so much vice versa, but maybe from something along the lines of like the injustice stuff with Superman. Yeah. Somebody who would be so over the top righteous in a Jedi to where they would be oppressive. But I think like, you know, like with these characters, I'm talking about, you know, Sith and I'm talking about with Jedi, uh, this transcends anything, a feeling. You're actually in touch with something. Right. There is something you're you're in touch with like the force, whether it be the dark side of the force or the light side of the force, there is something powerful there that you that transcends just like feeling, in my opinion. Right. Yeah. I think it's just like a drug. Like you can you can cut yourself off from it. I mean it's gonna suck and you're not gonna like it's like the equivalent of quitting heroin kinda, I think, turning from the dark side back to the light side. Hmm. You're gonna feel a little bit crispied out from not feeling <laughs> feeling that thing that you're talking about that you had yeah. to tap into. Because I agree with what you're saying. Yeah. But I still think that you can overcome that. No, I'm not saying that you can't overcome it. I'm just saying like to overcome it. Yeah. Right? It's a little bit different than just like feelings. Oh yeah. It's I, a lot harder. I right. I agree. Yeah. It'd be the hardest thing that you could do. I mean to to go. I mean not to go from the light to the dark because that's an easy switch. Yeah, it's like think if you're Darth Maul and you decide you're going to be a good guy. It's right. like then look look at the way you look. It's like fuck. <laughs> I, I'm completely not a Sith Lord anymore. I'm not about that. But I look in the mirror and it's just, well, I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't so much. Yeah, but sometimes like sometimes like the baddest ass heroes look like villains. Yeah, that's right. true. That's true. More or less, what I'm thinking of is like how they gain their power, how they develop it, and manipulate it. Through their their passions and the aggression and the anger and the rage, that's how they tap into what they can do. Oh yeah. If if that's a part of your personality, that's a really hard thing to cut out. As opposed to like 
the the dark side of the force being the like giving in go ahead let go of your anger let go of your hate uh just you know let whatever you feel consume you as opposed to the light side of the force the jedi where they're supposed to ignore and put all that aside that's a lot of discipline and if you've been raised to ignore that discipline and just go through whatever you know feelings you have use that as your strength i think that's a hard thing to come from yeah i agree do you think that there? Uh, do you think though that there are characters or could be characters that are introduced that are like past the point they are so far gone that they cannot return? I mean, okay, if we're talking about real people, let's look at Charles Manson. Do you think there's going to come a day where he's like, "Oh shit, look what I did to those fucking girls." You know, look what I did with all these people. There's no remorse in that man. He's right. soulless. Yeah, he's beyond the point. His mind is just. You know what I mean? He's beyond the point of no return. Yeah. There might, you know, I, and I think there could be people in this universe, like they are just dark and that's who they are. Yeah. They're, they're, they're past that point of no return. You, right. you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I believe in that. And then, like Jake was saying with like the drug thing, mm-hmm. because giving into that passion, giving into that desire and the anger, that would be akin trying to give that up would be akin to trying to get off of something super addictive like heroin. I think the Jedi need to start something. I think they need to start Sitherventions. Sitherventions. <laughs> where they sit the shit down. You got to anger man. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like if there's like hypothetically Sith Padawans and they've been shielded from everything but Sith, that you're going to run across ones that once they realize the other side are going to be intelligent enough to realize that they've been misled their entire lives. Like that's what I see. If I think of Sith Padawans, that's the kind of thing I see. Or just like the other way around where we have Jedi Padawans that turn bad, you're going to have Sith Padawans that turn good. Even if, even Yeah, I I won't argue with that. Even if they were raised that way, uh, like Yoda said, Seductive is the dark side. Yeah, the light side's not seductive. It would take an immense amount of. It's a harder will. path right. for the Jedi. Right. Even if someone maybe wanted to fight for the side of good, they would probably still tap into that anger. And it's that easier rage. to hate something. Oh, I mean, yeah, look absolutely. at the look at the fucking internet. Right. Yeah. Well, you know? Look at ourselves. It's way easier to cuss at the asshole sure. on the road who cut you off, but you're yeah. not putting yourself in his shoes. It's way about- easier not to make a frank a leftover. <laughs> You know what I mean? Wow! It's way easier. I didn't see that one coming. It pro- actually, I, I disagree. It, pro- it probably would be easier to make him a fucking leftover. We wouldn't, oh, have, wouldn't have to do it. In my it. heart of hearts, Frank is a leftover. Right. And I wouldn't have to taste my vomit every yeah. me as a leftover. Where's like that a, Hallmark card? Me as a leftover is like a fucking unicorn. You're never going to see it. <laughs> <laughs> but it'd be, it'd be amazing. Hey, but you're never going to see it. I had a quick theory, What's and that? it might sound stupid, but you know how last week we were talking about this is star wars related you remember how last week we were talking about um how boba fett is and that rumor they said that boba fett is kind of like a mantle that's handed down yeah like bond and that that um they're going to be doing the boba fett han solo team-up movie possibly yeah or you know just telling both stories right like different like bookends or something of their lives and like maybe at one time like they came in contact with one another and they knew each other very well yeah what if, what if, let's say that Adam Driver's character is a, uh, what, let's say, what is, let's say Adam Driver's character is Han Solo's son. Wow. What if he becomes, you know, 
Han was a smuggler. Oh. What if he goes down the same path and he becomes a Fett? Nice. That'd be awesome. That would be awesome. That'd be the smuggler equivalent of going to the dark side. Yeah, we kind of find out Fett is a title a little bit, huh? Yeah. More than so much of a as a name. That's yeah. what they said. Yeah, that was yeah. a rumor from one of these outlets mm-hmm. last week that we talked about. And uh yeah, what if what if Adam Driver, you know, because wow. we've seen him in the in the the rebel pilot mm-hmm. outfit, but Maybe towards the end of this thing, what if he becomes the next Fett? Hmm. Entirely possible. And they don't have to cast that that rumor with uh, what? Uh, oh no 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 no! They're talking about Boba Fett being cast as Michael Fassbender. Mm. But like, what if in a, in a future movie we get like an Adam Driver Fett movie? That would that would, I love that. I love. Well, that. I mean, that's not to say that they can't make the full name Boba Fett. The title. Sure. Because, I mean, yeah, there was Django Fett, but maybe Boba Fett, the actual man. Yeah. He was so badass that then it became the title afterward. Right. Are you loving Adam Driver being in Episode 7? Am I loving that he's in it? Yeah. You know, I'm not too familiar with the actor. I I saw him in Inside Lewin Davis and small part, but he was good. And uh, what else? He's in that girls show, which I haven't seen. Um, I've seen him in a few episodes of that. I like... I, I I like the the mystery about the character. I, I like the mystery about all these characters. We're going to be talking about Domhnall Gleeson and like the mystery behind his character making StarWars.net. They think they know who he is. Hmm. So we're going to be talking about that later. And okay. That's very cool. So what do you think about Adam Driver being in it? I'm I'm freezing it. Okay. I don't know. Like I just don't know. Like before I say I want this guy as I was just shocked that you were like I want Adam Driver Boba Fett movie and I I want to wait and kind of see how well Adam Driver fits into the Star Wars universe. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I, I'm not talking about, like, Adam Driver, the actor. Can't wait for his performance as Boba Fett. Yeah. Uh, I'm more intrigued by him being a Fett. Like, if the rumors are true and there's this huge <clears throat> backstory about Han and Boba Fett watching his son not turn to the dark side, but just, like, turn to the dark side of, like, smuggling and then being a bounty hunter on the flip side is, right. is kind of intriguing. Like watching his son take up that mantle, the mantle that he's battled with over the years. I mean, that would just be awesome. Yeah, that so. would be cool. We're definitely going to see more Fett stuff. Yeah, but then we've heard the rumors that Adam Driver is getting like lured to the dark side and then that it was Luke that pulls him away from it. We've heard that rumor too. Right. Yeah, most of the stuff I, I see seems to point that he'll be a bad character in some form or another by the end of the movie. Yeah, yeah, I've 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 heard that. I've also heard the rumor that he, that he's leaning that way, and then they bring him back. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens. We'll talk about more Star Wars and Star Wars news. But <laughs> did you guys have any more to say about the uh, Star Wars shit? Mm-mm. No, I'm good to go. All right. Speaking, uh, we were talking about. Uh, he was talking about Turd Talk and less Turd Talk. So <laughs> speaking of Turd Talk, uh, Is that our spinoff podcast, Turd Talk. Turd Talk. <laughs> hey, welcome to TT. Our host is Conker's shit pile. <laughs> we're going to be talking about that video game. Oh right? yeah, yeah. The corn teeth. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember the name of the game. Conker's uh, bad for a day. Okay, there you go. It's a mouthful. It is a mouthful. A mouthful of corn. A mouthful of corn. Speaking of turd talk, that brings us to our next email. It comes from Eric Grubb. I'm not calling him a shit, but I, <laughs> he talks about shit. Eric Grubb, he says, uh, first off, he says, hearing the Mortal Kombat song made me think about the trailer when that movie was getting ready to come out. I was working in a movie theater, and all of us knew what movies the trailer 
was showing before, so we'd have 10 to 15 employees watch it every time. It was such an amazing trailer for that time. Also, there's a band called Power Glove that did a speed metal type cover of that song. Yes, they are named after the Nintendo Power Glove. <laughs> if you want a copy of their version, I can send you the MP3. Yes, send it to me. I'd like to hear that. I might even play it on an episode. Damn, because like... Uh if you've listened to that entire soundtrack, the entire thing is like real high energy techno shit. Yeah, I've, so I'd I, love to hear a metal version of that. Yeah, I've but, he- I've heard. I used to actually own it. Yeah, I've got it on my iPad. Yeah, he goes now for shit stories. <laughs> oh, here we go. Yeah. Welcome to Turd Talk. <laughs> I worked at Toys R Us Uh-oh. for a couple of years, and I have two good ones. The first was a kid shit on a lower shelf in the bike section. And then someone shoved a bike helmet box on top of it to hide it. I assume it was the parent because I doubt the little kid had that kind of idea. It's so goddamn hard to read an email with this fucking jackal over here. I know. Here. I'm like trying to like. I know. I'm trying to hold my face away from the mic. That way I ain't blowing everybody's eardrums out. Just going to let just you. I'm picturing this shit. <laughs> Literally. I know. <laughs> snort. Hashtag Frank Snort. I'm just going to let him get it all out. I'm get good. it out. I'm good. I'm Release. Good. Breathe. I'm good. I'm Remember good. your breathing techniques. <laughs> yeah. We good? Yeah. All right. Eric Grubb's email. I assume it was the parent because I doubt the little kid had that kind of idea after it pinched the loaf. The poor guy who worked that section was so angry when he discovered it. Second story deals with what I can only call a Bigfoot poo <laughs> left in a toilet once. Gonna wait here and... You're all right. I'm good. I'm good. Let him collect himself. I'm all right. I'm all right. Frank's gonna... You know what? I'm we're gonna have, taking No, we're gonna have a third shit story when you shit your pants from laughter. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. God, I hope not. I'm not changing No, fuck. That has not ever happened. He goes, uh, I went in to check the bathrooms at the end of the day, and there was this massive turd sticking out of the toilet. (laughs) It was like a tree trunk that stuck a couple inches above the seat. I still to this day don't understand the physics of how this dude managed to separate this massive log from his ass since he had to have stood up to detach it. I was both freaked out and impressed at the same time. Any human could have... That's, I'm not, I'm done with the email. <laughs> any, any human what? I, I, I get... <laughs> pulling the bag, man. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> Finish it out. I'm right. All right. I was freaked out and I'm scared. I'm scared to read emails about <laughs> shit, Frank. Come on. Seriously. Like, I'm scared shitless you, you to read shit you, emails. You didn't preview this and know that I was going to about wet myself fucking laughing over it. <laughs> I was freaked out. And impressed at the same time, any human could have. I. <laughs> Damn, Jesus Christ! <laughs> oh my God, dude! You, you get fucking party, <laughs> you, you get fucking bonus points for exposition. <laughs> Talking about the fucking physics. Oh man, yeah, we all have stories like that. You know, I. <laughs> I um one time I walked into the back room of the grocery store I was working at and there was an old man with his pants down taking a shit in the mop sink in the back room. And I said, "What the fuck are you doing?" 
And he goes, the bathroom's upstairs. I couldn't make it upstairs. <laughs> and I just, I just walked away. I just walked away. I went and got the maintenance guy. I was like, you should probably go to the back room and see what's going on back there. I'm sure there's going to be a mess in the mop sink. <laughs> but it was crazy. That's one of the craziest things I've ever seen at my job. He's literally, tears are coming out of Frank's eyes right now. I know. I was telling the story just trying to pretend Frank didn't even exist. Oh, my God. You did a beautiful job. (laughs) But, yeah, that was wild. I've never yelled at an old man before except for that time in my life. And he's shitting as he's giving you the explanation? Yes, yes. It was it was pants full pants down and everything. Was I saw he embarrassed it. at all? By he this? seemed like he was completely fine with like the whole thing. This, this, this is my this element. Happens. This is what I have. This is what do. I do. This is it was. This is what you get for having a bathroom that's upstairs for me to use. It was this, or it's on the floor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow. So it was, so okay. He's taking a shit in what now? A mop sink. <laughs> A mop sink. So the exact the thing that we need to clean up your shit. <laughs> exactly. You're shitting in it. Now, and I want to be real specific here. Like, is this one of the ones that's on the floor with like like six inch rise or whatever around it? Or is that's it like- exactly what it. It's like okay. there's like a little square that Holy you, shit. you can like yeah. squat on this little ledge right <laughs> over a drain. Did you make him clean it? I made it. I don't know. I told the maintenance guy about it and ran away. Wow. I would have made. I would have made the guy clean oh it. Oh my god! I'd be like, you're cleaning this. Yeah, it was ridiculous. So, yeah, fun stuff in the grocery store. I'm sure some weird shit will end up coming up. I don't have anything about, like, fucking bodily functions and shit, me being in and out of houses. But, damn, man, holy shit. Like, me and Brian saw, like, the aftermath. Yeah. But you, you caught it in action. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not like, fun. Like, what, what do you say to the guy? He'd be like, stop shitting right now. <laughs> yeah. You knock off that shit. Like, I said, like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> What's up with the people that don't flush? Oh yeah, oh, that's crazy. It's like it's like oh, I, like this email you read. It that guy must have been just like oh, someone's got to see this. Oh my god. Well, I mean, sometimes I wonder if like did they did they flush? And is this such a <laughs> massive shit? Like this is a two flusher, yeah. and they just like flushed, walked away, and you get a lot of that in like shop work. I've worked at uh, Caterpillar in the area here. You know, like metal shop type shit, and. uh I don't know if people like get off on it or whatever, but like almost every day in the bathroom there, you got somebody leaving a giant fucking poo. <laughs> Just leaving it there for somebody to find. <laughs> All right. We need the train crashing button right now. <laughs> yeah. The email led us to the shit. Yeah. The email led us here. Let's uh, move on to <laughs> Cameron Wilson. Hey. It's been a while since he sent us an email. Yeah. Right? Hopefully it's not about poop. God, please no. <laughs> it's not. Um, he says, Dear Leftovers and Frank. Yes. Thank you, sir. Nice job, Cameron. Yeah. It has been a long time since I have written in, but I just wanted to let you know I'm still listening and enjoying. I have a couple of New Year's resolutions that are taking up a lot of time, so I haven't listened on my normal schedule. But I am happy to say over the past couple of weeks, I have caught all the way back up. I have a few things to ask about. I'll try and be brief and fail. That's Cameron. Long-winded emails every time. I love it. At least he's self-aware. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm glad he's sending us an email. It's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. Have any of you guys read any of the Batman Eternal Weekly comic or Future's End, which is also weekly? Um Jake, have you? I have not. Neither have I. Is that I. like the 99 cent digital comic that you can Yeah, get? yeah. I think it comes out weekly and um yeah, I haven't um 
and then the future's end that whole event i did not read any of future's end i just like listened to it um kind of play out in different uh uh, podcasts and stuff like that. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Any day to listen to a podcast like that where I can just hear what happens in the comics that I don't read every month. God, you know, oh, I spend... Oh, be bitching. I spend so much on, like, Marvel books that, like, I'm only getting, like, two DC books. I'm getting Flash and Batman, so... Well, pretty soon. You won't have to spend anybody on Marvel books, maybe, right? Yeah, true. <laughs> I'm up to around issue 40 of each, and I am loving them. I just cleared out my pull box at my local comic shop recently, and I had about 20 issues of each built up, and I've been knocking them out. It's awesome reading them, several issues at once, and I'm thinking about doing this always. Do you guys ever intentionally let some of your comics get way backlogged and then read them all at once? I do that all the time. Oh, that's the way to go. Yeah, let like a six to eight books build up. That's that's especially when you're reading like thirty Marvel books. Yeah, I, I like to read them in packs of three to six. Yeah, I love like I let Spider Man build up a little bit. And oh I'll read, yeah, like six, seven, eight issues all at once, or Thor sometimes the same way. Mm-hmm. It's almost really a, being awesome being like a newer reader mm-hmm. having Marvel Unlimited because I got all of it in front of me right now. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, when I first found out that they were going to be doing Civil War for Cap next, first thing I did was I ran right through and read the main, you know, issues for that. Right. And it was fucking awesome. Now I got a good grip on what's going on there. Uh, I don't know. I, I like being able to jump on all of them all at once. Yeah, it's fun stuff. I am also reading The Watchmen for the first time. I feel like I waited too long. It's really good. I also read V for Vendetta. Love that as well. Oh, God, I love Watchmen, the book. I love it. I know you don't, Jake. Yeah, I know. I've gone on record about Alan Moore. Yeah. Love League, though. He says, okay, movies. One of my resolutions for this year was to watch 365 movies. I wanted to ask you about one of them. I know you mentioned it before it came out, I think. But I watched Boyhood and loved it. If you've seen it, what did you think? Well, Cameron, I thought you were all caught up. This was like my movie of the year. Yeah. On the Tupperwares. I mean, I loved I've reviewed it and I loved it. Uh I thought Boyhood was great. The kid actors weren't like the best, but I think just just the direction, like twelve years and I thought they, the performances by Patricia Arquette and, and uh Ethan Hawke were just phenomenal. I loved this movie. I thought it was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, it's the kind of feat you can't duplicate. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, you can, but it's not coming out for another 20 years. <laughs> yeah, it'd be a total rip-off of like what you know, Linklater did. Yeah. So, I mean, I loved the movie. That's all I guess this week. I just wanted to drop a line and let you know I'm still here. After a long and unexpected breakup with my first podcast, you guys were there to comfort me. It took months and months to get over my first, but after finding this podcast, I feel like my previous relationship was sculpting me into the listener I am today. And I think I am better for it. Anyways, thanks guys. As always, keep up the good work. Nice. P.S. Frank, catch Yo. up on Arrow. I know, man. I'm fucking trying. Lots of Black Canary wig to commentate on. Oh, shit. <laughs> You'd All love right. it. Hell yes. Yeah, it's my plan, man. I mean, wintertime's typically a slower time of the year for me. And uh, here real soon, I'm going to be able to have time to fucking climb through all that. I'm just digging through friggin' receipts right now. Gus Hoontight. One more email from Gus. Nice. What's up, Leftovers and Frank? Hell yes. <laughs> Actually, it's Frank's help I need. Oh. 
<laughs> oh. Okay. <laughs> he must have a dick question. <laughs> or nuts. Or a gooch question. Gooch or a shit question. Why Hopefully am I not. so familiar with the male anatomy? <laughs> Don't it's ask like me. It's like Bud Bundy knowing his way around his own cock. <laughs> a friend and I have fallen off the gaming scene for the past two years or so and are looking to find a game that we can both play as co-op, whether it be online co-op missions, but not multiplayer where we need 16 people like the older Call of Duty used to have, or co-op gameplay. Sort of like the old Gears of War games. We currently both have the Xbox 360 and One platforms. We would prefer a game on the One system. Any ideas? I hear Destiny is good, but friends say you need three players. Thanks for any help you can suggest, Gus Hoontite. Sure. Um, Well, I mean, as far as, like, a first-person shooter on the Xbox One goes, I mean, absolutely, Destiny. Now, what they're talking about with three players is if you go in to do a strike, which is three people, if, say, if you were going by yourself, it would match, do matchmaking and, like, stick you with two randoms. But if you go in in a fire team with two people, it'll put you with a third. So that's not a bad thing. You got clear through level 20 uh, and all the main story stuff that you could do together. Um, and then beyond level 20, really what it is is just like rolling strikes and, uh, you know, repeat stuff, just grinding stuff down. So, I mean, I think that if you're looking for a co-op thing to do with a buddy, that's the best thing possible. And then as far as like if you're wanting to expand your horizons within the game to be able to do like the strikes, you can find on both the Google and iOS app stores a LFG looking for game app to where you can find other people to go and do the raids with like the raids you need six people to do. And that's been really hard for me even to be able to do. I just recently did one last night. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, if you're looking for an awesome co-op game, that's going to take you hours and hours of like endless enjoyment for a first person shooter. Destiny is definitely your ticket. Um, if you're looking for just like out and out fun for like, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming from your message, you're, you're playing online. Uh, if you're talking like couch co-op, like playing in the same room man, pick yourself up a Wii U, play some Mario Kart eight and smash because that is the best couch co-op stuff I've ever played. Yeah. Mario Kart's pretty great online co-op too. I haven't played it that much online. Yeah. It's pretty fun. Gotcha. Um, Gotcha. I just recently sent you a friend request. Did you get that? Uh, I don't know. I'll check. Gotcha. I, gotcha. God damn it. I did get the gotcha disease. Gotcha, holy gotcha, shit. gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> that, that, that shit's like, holy shit. But, uh, that shit's like, holy shit. <laughs> that shit is like, holy shit. Wow. <laughs> That's not just regular shit. Though. Our leading shit expert, Frank. It's holy shit. <laughs> that shit's like, holy shit. Gotcha. Gotcha. Gotcha shit. Gotcha. Roger. Roger, Roger. Holy <laughs> motherfucker. But, uh, fuck. You don't Mario Kart with 8. my brain. Mario Kart. It's great. Well, I sent you that request, and the thing that I was going to ask you is because, like, everything I got, my Twitter, mm-hmm. my gamer tag on PSN mm-hmm. and Xbox Live is Quagmire, mm-hmm. or at Quagmire, whatever, on Twitter. Yes. But uh, for my P- um, Nintendo ID, it's not. Okay, what is it? I can't, well, okay, is it your, your <laughs> well, you got a nickname. Yeah. Dude's got a nickname. Is that what you search by, or is it the, the, uh. I have a Nintendo ID. 
My Nintendo ID is Hammer Time. Okay. But that's with uh, the number three instead of E's. And then, um, <laughs> no, that's it. There's nothing more complicated. My Nintendo ID is Mr. 4815162342. Yeah, yours is fucking nice and predictable. I'd have got that <laughs> yeah. out of you. My, uh, the nickname I gave my dude was Tank, but like, I don't know why that one was different. I don't Frank know the I, Tank. Yeah. I don't know why, I don't know if I was drunk when I set up the Nintendo or not, but I don't know why it's not Quagmire like everything else. Yeah, you were feeling the hammer time that I night. I wonder if somebody might have stole it, because that was the last, like, system, not system, but like online ID that I got. Hmm. Because I've been a member of, uh, like Xbox Live since 2006, and, uh, PlayStation Network since, or, yeah, 2006, and then PlayStation Network since 2007. So, I mean, I jumped on Quagmire early because I didn't want one of those fucking names where you got, like, 00238 afterward. I just wanted a fucking name. So I spelled it Quagmire just a different way. But I don't know why I didn't uh, get that for the Nintendo ID. Can I ask, are achievement points still a thing? Is that still a deal? Yeah, absolutely. It's, I don't know, everybody puts, like, different differentiating weights on it. One thing that they're starting to do on both platforms, Sony and uh, Microsoft, is you get rewards. So you get so many achievements or whatever a month, Mm -hmm. they actually pay you in cash with, like, credit that you can spend in their store. Oh, that's nifty. So, yeah, it's kind of cool because, I mean, it's kind of like that Viggle thing where you get, like, stuff for just doing what you do anyway. Yeah. So I actually purchased uh, Destiny for my kid on his 360 using those points that I had accrued. So, I mean, it's it's a benefit. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it is cool. But, uh, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, if you're looking for a first-person shooter on Xbox One, fucking get Destiny, man. And if you're looking for a third, fuck, what the fuck else do I got to do, man? Quagmire, K-W-A-G-M-Y-R-E. I got one of every fucking character, and I'm willing to help you level up and give you tips and all that shit. Hit me up. And when he says give you tips, you know what he means. The tip on my dick. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he means. <laughs> <laughs> Brian's just looking at me like, yeah, I went there. No, I was like, you guys are talking about video games, and I'm oh. like, checked out, because I have no idea what you Dude, guys are talking Dude, No about. Man's Sky. Man, when this fucking thing comes out, yeah, I've already got a PS4. You ain't even got to get in on that. Like, I, you need to fucking come hang out for a weekend and fucking just roll this yeah. shit. I'm not going to buy a system, but, like, that's the only game I want to play. Gotcha. No man's <laughs> I'm not going to buy gotcha. a system. God damn it. So. I mean, we're, we're going to talk about system stuff later in Good Pop, Bad Pop because I got a lot of that. But uh, you're right when you said something before about, like, if there's anything that's going to get you back into gaming, it's that. Right. It's on the proper platform, PlayStation yeah. 4. But, uh, yeah, we'll get to that later. Uh, yeah, uh, talking about later, let's take a break quick, real quick, and then we're going to come back and we'll start Good Pop, Bad Pop. Sounds good. Yo. Okay. Greetings, Leftover Army. Pop Culture Leftovers is the people's podcast. They're always looking for new writers and YouTube reviewers to join the team because they themselves aren't talented enough to write them. In all honesty, they're not even sure Frank can read. But their listeners can. So send your reviews to popcultureleftovers at gmail.com and if the leftovers like it, they'll contact you and you could see your article featured on popcultureleftovers.com. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Leftover Army. You should follow The Leftovers on Instagram at instagram.com slash popcultureleftovers 
and on Tumblr at popcultureleftovers2.tumblr.com. If you get a few shots of vodka in you, it's almost as sexy as my voice. That's gangster. Ooh, hey, wow. Hey, 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 hey guys. <laughs> We're back. Um, yeah, I didn't. Crusty the Crown? Yeah. Crown. <laughs> That's what I thought was taken too, Crusty. Crusty? Yeah. <laughs> hey, kids. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, so. Um, <laughs> that happened. Yeah, that was the thing. Uh, <laughs> we are going to uh, go into good pop, bad pop, but first, before we do that, um, we have been waiting to open the Dan West gift. Oh, we're going to do it now? We, yeah, we're going to do it now. Oh, Da-da-da. man, I can't wait. We teased it, and uh, Dan West, uh, one of our listeners from the UK, sent us a uh, package in the mail, and Frank and Jake have like been you know chomping at the bit to open this, more so Jake. Uh, Jake's really ready to open Have this. we talked about any of this in the podcast, about Dan West and his video that he made? No, you can talk about, you can, uh, talk about it now. Yeah, um, Dan West told me he was going to Tokyo, and he asked me if there was anything in Tokyo that he could get that I couldn't get in the States that I would like. And I and I told him, you know, he didn't have to get me anything, but if there was one thing that I would want... Sex robot. It, it would be a sex bot. But if, He if couldn't I could, do that. If you I know they get, got it in Japan. Yeah, if you can't get a sex robot, then I would really like some kind of a plush Moogle. That's something that I've always wanted since I was a kid. I've wanted a, a Moogle of my own. It's like my favorite mythical creature from video games of all time. Final Fantasy. Final yep. Fantasy. First yep. appearance was Final Fantasy VI. First American appearance well, yeah. was Final Fantasy VI. They yeah. actually first appeared in Final Fantasy V. Were they in five? They were in five. Really? Yes, but we didn't see them until six. Okay. I'm going to have to replay that. I've started it a couple of times. I got it on iOS, but I don't remember long being in that one. So, yeah, I mean, that's it's been my Facebook profile picture since my first Facebook, my first profile picture was a picture of Qbert, and then I changed it to the Moogle, and it's been the Moogle ever since. Right. So, yeah, I just... I love the Final Fantasy, you know, love the Chocobos, love the Cactars, but especially love the Moogles. And Mog in particular, he's always been, like, in touch with, like, pop culture and stuff. Yeah. Talking, you know, even back in 6, uh, dropping pop culture references and stuff. Talking like somebody from our day and age as opposed to all this fantasy stuff that's going on around Yeah, it's kind of a Mickey Mouse for for the video game generation in a way to me. You know what I'm saying? The Mickey Mouse of Final Fantasy, definitely, but... So yeah, let's, that's why I have this knife next to me, not to, uh. <laughs> yeah, but, but talk about his trip to Tokyo. Oh, the trip and what to Tokyo. Did. Yeah, I got all sidetracked. I'm too excited. He, um, took a video of actually having the Moogle travel from Tokyo. Right. Back to his home. And the video is hilarious. We'll have to post it. It's on our, it's on our website. Is it on our website? Yeah. Popcultureleftovers.com. It's, uh, one of the headlines. You can read it there. Maybe you we can should see bump, it there. Maybe we should bump it, like share it or something. That way it's more recent with this show. Yeah. Or make them go to our website. Go to the website. Yeah, go to the Check website. Check it out on the well, website. I'll post the link from our website yeah. on the Facebook page and on Twitter. But the video is absolutely hilarious. Oh, it's, it's great. Good I love stuff. it. Uh, he picked a great song yeah. as the background music and, you know, he mimics it looking around and checking things out and right. everything. It's really really funny. Dan's, Great. Dan's done a lot of stuff for us uh, lately. Like he did a uh, whole Shadow of Mordor video trying to get me into it and stuff. Yeah. And uh, he set the whole thing up playing like massacring this set of like 30 orcs or whatever to a metal background. Super creative. Awesome dude. Nice. Nice. And so and Dan also told us that there's 
at least another surprise in there besides the Moogle. Yeah, there's some other stuff in there, too. Well, let's open it up. So let's see what's going on here. Am I going to need the knife? I'm not just going to be able to maw into this motherfucker? It's got some serious tape on it. It came from overseas. I, I would use the knife. Yeah. And I do got to say that... I, Jake's one, like, yeah, and he's still ripping it. I don't, don't want to stab my Moogle. One other person that this has been driving nuts is my wife because this box has been at our house and like when we took the last break i went inside and she's like did you open it yet i'm like no not yet and she's like come on like she's been staring this box in the fucking face for like two weeks now and on the side because it comes from you know out of the country there's a customs page with writing on it that says what's in the box and it's not like awesomely legible so, like, she's been speculating about what's in here, and I haven't given her any fucking hints or clues it's at all. Gwyneth Paltrow's head. <laughs> Holy fuck. Here's no. the letter. Do you, you want someone want to check this out while I keep mawing at this box? Yeah, sure. Oh, and he's got his little seal here. Hell with the, yeah. With the wax. That's pretty awesome. Kind regards, I believe it said there on the... Yeah, kind regards. All right, a letter from uh, Dan West. Do you want me to read the letter before you go jumping in there, or...? Yeah, I, I, I won't look. I, it's covered enough that I can just keep working to get in it. All right. Yeah, it kind of goes over the stuff. I'm not, you know, he says, uh, don't feel obliged to read this on the show. It's a little long, so I'm not going to. Okay, we'll check it out. We'll check it out later. Damn it. I was trying to buy myself some time with that letter. <laughs> <laughs> all right, going to read the letter. It's all surgical and shit. There it there is. There he is. There's the Moogle. Mog the Moogle. All the way from Tokyo. Now, are you going to dub him Mog, or is he going to carry another name? Um, I probably will dub him Mog. Oh, man. Badass. A cactor. Hey, look oh at that. Oh, my God. That's cool. I'm, I'm a, not familiar with this. I'm going to die. I love, oh, that's totally I a Final Fantasy cactar. thing. He does the attack yeah. of a thousand needles, where uh-huh. he attacks you a thousand attacks. Well, hold these once. up. I'm going to get a picture. Take, take uh, Mog out. All the right. uh, the cactar even in later games it's kind of funny because they could do a lot better animation with him, but he still just raises his arms up and down and looks really cheesy on purpose. It's funny. Oh, this is awesome! I'm almost just as excited, if not more, about the cactar. <laughs> the mog, I love the cactar because that's a surprise. Yeah, you knew Mog was coming to give you a hug. Oh, Frank, I see something here that specifically has to be yours. I think I know what's coming. It's a sloth toy. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, you guys! <laughs> oh, that, that is unmistakably Frank's. Fuck yes. We got some kind of egg. Looks like a Baymax egg. Reaction figure. That's cool. We got a Spider-Man mask. Oh, nice. That's sweet. So, yeah. Guess we're going to go rob the quickie mark later. <laughs> Bad thing is, any of the three of us could put that on and be better than Andrew Garfield. Oh, look at this. We got lightsaber chopsticks. Holy shit. That was right. My wife said this. She thought she read that on the customs thing. Oh, this is definitely a Brian. We got a Doctor Who comic book. Oh, nice. Hell yeah. Is that a Comic-Con exclusive? It is, yes. San Diego Comic-Con International. It's Matt Smith Smith on the cover. That's gorgeous. Oh, we got multiple Spider-Man masks. Holy shit. We can have a Spider-Man circle jerk. Everyone gets a Spider-Man mask. Yeah, we're going to have a Spider-Man circle jerk, Frank. (laughs) That's right. That's on the agenda tonight. I got that under under the good pop, bad pop section. (laughs) Balanced food calorie mate blocks. Holy shit. What the hell? So That's right from Japan. What's that? They're... 
balanced mm. food calorie mate blocks. It's a nutri- nutritionally balanced source of the energy needed for daily activities. It's Lumbus bread. After our circle jerk, we can <laughs> refuel. So, yeah, we got each get one of those. Hell yes. I'm down for some Lembus bread. Is that what it is, Frank? It sounds like it. So who would like the who would like the lightsaber chopstick? Who's who's the rice eater of the group? Well, I got slothy, man. Slothy. We got Ruth. A Ruth. banana. A banana dildo. Baby. Ruth. Brian's banana. <laughs> Brian's banana. Why do you get a banana? So that's yours. Is I'm, he the big banana? I'm confused as to why I get a banana. <laughs> I don't know what's up with these these buttons. Look at what these. The fuck? Uh, holy shit! What the fuck? There's a dude with his hair and pigtails, and he's trying to be all sexy. It says "Sing, Dance, Destroy." Ladybeard. Ladybeard. Is that a thing? These look serious. Like it's a little disturbing. <laughs> Nice. Dan West, you're the man. This is some good shit. Swag box. Who needs Loot Crate? Yeah, who needs Loot Crate? We got Dan West. This is the best shit ever. Yeah, I got a What's up with banana. the banana? Do you know what's up? Is that a real <laughs> banana? It's not a real banana. Brian's banana. Is that for, for some kind of pleasuring? <laughs> totally well, missing If it's it. not, it's going to be. Yeah. Oh, whoa. It looks like a weird texture. What is going on with them? Holy shit. It's, it's like, like a Stretch Armstrong banana. Hell yes. That thing is cool. Wow. Thanks for the banana. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Already a lot more of Mr. Fantastic than what we saw in the fucking trailer. It's a, yeah, it's, it's a banana. The way you're tugging at it, man, it looks like a dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, let me get my camera, right? Oh my go God. for it. Brian's Let's go love this. <laughs> get it out. He's rubbing one out here on the air. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, all right, there you go. Wow. Uh, He's relieved. There's, there's one for the listeners, right? <laughs> I got a quick five minute video. Oh my god, that's no. great. <laughs> Holy shit. Now here's the question does that go up before or the ap- after the episode uh, goes up? I, I the only thing that got up there was me. Oh yeah. my god. That, that one may never you took see care the light of that, of day. though. That, that may be episode 100 until they get to see that. Right? <laughs> no, that needs to come out now. It's timely. All right. It needs good, to good come deal. out now. Here's the picture. I took a picture and I was like, you were moving too fast for a good picture. So I went straight for the vid. Uh, right. I was oh playing god. with my Donkey Kong. <laughs> uh, so holy wow. shit, Dan West, you're my fucking hero. I got a Moogle and a cactus. I want to know the story behind the banana. I can't remember. I don't know if there was something. Have I ever mentioned a banana on the podcast? Did he write Brian's banana? Yeah, he wrote Brian's banana on there. Really? If not, no. It was on the on the wrapper. Oh, gotcha. After he's tugged on it for a little while, it looks a little worn. That is weird. You still talking about the banana? (laughs) Oh my god! (laughs) Holy shit! (laughs) Wow, that really stretches out. Damn. 
Jake's like totally doing like the bolo whip above his head and shit. Helicopter, <laughs> wave it like a helicopter. <laughs> it grew like eighteen inches. Well, here someone someone else had, had the chopsticks. I got too much Final Fantasy love to take Star Wars chopsticks. Can I see them? Yeah. Wow, those are cool. I totally can't use chopsticks to save my life. I will use chopsticks if no one else wants them, but I can't do it. I think that's cool that they light up though. That's bitching. That is cool. Yeah, my my whole like Chinese, Japanese, Asian food thing is I'll eat some Thai. Other than that, I'll totally do sweet and sour chicken, some fried wontons. But fuck, who even needs silverware for that shit? I just grab it with my hands. Yeah, I want to know more. What's up with these calorie mate blocks? It totally looks like almost like. Not astronaut food, but something that would oh, be totally like... Guys, he, he tells us what's ours. This is why we should read the letter. All right, so... <laughs> yeah, I'll read it. All right, let's see here. Don't feel obliged to read this on the show. I've had a lot of mentions and thank yous from you guys. And aside from the banner and memes I do for fun, this is my way of saying thanks for providing me and the Army with all the incredible content, news, company, and laughs since 2013. So without further ado, let's get into it. Greetings from across the pond. I figured I'd write normally in this letter due to already using the stereotypical British vernacular in my letter and contract to Frank. So, hey dudes, how's it going? Private Dan the Wizard West here. As you can see, I have sent you guys a parcel. Now, you'll no doubt realize that there is a Mog the Moogle contained in there, as promised and documented to Jake from my trip to Tokyo. But if I was going to send one thing <laughs> to one of you, I had to get Brian and Frank something too. So here's an inventory of the stuff I got you guys and who I got them for. But feel free to chop and change whoever wants what. For Jake... <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm trying to hold it together, but Jake's totally setting up Mog holding the fucking knife that he used to open the box on a cigarette lighter. (laughs) He's gangster as fuck, yo. (laughs) Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to distract Frank. Sorry. That was amazing, though. Uh, For Jake, uh, one dashboard-sized Mog the Moogle, as featured in this short Mog journey to the (laughs) West, one home-sized Mog the Moogle, not featured in the short Mog Journey to the West, and one dashboard-sized Cactur, is that how it's pronounced? Yeah, Cactur, Cactar. Cactar from Final Fantasy, all bought from an eight-story anime store. For Frank, one inflatable Baymax from Big Hero 6. Aha! A lucky dip machine in Tokyo. One sloth action figure found mixed in with the original series Star Wars figures in a basement store in Tokyo. That's fucking great. I've never seen one of these before and totally lost my shit when I did. Due to Frank always referring to himself as sloth, he sprang to mind. For Brian, one stress relief banana. For when things get, (laughs) for when things get tense with Man of Steel, Iron Man 3 are mentioned. Or technical difficulties arise. Or when you just want to beat off with a banana. No, he didn't say that. Oh, fuck. God damn it. Plus get people to close their eyes and drop it in their hand, and it feels like a wang. (laughs) Frank will laugh here. (laughs) Love that, dude. He knows knows us too well. Hell yes. One LED light-up lightsaber chopsticks for the panda chicken after the show. That's got to be you, Jake. What's that? The panda chicken. You're the only one that hits the panda? Yeah, yeah. Right? It's under stuff for Brian, but... Oh, I'm sorry. Jake wants it, he can have it. Are we talking about chopsticks? 
Yeah. Oh no! If you want the chopsticks, you have the chopsticks. For Brian. Um, and uh, yeah, one uh, San Diego Comic Con exclusive Doctor Who variant cover comic. This one I cheated and went to Forbidden Planet in London after I got back because I felt the other presents weren't personal enough. For everyone, three Spider-Man party masks. Party masks. Reason everybody loves Spidey. Dan pops collar. Everyone. Everyone's hair flutters. Yeah. <laughs> and he says, Jake will laugh here. <laughs> uh, calorie mate block. Three calorie mate blocks. Frank may recognize these. They are in Metal Gear Solid 3. Oh, yeah. I that, thought they, holy shit. That's awesome. I thought they were made up of generics. I thought they were made... I thought they were a made-up generic snack with a bad Japanese-to-English translation for the game, but no, they're not. They're in supermarkets and vending machines all over Japan, so I couldn't resist getting some for you guys to try if you have no food allergies. Food allergies. The flavors are red, green, and new white. I have no, I have no clue what it means, so it should be fun trying them. Dude, and- we should try them now. Like on the air. No, I'm good on eat. I'm pretty full still. Really? Okay. Uh, three lady beard fan badges found in the smut section in the same store. I found the sloth figure. Lady beard is a Western dude with pigtails and a beard who dresses in Japanese cute style clothes and does photo shoots and then beats the crap out of people because he's a wrestler. Ha ha ha. His tagline is on the badge. Sing, dance, destroy. Well, that's the lot. I hope this letter and parcel finds you all well and you enjoy the weird shit I got you. Believe me, if I had more money, they'd be more. Uh, there'd be more. Like the Megatron that turned into a Mega Drive or the 12-inch Nancy Reagan ta- talking doll. I shit you not. What the hell would she say? Anyway, all the love, health, and happiness to you and yours, Excelsior, Dan West. P.S. Twat is pronounced twat. Don't worry, Emma Stone got it wrong in Easy A. I have written her a letter, too. That's awesome. That wasn't that too long-winded, that letter. No, no not at all. These the exposition la- these, was good. These lady beer buttons are awesome, right? They're nuts. Oh, yeah, I'm going to be wearing that. <laughs> <laughs> Put that on your favorite baseball cap. I don't give a flying fuck. I'll set it up down in the man cave. I don't give a shit. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Now that I know what the banana's for... I appreciate it a lot more, and I am going to be tugging on this thing. Uh, and yes, I'm still talking about the banana, but I'm going to be tugging <laughs> on this thing if we ever do mention Man of Steel. That banana is awesome. That's I'll, a great gift. Yeah, I like it. Big fan of the banana. <laughs> Does it got a good weight? You, you want to feel the banana's yeah, weight? I totally just grabbed his banana. Wow, man, that's pretty firm. That's, uh, that's nice and thick banana. Thank you, Dan West. Yeah, this is Dan awesome. West. Thank you so much. You're my fucking hero. You're, you're the man, dude. I'm taking out this mask. Someday I'm going to fucking make it over there, and then you're going to have to try to figure out how to make me leave. I feel like wearing the mask in the rest of the episode. This banana's fucking sweet. Holy shit. <laughs> Brian's getting it on. Nice. Here's your wiener back. Oh, I should have been jacking it off with this thing. With <laughs> the, the Spidey mask yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> then, then you kind of get the impression that it's like a glory hole. This is this is great. It's like Andrew Garfield just fucking joined us. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. 
Andrew, how do you get your hair to stay in that perfect curl while you're doing all those stunts? <laughs> we, <laughs> we have great makeup people. <laughs> we should start off episode 100, everybody wearing the mask. Yeah. Who's who? That's wild. Oh, you're not going to keep oh, up the whole episode? Yeah. Holy shit, he dropped his headphones. That's a nice Spider-Man mask. Did it look good? Yeah. Yeah. Did it? Fucking A. All right. You guys want to jump into Good Pop, Bad Pop now? Yeah. Thank you so much, Dan West. Good They're man. awesome. All right. Let's see here. Good Pop, Bad Pop. Eventually, oh. when I find the fucking thing. Here it is. Moogle. It's time for more <laughs> leftover reviews with Good Pop, Bad Pop. <laughs> All right, Good Pop, Bad Pop is where we talk about the things in the previous week or weeks uh, that we either watched or read that we liked or disliked. We also have a rating system here on Pop Culture Leftovers. And if this is your first time listening, we want you to be familiar with the rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right, starting off with Good Pop, Bad Pop this week. Um, oh, Frank, how many things do you have to talk about, Chief? Uh, I don't know, a number right off the top of my head. A couple things are kind of like, you know, correlated. Okay. Like some same thing. All right, um, so first thing I wanted to talk about, though, is a Star Wars comic. Yay! Yeah! Okay, Marvel is doing the Star Wars comic uh-huh. now. Um, and... I've had a chance to send thanks to Evan Shelton for sending us the Star Wars variants last week. Since he sent that to me, now I've had a chance to sit down and read it uh, because it has not come through. My, I go through a subscription service, and after I spend a certain amount, then they finally ship them. So mm-hmm. it can take a month and a half Aww. before I get my books. So I'm always a little bit behind, but it was nice. I mean, even though the comic's been out for about a month now, it was nice to get a chance to sit down and fucking read the book. Now, Jake, you Tupperware the book. You mm-hmm. absolutely loved it. In the book, it's written like uh, by Jason Aaron, one of my favorite uh, writers for for Marvel, and then his image stuff. Um, and Frank, you've had a chance to read this, yeah, correct. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess we're going to rate it now. And yeah. then Jake, you can kind of chime in about you know our discussion. I actually read issue two this week, also. Oh. So you can talk about issue two. I haven't had a chance to read that. I was hoping yeah. to read it today, but uh, I was very busy today and didn't yeah. get a chance to. Now. Um, Frank, what did you think about the Star Wars comic? Uh, you feel free to rate it. I absolutely Tupperware the thing. It really completely meshes with the tone and the pacing set by Episode 4, New Hope. It drops you right into a setting of what happens after the Death Star is destroyed and the adventures that they go on before you hit Empire. And it's amazing. It's just absolutely amazing. This is this is canon, as we've kind of touched on a little bit earlier. Um, so everything that comes out in these comics absolutely means something. And I don't know if it is a benefit of the fact that knowing that, like like it's comforting, like I don't have to try to figure out whether or not I believe it, or if it's just the fact that they did such a good job of blending everything that was in Episode Four. Like Han Solo's cockiness and Luke Skywalker's spunky optimism, 
there's certain things that changed as those that original trilogy moved on, and I just think that it captured the spirit of Episode Four and carried on with it. And I'm so excited to be able to see what else they're able to spin uh, in in this like mid prequel universe that they're building. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I read it as well. And, um, first off, I, uh, I loved the book. I'm, what was your rating? Tupperware. Tupperware. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm, I'm also, I'm going to Tupperware the book. It's not without its faults though, in my opinion. Um, the things that I loved, I loved just like seeing all the ships and and the different places that they go to. Um, I love it right when you first open up the book. It's got the big Star Wars logo and the Star Wars font. I absolutely loved it. And then you get the the opening crawl. Um, it starts off with showing a ship, you know, as it's like hovering down towards this planet. And I, it just felt very Star Wars to me. Yeah, it screams Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Um, I loved Han Solo in this. It, it felt like I was reading... Stuff Han would say in the movies. He, he has Han's voice down to a T. Mm-hmm. Uh, the very limited, uh, I don't know, the very limited time that Leia is in the book, um, she is Leia. And that's great. And I love that. The only problem I do have with the book, and, and you feel free to disagree with me, is I, I think Jason Aaron has those two characters down. I just think he's struggling with getting... Luke's voice. Yeah. Luke is it's Luke, but I'm I, I there are certain panels and certain things that he says where it's just I, I this one in particular um, where uh, there's the slaves that are locked up mm-hmm. and it's a funny joke and it's a nice callback and. Luke is confronted by like, you know, the guy who is uh basically like uh in charge of the slaves and keeping them in line. And Luke says, These aren't the slaves you're looking for. Yeah. And the guy goes, What? It's a funny joke because it's a callback to these are not the droids that you're looking for with Ben. But it just didn't feel like Luke to me. You don't think Luke's making cheeky jokes like that? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm feeling like this is Han Solo carrying over into Luke Skywalker. Um, sometimes the internal monologue with him is, or to him talking to himself. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Um, I also feel that, uh, where is, where's the other thing? The the conversation that he has with uh, Force Ghost Ben Kenobi mm-hmm. at the end, I didn't like it either. Um, it just I don't know it just it just didn't work for me. I I liked I liked everything else though. Everything else I thought was great. I just don't, I think he's struggling with finding his Luke. Yeah. When does he talk to Force Ghost? At the very end of the. Um, it's not Force Ghost. It's just the voice. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, just for a second there. I remember yeah. that. He, he he hears Luke, and he's like, Ben? Ben, is that you? Oh, where he's like, Rudd. Yeah, Ben, he's here. Darth Vader. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. The man who killed my father, who killed you. I have to face him. I have to end this. Luke, listen to me carefully. Run. And it's... I I don't know. I, I, 
just that didn't work for me. And then just like some of the other things, I, I felt like he struggled to find Luke's voice and I, it may, it may get better in, 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 in other issues. It's just, I just, I loved everything else. I think Han was great. Leia was great. I just think he struggles with Luke a little bit. Yeah. Luke's a lot, you get a lot more Luke voice in, uh, issue two. Uh, yeah. I haven't read issue two yet. Um, I acknowledge the points that you're saying, although I believe I kind of accepted them as it being an opportunity for them to flesh his voice out a little bit. Whereas, you know, in the original trilogy, Luke always has this burden upon his shoulders. This gives them an opportunity to be able to show, you know, his personality as he encounters these things a little bit. Like, it was worth a try. It's fine and dandy, but I'm just saying, like, it just didn't fit with, like, the rest of the trilogy, which this... I agree. That's what I want. Um, And it's a minor nitpick, Frank. I mean... I applaud everything else he did in this book. I thought it was right. absolutely phenomenal. But just for me reading it, I just feel like Jason Aaron's having a hard time getting Luke's voice, his character down. Gotcha. I do agree that it did stand out as being something that didn't feel quite in place, although I kind of took it as like an exciting opportunity to see a different side of a character. Look at that. You get some AT-AT action in issue two. Oh, man, they foreshadowed that too at the end. <laughs> yeah, they showed the ad-ad at the end there. I yeah. thought that was cool. And I, I think it was really cool how they pulled no punches and literally just dropped them in a situation that made sense that, boom, okay, now you're under the threat of the big bad again. Vader's here. Yeah, you get a lot of Vader voice in issue two. I'm really curious to see what you think of that, Brian. When you get you, a lot of Vader? You get a lot of Vader dialogue. Now, are you guys hmm. going to be picking up uh, the other comics? Yeah, I'm going to yeah. buy every Marvel Star Wars book. They're okay. all on my pull list. Okay. Um, because at the very least, I could see me picking up Vader because I looked at the preview that was included in the digital copy of this where Vader goes to see Jabba the Hutt. And I'm just dying to fucking know what it is he would talk to him about. I'm fucking excited. That comes out Wednesday. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Wow. Okay. All right. Yeah, damn, definitely. Fuck, I got to get that. So, yeah, you should definitely check that out. And yes. I, I don't know what's going on with that. The Vader's an ongoing, right? Yeah, it's an ongoing. So that's crazy because the Leia is just a mini, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. The Mark Wade. The, um, yeah, the Dodgson. Yeah. Is a, just a mini series, like four or five parts. I'm not sure. Not about sure. That. <clears throat> I'm not sure. But it's a mini and the Vader's an ongoing. Nice. The, the Luke dialogue I did like is when he's talking to himself and he is quoting Ben back to him. And, you know, he's saying stuff like, a true Jedi can feel the force flowing through him. Mm-hmm. That worked for me. That's Luke. It's just the snappy stuff. I felt like it carried over, a little bit of Han carried over into it, I guess. Yeah. That's probably Jason Aaron just being a comic writer, not quite nailing it yet and realizing that he needs to keep the jokes with just Han. The, yeah. Trying yeah. To be we, I don't need, you know, I, well, we, the jokes with Han and then the unnecessary, like, uh, laughter with like the C-3PO stuff. Uh, oh yeah. Like yeah, I loved, that the, I, I loved Han yelling at C-3PO, yeah. telling him to grab a blaster. Right. I loved that stuff. I just, I, it really kind of like, I, the whole book flowed for me except the, the few parts that the Luke dialogue kind of took me out of it just a little bit. Not enough to, to toss this book or even taste it. I still right. Tupperware. Oh yeah. yeah. And, and I'm hoping like with this just being a first issue that those things will change. 
Um, but uh, overall, I, I, I loved it. I loved it when Chewbacca took a shot at Vader, and mm-hmm. Vader was like, "Well, are you fucking kidding? Yeah, me? yeah. and I absolutely, are you fucking kidding me? I loved how uh, Han knew that was going to happen, and it was Leia's like thirst for revenge. Really, I felt. To fucking take that shot. It was, well, I mean, she's thinking of Alderaan. Right, exactly. Yeah, it was that scene that made me realize how much the book was working for me. I was like, I know damn well Chewbacca's not getting hurt. Yeah. Oh, right, yeah. But I still, like, felt the tension of that scene. Yeah. I was like, oh, shit, Chewbacca, <laughs> you know? Right. So I was yeah. like, oh, man, this book's working. <laughs> I'm so excited for this all together, man. I mean, it's one thing I've wanted to see my whole life is a bad, you know, more stories of a bad as fuck Darth Vader. Yeah. Looks like that you're going to get a little bit of that. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah. So, yeah, that Darth Vader book, that's going to be exciting. There's a, who's the artist on that? It's Salvador LaRocca, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, he's a decent artist, too. And who is the artist on this? This is, um, Cassidy. Cassidy, yeah. I got to say, they did such a good job of, like, facial features and everything, like, making it, like, an exact, like, print duplicate of these actors in their youth. Yeah. Cassidy um, drew the entire Josh Whedon run of uh, X-Men. Gotcha. Okay. So. The, 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 the one thing that I loved, um, I lo- not, just one of the things that I did love about this is uh, it's C-3PO, and he's talking to uh, – just the, the the book alone, just for the C three PO Han Solo stuff. Oh yeah, <laughs> the back and forth stuff between them is just phenomenal. But there's a scene of like the it's kind of like a junk planet, mm-hmm. and uh, the the Millennium Falcon is like parked in the middle of this junk. And C three PO says, "If I may so, if I may say so, Captain Solo, I do find it rather dis- disconcerting that your vessel continues to be so easily mistaken for garbage." <laughs> and then, then you know, Han Solo is like, "You'll be garbage if you mess this up, Goldenrod." <laughs> you know, I I love that. That's great. And he gets those voices of those characters down so well. It's just, it, it, it is a great book, and I'm gonna stick with it. Uh, I absolutely love it. It felt so much like an extension of that first movie. Yeah, I could hear the music like playing in the background the entire time I was yeah. reading it. Like it was. I, I thought he really captured Star Wars, you know. I, I, the book could really suffer if um, Jason Aaron, you know, like if, if he doesn't make these stories phenomenal, and he is doing a great job so far. I mean, I know we're only one issue myself and two issues in for you, but th- this book could really suffer if, you know, um, because everybody knows that these characters aren't going to die. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it would be to his benefit to introduce new characters that could be red shirts. So are we going to always take place in between Star Wars and Empire? I kind of assumed that we were going to just have arcs and we were going to bounce all over. No, I, I, I could, don't know. I could be wrong about that. I don't know. But I thought we were going to have like six to 12 issue arcs and then move, move to uh, somewhere else every time. I'm not sure. So, but unknown. That, that was just something I thought was happening. Hmm. Cause Even- I, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say how you can't go forever until you're going to hit Empire smack in the back, you know? Right. Although they did leg out the Clone Wars for quite a while too, yeah. Um, and is do we know exactly how many years take place between A New Hope and Empire? Oh man, that's a good question. We do. I mean, it's, the do. information's out there. The information is. We out We just there. don't happen to know it off the top of our heads. Right. This Vader book, though, um, looks phenomenal. That two-page gate. Um, 
spread. Woof. Yeah, they showed this actually two-page spread. CBR had it, and they had it actually with the uh, with the actual uh, dialogue between the characters. Um, but yeah, um, if this isn't enough to get you excited to read it, I don't know what is. We're gonna get Darth Vader in Jabba's lair. Yeah, that's amazing. Frank was just saying, yeah, he can't yeah. see what you the said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What the hell are they talking about? Yeah, so I cannot wait for this. Did and you read what they're talking about already? Yeah, I read it. I can't remember anything that I read. But <laughs> you jerk! I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this looks great. I cannot wait. I mean, I and wait. I'm I'm totally a fucking comic newbie. You know what I mean? I mean, I've started reading some stuff and. I can't say that there is another comic, anything that I've read that has really captured my attention like this. It feels so much like a new hope. Like it's like putting on an old glove. It feels comfortable and just like you slip right in and everything is like absolutely 100% believable. I just loved it. Like an old pair of hoodie pants. Yeah. Pretty like much. Old, yeah. Double ship this motherfucker, <laughs> Marvel. Come on. <laughs> oh no. I don't need to spend more money. <laughs> So, Jake. Yes. You saw a movie this week. Yes. What did you see? I actually saw, I went to the theater twice this week. Okay. Um, I'll go ahead and talk about the, what, what I did, something else first besides the movie. Okay, sure. I saw, um, the Game of Thrones IMAX experience. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was, um, actually pretty reasonably priced. I, I kind of went like, God damn it, I don't want to spend, Eighteen dollars for a fucking show I've seen three times already. <laughs> right, but I was like, I don't want to miss it. It's only a week or whatever, you know. So I went, and it ended up only being eight bucks. Oh, nice. Oh, that's nice. And it was Very IMAX cool. and everything. So I was like, all right, that that already I was in a better mood. Yeah. Kind of cringing when I asked this, but when's that up? It's already over. Fuck. It was one week. Damn it. Okay. One week only. Shit. So And what they did was they played the last two episodes from the most current season, which was season four. Um, episode nine, which is the Watchers on the Wall, and episode ten, the Children, back to back, both with opening, you know, scenes and the end credits, and then after it was all over, they showed the um, season five trailer on the big screen for IMAX too. Nice. And wow, I got to tell you, it was insane seeing this like so blown up, just right from the beginning when you see the intro where it's the map and you're like falling into the map and everything. Yeah. It was like you were like falling into Westeros. It almost like gave me like vertigo seeing the intro done that way. I think that's one of the things that I like so much about the series is that the production values are right there. Even though it's a TV show and yeah, it's on HBO, but they're some of the best ever. I I way prefer Game of Thrones and the cinematic effects in that uh, over like The Hobbit. Any day of the week. Uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, they, some of the effects are just amazing and the, the costume work and the set design mm-hmm. and everything. But like w- the, one of the episodes, the episode nine, the uh, penult- penultimate finale episode. I got it straight. I promise. Was my least favorite penultimate finale episode of the whole series this current season. Mm-hmm. And I was blown away with how much I enjoyed it more on the IMAX. It, really? It really brought it to a whole new level. Huh. It was like I was just... There was so much going on, and I noticed so much stuff that I didn't notice seeing it on my TV at home. Okay. It, was, it was like watching it brand new for the first time. Nice. Yeah, I'm going to definitely want to pick your brain about the specifics of this because I've seen it a couple of times at home. Uh, so. When they do like the panning shots and all the different things are happening at once, you can really focus on what's going on. Uh-huh. You see like all kinds of just little details that you never noticed before. Nice. I read that the actual like showrunners, um, Beninoff and, and Weiss, I think their names are. Mm-hmm. 
they actually noticed things that they hadn't noticed before, and they'd said they'd seen these episodes at least a hundred times each. Wow! And they were blown away by details. That's that awesome. They saw seeing it just blown up in the IMAX format. Cool. So uh, this, I mean, I know it's too late for people to see this, but this was a big hit. It did very well. And so I highly expect this kind of thing to happen again for Game of Thrones, probably the last two episodes of the next season later on down the line. That'd be great. So uh, you may have missed it this time, but hold on. I'm pretty sure you'll probably get another chance and definitely don't miss it if they do this again. Well, they do it with Doctor Who. Do they? Yeah. I mean, you can watch the Doctor Who, uh, like the Christmas specials and stuff like that. You can watch those in, in 3D. They have those events. So oh, that's neat. I definitely see them doing this with Game of Thrones more. Like, I got to take my licks, man. We talked last week about the challenge. I fucking failed, man. I, I failed too, Chief. Oh, fuck. The challenge. Oh, you must not have got that far yet. Yeah. We we challenged each other. I was supposed to watch three episodes of Doctor Who a week, yeah. and he's supposed to watch three episodes of Game of Thrones. Instead, I watched uh, episodes of Gotham and uh, got caught up on uh, Twelve Monkeys. So. Right. See, I watched Agent Carter, and I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> and I watched some of Gotham. So fuck. Right. God damn it. <laughs> uh, were any? Uh, I'm curious because I've gone to like uh, like premieres. Like, did you go to like the first showing of this, or did you wait a little bit? I went just like during a weekday. Okay. Were any cosplay? players there no i was Um, the only person in the theater oh when i saw that's sad yeah it would have been nice to see it with a group of people i think it would have been even more of a charged experience to watch it with other because like if you go to like a doctor who movie i mean you've got people showing up dressed as tardises (laughs) people dressed up you know as doctor who as their favorite doctor What's the craziest thing you've ever, like, experienced going to, like, a premiere? Like, who dressed up as what? I went to uh, the premiere of uh, The Two Towers. Okay. And I sat right next to two ring wraiths. Oh, no shit. That's yeah. hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, look, I, I took this photo of me with my feet up and the logo up on the screen. <laughs> that looks gorgeous. That's great. That's awesome. <laughs> Jake, what's cool. the most fucked up? Like, not fucked up, but you know what I mean? Like, what's the most extensive, like, cosplay you've seen at a premiere? I don't know. I, I, I took a piss next to a Darth Maul, I guess, if, if this is what we're talking about. Was it good? <laughs> no. Was the, no. The, oh, the piss wasn't good? No, it was, it was, <laughs> was it a frothy one? It was, a, it was a frothy good one. Stream, like good stream. Good stream. Yeah. Oh, nasty. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I've, I've done, I, I waited at the theater for like a day and a half for episode one tickets when that yeah. was yeah. the thing. I I go when I go I don't wear cosplay. Yeah. But when I go to see a Spider-Man movie, I've got my Spider-Man t-shirts. I'll wear a Spider-Man t-shirt. Um when I went and saw the X-Men movie, I was rocking my X-Men t-shirt. Gotcha. And uh when I went and saw Captain America, I've got a Captain America hoodie. That's oh, awesome. Nice. That I wear and the Captain America hoodie when I throw the hood over, it's the mask. <laughs> oh, that's cool. I'm so, that guy too. Yeah. I'm that guy too. <laughs> I saw um episode 3 at midnight. And uh, a buddy of me and my brothers, uh, Clark Vandergraaff, and like, he's all uh, proper stuff. He's not down with like explicit stuff, so he ain't listening to this show. But uh, he uh, well, he fuck him. <laughs> no, he's cool, dude. Uh, he uh, he went in full Vader cosplay. Like he even like hand built the transistor thing on the dude's chest. Yeah, and he had like one of those hundred and fifty dollar plus. Uh, I can't remember fluorescent lightsabers or whatever uh-huh. i mean like one of the fucking high-end motherfuckers and he sat through the film in full getup. he like got second place at the uh the rave costume contest oh nice for it that's hilarious that was the coolest thing well i some sacrifice man because you know that son of a bitch ain't comfortable but yeah it was, it was super cool and oh i i um 
that season five trailer just had me going crazy. Oh, it's good stuff. Oh, man. They had Peter Dinklage looking all episode seven Mark Hamill with, no the, full, with the full beard and everything. And I was like, oh, man, Dink, Dink with the beard. <laughs> now, did, did you hear about what they were talking about with uh, George R.R. R. Martin said that he's not going to have the next book out this year? Yeah, I'm super excited about that. Really? You're yeah. excited about it? Yeah, because all the book snobs won't be able to be like, well, this is what really happened. <laughs> gotcha. And, I, you know what? When the book snobs read the last book, I'm going to be like, hey, stop that page. This is what really happened in the at the end of the, <laughs> of the show. So I don't know why you're reading that. The show is – this isn't like – Normally, I would be like on the side of the book. Like normally, uh, me too. Yeah, like uh, Harry Potter. The books are way better than the films. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Um, not that the films were bad, but the books just did a better job of like expressing what was going on in each individual's minds. And um, you know, you get that a lot with books. But this, they've gone kind of off, you know, the the traditional beaten path of like what's going to happen with who. Kind of like The Walking Dead, but not so much. Yeah, it's more along with the book. But I'm not scared about it. I was at first. Me and you used to have battles about it. There's just so many spoilers out there, and I don't want to hear them. You know, it it sucks that there's like spoilers for shit that won't happen for like seasons ahead of time. The yeah. whole time you're watching this show. Well, I think they learned from like the first season because the first season was like a direct adaptation from yeah. the book. I mean, it just gets worse from there. All the shit that goes down. I got through halfway through book four last year, like probably like a year ago, and I gave it up. I gave up reading because I'd rather see it because the TV show is so much better than the books. Yeah, I did that, and that's where I come from. I started with the show, so I kind of want to let the show do its thing. Mm-hmm. I want to let it play its tricks and yeah. let it let it you know weave its web and let see how the story affects me that way without going into it like with preconceptions about how everything's supposed to play out. Sure, I think it might be one of those things that is makes like a good retro read. Yeah, like after you watch the show, then go back and read it, and then like you get a little different take. I could on see it. myself reading the Game of Thrones book. After yeah. the fact, like after the whole thing wraps up, especially if the last book won't even be out yet, like right. that, that could that could be fun. <laughs> yeah, I can catch up in time for both, you know, and sure. watch and get to the end. So. I'm right. betting they're going to come to a head with it because I think G.R.R. Martin's starting to get pissy about people pushing him. I think it's just going to be another wheel of time where um, George R. R. Martin is going to die before he puts out the last book. At this point, it's so long winded. It takes him so oh, long yeah. to put out each book. Right. He's, he's talking about he wants to do more than one more book. At first, it was supposed to be seven books, and now it's nine, mm-hmm. and it'll be 12. And he'll never write a proper ending, and he'll be some ghost writer will have to come in and fucking right. wrap it up, just like Wheel of Time. Does yeah. he outline these books, like, all the way to the end, or is it no. so, I no. mean, no. at least there as would be an goes. outline to go by? It's, no. I, it's as it goes, okay. basically. But the good thing is, is that, I mean, it's so plot-driven with character development and, you know, intricate, like, politics and stuff. I don't think it would be so hard for somebody to come in and take the reins. I mean, I love Game of Thrones, but, I mean, it's by no means like a Star Wars original trilogy where yeah. it initially you'd question, like, can somebody else do it other than Lucas? Mm. With books, it's different, though. Authors really have specific voices, at least to me, and it really sucks when some other guy has to come in and, like, try to fake being the other guy to, like, finish True. up a story. Right. I went through all that with Wheel of Time, and I don't want to go through it again. Oh, damn. I'm glad you brought that up. Like, you... It's you, a good story, but he... They got... Robert Jordan died, and literally on his deathbed was telling um, Sanderson, like, how the story had to end so he oh. could write the last couple books. Shit. And it, 
And he just, I mean, he was a capable writer, but it just wasn't the same voice anymore, you know? I got a question for you guys. Like, are you fans of, like, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe stuff? Yeah, I like that All stuff. That? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess something happened with this, like, next movie that's supposed to come out. Something to do with, like, the creative rights to the film. Like, there's some kind of holdup with the next movie. Like, it ain't going to come out or something. Do you know anything about that? Well, it switched studios. I mean, the first two were Disney, and then have they, they, the, there was a third one, correct? Yeah, yeah there was. Chris is it, is it, yeah, it was a different studio. Or the Dawn Treader. Dawn Treader was the third one, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was a different studio, and so I don't know if that studio is going to continue with it or not, or if it's another studio that's going to jump in there and take over. Gotcha. Last I heard, it was in like legal limbo because they were trying to figure out a which film to do, uh, whether or not it would be from book four, or book five, and then I mean I've never read the book, so I've got no contextual reference of it at all. But isn't the uh, next one Silver Chair? Yes, that is correct. Yeah. yeah. And then I can't remember what the holdup is with that. I don't know if it's just like low fan appeal or what, but I thought they did fairly well in the box office. Yeah, I could see why they want to skip Silver Chair at this point because they can skip past like having to recast actors for the third time, right? And yeah. move on to a story where they don't need any of the actors that were in the first four stories because they're all adults now. Yeah, is that is that the problem because they're all too old? Well, you just have to recast them. Like the the same people can't play. Or, yeah, they're too old. Okay. That is the, that is the problem. All right, gotcha. So yeah. Frank, what do you have for good pop, bad pop? I got some stony, ah, stony, Sony stuff this week. Um, first, uh, it was announced that uh, Spotify is going to have an app on PlayStation 4. So you can basically write your own uh, soundtrack to video games. Like, no matter what you're playing, you're supposed to be able to bump this app up and play whatever playlist you want to listen to. You can access your personal Spotify account and just use your already pre-made Spotify yeah. playlist. Good mm-hmm. deal. Yep. So, uh, I mean, it's supposed to come out sometime this spring. Uh, I looked. I couldn't find any specific details uh, about the release date, but I do know it's official as of, like, January 28th. So that's pretty badass. I mean, a lot of times, like, if I'm playing something like Destiny, I get tired of hearing the same old cheesy-ass freaking soundtrack in the back. I'd like to hear some metal or something while I'm blowing shit up. Yeah, I do that all the time where you go into the options of the game and you turn the music all the way down but leave the effects turned up and then yeah. just blast your fucking stereo. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've even uh, taken, like, my earbuds and I got some, like, surround sound, like, over-the-ear headset for my video games. So I'll put the earbuds in so I can blast the music and then turn the music or the volume up on, like, the sound effects on the over-the-ear shit so I can still hear the game and get best of both worlds. But now I ain't going to have to do that because uh, the Spotify app on PS4. So that's cool. And then um, the other thing uh, from Sony is that they finally released an official version of PlayStation Now oh. for the PlayStation 4. Um, I've talked about this before. It's something that they're going to be expanding out eventually, like to iOS and stuff like that. Uh, it's a subscription service, and the way they opted to go with it uh, is more of like a next Netflix-style subscription. Okay. You pay X amount a month, and you have access to all the games unlimited. Okay. Um, so it's good and bad. It's a little pricey. What is X? Yeah. It's nineteen ninety nine a month. <laughs> And it's all for like last, uh, last generation games. So like PlayStation 3, PSN, stuff like that from PlayStation 3 era. Yeah. Um, it's a little less expensive if you go the route of like paying for three months at a time. Mm. It's forty four ninety nine, so it breaks mm. it down to like 15, 16 bucks a month. Yeah. Um, so I got a seven day free trial, so I thought I'd check it out. Um, I've got uh, a fiber connection, internet for my home. Okay. So it's 50 megs down, 10 up. 
And, you know, you're streaming these friggin' last-gen video games, so you need to have a pretty robust connection. Uh, it does do, like, an auto-test to see, you know, whether or not you can stream the game. Okay. Um, and then I checked out, and I'm doing it wirelessly from where my PS4 is at right now. Even though it said that I, I could stream no problem, uh, I found that I, I tried to play uh, Drake's uh, – or Uncharted Drake's uh, – fuck – I can't remember the name of the first game, but it's the first one. It's the only one available on PlayStation now. Okay. Um, and it's it was a little glitchy. There was some sound issues, the like breaking up. Yeah, for twenty bucks a month, that shit better be crystal fucking clear. Right, and I, I'm sure people would say, well, maybe it's the wireless portion, but I mean, I've got a most recent gen of the uh, Apple Airport, mm-hmm. so I mean, it can handle over like three hundred and fifty megs. Of uh, internet speed wirelessly. Now I am going to hook this up to a wired connection because they did say you know that's going to make a difference to see if it does make a difference in that. But uh, the other thing was is like playing the game. There was a little bit of lag from you know the input from like move the stick this way, move the stick that way to when the character would move on screen. Yeah, that's real fucked up. Yeah, I mean I th- I think that's incredibly high price wise. I'm definitely going to cancel within that seven days because I'm not paying that much a month. Toss it. Yeah, I, I taste it. I'm, I'm going to taste it. What? Why would you taste that I'm shit? Gonna, I'm going to taste it based on the idea that if they could provide through maybe patches. If they could, yeah, but see, they yeah, can't. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like right now, as of right, right. now, it's a fucking toss it. You're talking about canceling it. Right. Well, okay. So the thing is, is like with this software stuff, it's all like a constant update game. They don't release something anymore, and that's all you get. Like, it just was released within the past week and a half, two weeks. There's going to be patches coming up to fix some issues here and there. Yeah, but it hasn't yet. Yeah. So exactly. as of right now, it should be a toss-it. You can right? Tupperware the idea of a fully functioning yeah. PlayStation yeah. now. I Tupperware the idea of a time machine. Yeah. Right? but Well, I understand that. But, like, the experience of playing the game wasn't enough to completely toss it. It wasn't unplayable. It sounds it, terrible. It was slightly glitchy. It wasn't like it was like pausing and freezing the entire time. It was a like slight lag, not like yes. a major like I move the thing and I can count to one. I think your reasoning moves. is slightly glitchy really? because yeah, yeah, it's you're like the, you're like I'm canceling it. If it was, if it was yeah, if it was so great, I think you would stay on. I'm not, you know what I mean. Well, part of the issue is is that it, the, it's not so much that the experience is crappy; it's the limited library. There's only a hundred. And it sounds like a lot. There's a hundred games available, but most of them are B-listers, stuff that I've never heard of. You're giving us more reasons why you should exactly, exactly. But the service itself isn't to blame for the fact that it's a limited library at launch. Who it's cares something who's that's, yeah, but that's just another thing to toss this. Yeah. Is the limited library? They should have had this fucking ready to go. No, I I wouldn't tell somebody you absolutely positively aren't going to want to do this because first I haven't actually hooked it up to a wired connection to see if that's any better because they did say that it would be even though i do have a robust internet connection i did play it wirelessly okay. so i didn't do it under the recommended conditions that they provided um also even though the titles that are available aren't necessarily what would be in my wheelhouse like the notable ones would be final fantasy 13 if i hadn't already played it uh drake's uh uncharted uh, because there's an awesome trilogy there. 
And then uh, there's other games like Overlord and Dark Souls 2 that are out for this right now. And they're going to be adding more titles to it. If these are titles that people are like, oh, my God, I really wish I would have fucking played that. Mm-hmm. And say they hook it up to a wired connection and maybe they're in a area where there's a lot more availability of speedier, less expensive broadband. I mean, you can get all those titles on the low at like your used game shop and you can guarantee they're not going to be lagging and glitchy when you play them that way. Now, that is a good argument if you already possess a PlayStation 3. Yeah. There, there, if you already possess a PlayStation 3, there's almost no reason to get this because all the titles that are available are available either from PlayStation Network directly for a small fee, like it's what you're saying. It's not backwards compatible, not to interrupt you. I swore I thought you could play your PlayStation 3 games on your PlayStation 4. No. This is the only way in which you can do it, and that's like the little loophole. Oh, man. This is more tossing. So, it just sounds like, for me, like, if you, if, like, that's the whole thing is like when we toss something or taste something or Tupperware yeah. things, it's so our listeners can, like, maybe avoid shit. Right. And it's like, as of right now, this sounds like from everything you're saying, like it's a toss it. Like, do you think it's a taste it? Our, 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 our listeners I, should. I honestly try think this. I think it's an honestly a legit taste it, and this is why. I don't have a PlayStation Three, even though I do have an Xbox Three Sixty. All right, so with the Three the Three Sixty, I've got one, so I've got access to all those games, you know, and I can find them used either like pawn shops or GameStop or whatever, but. In my personal situation, I'm not going to go out and buy a $125, $150 PlayStation 3 when I've got a PlayStation 4. So there's some of these games that I really do want to play, like the Uncharted series, that would be available on this service. Now, to give you an idea, a Tupperware experience of this, for me, would be better quality, which could admittedly be had by the connection type, because I did play it wirelessly. Now, if I plug it into my Ethernet cable, it might do a lot better and not glitch a bit or lag so much. I did notice it, but it wasn't so much that I was like, oh my god, this is fucking terrible. Like, I, I moved the sticker, I hit the button, and I can almost count to one. It wasn't that bad, but I could tell a little bit of a difference. Yeah, maybe taste the seven day trial, but toss the service. I mean, I to me, it's definitely a toss. It still. Well, the reason why it's a taste it is because say somebody, you know, okay, listens to this and they give it a shot and they have already a wired connection, and then they don't have the little lag glip issue that I did. Yeah, and I mean, definitely. I mean, I would say definitely the seven day trial. Give it a shot. See what your internet's like. See how it flows for you. At least take a look to see what games are available on the service. See if that's something that might tickle your fancy. Um, the reason, I, like I th- Jake, and I think the reason that you're saying is toss it is because it's being promised as one thing, but it, not all the glitches have been worked out right now. Yeah, exactly. It's hard to so say though whether the glitches and they're charging are just twenty bucks for it. Now that is a fact. If that it is, was nine ninety nine, right. okay. Let's say like the pricing is what majorly keeps it from being a Tupperware because even if the experience was everything they promised it could be. It's still very expensive. On the flip, on Xbox One, you have EA, who is a big publisher of a lot of named series, uh, like Dragon Age Inquisition. They publish that. Your uh, Battlefield, they publish that. Need for Speed, they publish that. They have a service for $5 a month. You get access to a vault. And granted, there's not a lot of games in it yet, but it's current generation stuff. It's stuff you get on the Xbox One and PlayStation 4. And even though it's not extensive, 
it's only $5 a month, and you do get to play those games that are in the vault for free, plus retail games like Dragon Age Inquisition, if you're a member of that, you get 10% off of the purchase of the full game. That is a Tupperware service. This is a taste it mostly because the experience that I had was less than perfect, and it is very expensive. Now, for some people, they're not going to give a fuck about forty four ninety five for three months. Maybe if this shit is still a toss-it toss for it. me. Yeah, gotcha. It's a taste-it for me. It's less than perfect, and it's 20 bucks a month. Right, but it's... And you're canceling yourself. But if... Well, the reason why I'm canceling myself is the only game that piques my interest with that and the current backlog of games that I have is the Uncharted series. It's not saying that it's something that I won't go back and revisit later in the future. Because the game library sucks, so you're going to cancel it. I can't argue that at all. <laughs> I, I didn't find a lot in the game library to speak to me to say, oh my god, I really need to fucking Since get you're this. not a leftover, we're going to step in, me and Jake. We're just going to toss it. <laughs> yeah, we're Fuck. tossing it. All right. Try out the trial and see see, Try, why, yeah. see why we say this is terrible. Definitely for do that because you can't go wrong for seven fucking days for free. <laughs> Check it out. See if it works for you. If not, it's then like fuck it's it. like if somebody okay, like uh, come out with this awesome waffle maker. <laughs> yeah. Like oh man, this waffle maker it makes the best fucking waffles. <laughs> but on the flip side, if you get too close to it, it'll burn your dick off. And it costs three hundred bucks. <laughs> and it costs three hundred dollars. You want to spend three hundred dollars to get your dick burnt off? But yeah, you're eating some tasty treats in the end. Well, but- about the cost though, let's look at it like this: you pay what eight ninety five a month for streaming Netflix, right? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I don't know the exact amount, but it's around there. Yeah. So, I mean, if you go to buy a movie brand new from anywhere, it's like 20 bucks. Blu-ray. Yeah. Uh, if you rent a movie for HD, you're talking like $5. Video games retail for 60 bucks when they're brand new. Yeah. So if you, say, did the three months for forty four ninety five and break that down to like $15 a month, you're paying twice as much for content that would be arguably more than what you would get with the same amount. But video games but those, are an experience. And those savings right. are out the window because you don't play that many games because the game library doesn't support you saving that much money. The, as it currently stands, that's correct. But it is something that is going to so change. So as of right now, it should be a toss-it. As of I, right now. I still say it's a taste-it because it would Fuck be... Fuck it. Let's move on. <laughs> you know what I mean? It doesn't matter. Toss All this right. shit. Toss, I, sh- I toss Frank's rating, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the le- we leftover vetoed it. <laughs> See, that's why I can't be a leftover, because that absolutely has to be a thing. I toss the PlayStation now. I toss, I toss Frank's yeah. rating. We're going to get emails next week. In my heart, Frank's taste-it is... The rating that I'm going to go with. Even though Jake tossed no, the rating. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I know there's people that's got PS4s out there like Aruda. Download this shit. Play it for free. Let us know what you think. Yeah. Send us in an email. Just tweet us your rating. Say, yeah, do that. Why didn't you toss this, Frank? Oh. It's terrible. Well, don't ask that. Play it first. See what you think. <laughs> All right, guys. I uh, watched a uh, movie in the theater this week. Actually, watched a couple. Uh, but the one I wanted to talk about first, I watched the new Wachowski siblings film, Jupiter Ascending, <laughs> starring Channing Tatum and Mila Kunis. You're my guinea pig. Yeah. Everybody's wanting to know what I thought about this movie, because I think everybody's fucking scared to see this in the theater. <laughs> yeah. Right. I, on the other hand, I bit the bullet, and this is what I th- think of the movie. I'm going to read the synopsis first. It's... uh. Because I'm really, I'm not going to talk about too many specifics about the movie. I'm just going to speak about my experience in watching the movie. Oh, all right. Okay. All right. Um, 
synopsis. In a bright and colorful future, a young destitute caretaker gets targeted by a ruthless son of a powerful family that live on a planet in need of a new heir. So she travels with a genetically engineered warrior to the planet in order to stop his tyrant reign. Okay, um, I'm going to rate it. But I'm, like I said, I'm going to talk about it a little bit. Here's a movie that was supposed to come out uh, in the summer of 2014. Yeah. And uh, it mysteriously got pushed back to February 6th of this year. <laughs> You'll have that. <laughs> You'll have that sometimes. And it reminds me of another uh, Channing Tatum film, you know, where this happened. Uh, G.I. Joe Retaliation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, that movie was supposed to come out in the summer and then they mm-hmm. moved it to March. I mean, and Channing Tatum's ass was only in it for like ten fucking minutes too. And well, and you thought those reshoots that they were doing, they, you thought the whole reason they were doing this is because he was a bigger name because of the Magic Mike stuff and mm-hmm. the Twenty One Jump Street. Like they're going to give him more screen time. <laughs> um, you know, so they moved it, and um, you know, when a studio moves a film like this, it instantly makes me kind of worry about the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, are they trying to hide something or? Uh, Massive reshoots. Massive reshoots. Or like on the flip side, like they felt like maybe this wasn't the summer blockbuster, but maybe it can make more money in March. Yeah. You know what I mean? When less movies are coming out that are like this type of film. It's like traditionally romantic comedies. Right. Right. You know, and I mean, this has happened with the Kingsman. Kingsman, I think, was supposed to come out in November, and now Kingsman has been moved to next week, February 13th. Um, but I hear that's a great movie. So on the flip side, who knows? We might get a great Kingsman. This might not be the same thing with all these movies. What was crazy about G.I. Joe Retaliation is like during the summer, right before the summer hit, toys were on the shelves for this. Yeah. Right. G.I. Joe Retaliation toys were out. And it's like they just sat there. There's like no movie to get these kids excited to buy these toys. <laughs> but the, the toys are out there. Right. All the G.I. Joe nerds bought them. Yeah, that's true. I bet they did. Ryan Drost. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's a fan of these G.I. Joe movies at all. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't be. Fuck. So how great was Jupiter Ascending? I'm going to get into it. Um, jumping into the film, it is a high taste. It, really? Hold on. I haven't rated the whole goddamn movie yet. Chill the fuck out. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. I'm just blown away by what I heard. Yeah. Anyway. Jumping into the it really, it starts off as a pretty high taste that... In this, the, the movie, the way it starts. Wow. Myla Kunis, uh, she plays Jupiter. At the beginning, we get her origin. Her father in the film is uh, actually the actor that plays Jarvis on Agent Carter. Oh, wow. And I was like, where do I know that guy from? Oh, it's fucking Jarvis. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're then soon introduced to Channing Tatum, who basically is a half-wolf bounty hunter, <laughs> uh, who is searching for Myla Kunis, and he encounters another group of bounty hunters in search for her, and then a battle ensues. This was pretty cool. Um, the bounty hunters that he's going up, up against are actually kind of neat characters, and I yeah. was hoping that they'd flesh them out a little bit more. Each one had an individual look. They didn't really look like they were all the same. You know what I mean? You had the like this punk girl. She's got these purple pigtails, and she rides like this hover futuristic bike. Okay, and that was kind of cool. And then you had like you know the other bounty hunters with guns and stuff like that. And Channing Tatum, his character uses these like hovering boots. Okay, so basically the way it looks in the movie, the way it plays out, it's like. Marty McFly and a hoverboard, but instead of a hoverboard, it's boots. A little bit like Star-Lord? A little bit Star-Lord, but like more control over this. Okay. You know okay. what I mean? Yeah. Like Star-Lord uses it to jump. Like this guy can use it like basically like uh, airborne roller skates. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. And it actually looks kind of cool 
the way he uses them. He, he and they even explain the science just for a little bit how hmm. you know, like anti gravity and shit like that. Yeah. Um, and then he also uses like this fucking shield. And it looks like, I don't know what you call the shield, I'm just gonna call it a plasma shield from like Halo. Okay. Those shields okay. that you can kinda see through and there's kinda like a force. Like that the Gungans use. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, uh, it's, it's cool. I mean, uh, the, the first part of the movie, it really reminded me of like an 80s movie. Like, uh, in a good way. Like, uh, the only difference is it's used with today's modern effects. Like an in-space Mad Max almost, huh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I, it's, it's just bizarre. It, there's a lot of elements of like, there's some characters that look like they could be dark crystal characters, although they don't use like practical effects. There's like these dragons and shit, and they look very dark crystal, but they're all CG. And that kind of reminded me of, you know, like, uh, 80s shit. And then it just feels very 80s at the beginning of this movie, like an 80s sci-fi. And then, you know, during this first act, I wanted to learn more about the world that the Wachowskis were, like, creating. And they deliver on that. You learn a lot, sometimes a little too much. Of course. (laughs) More than you really want to know. Um, You start to learn about, you know, Tatum's wolf character and Kunis and then, uh, you learn more about her, and then Sean Bean's character is, is introduced, and the movie's still good at this point. Oh, um, Sean Bean, watch out! Does he die? Yeah, that's what I was talking about. No, oh, no. Um, isn't it like the fucked up thing? Like some movies, he dies, and like he doesn't. <laughs> that sounded totally. In the stupid. movies, he doesn't die. It's fucked up that some movies he dies and some movies he I doesn't. Always, I, <laughs> that, that was your quote, I think. That's a fucked up question. That's can, correct. Can't you fill in any put any actor in that film the like? Isn't it fucked up that yeah. Johnny Depp in some movies he dies and some some he doesn't? Yeah, it's, totally it's crazy. Macaulay Culkin I, he li- he he lives in Home Alone, does a sequel, but in My Girl, he fucking bees kill him. It's it's crazy. Some movies he lives, some movies he dies. It's fucked up. I don't know what's Hollywood doing. <laughs> I mean, oh there should just be actors, and like we know they're gonna die in every movie. Oh That's yeah. That's what I was thinking of. Like every time I hear Sean Bean, I just always think, Oh god, he's gonna die. I think isn't it fucked up that most movies Sean Bean dies right. is the question. Like I'm always expecting him to, and then boom, there you have uh that movie he was in with Brad Pitt. Um Fuck. Achilles. Oh. He lived. Troy? Troy, yes, thank you. Yeah, he lived. He didn't die in that one. Your Achilles heel is knowing titles of movies. <laughs> um, god damn it. Now, uh, this first act, I mean, it's, 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 it's a lot of sci-fi action, uh, mixed in with, there's a really whimsical feeling to this movie at the start that I really loved. Um, we were like, holy shit for a while. Like, holy shit, I'm really loving this movie. Holy shit. Yeah. I'm like, man, this is really good. This is, uh, am I going to give Jupiter's Ascending like a, a Tupperware possibly or a high tasted or whatever? I don't know, you know? There's a spaceship battle that happens in downtown Chicago that is absolutely there's spaceships they're flying through uh they're flying through buildings high speeds uh visually this looks stunning you could see like ships reflections on skyscraper windows it's fucking awesome. Yeah. And you know, I mean, we're familiar with Chicago and it's just oh, yeah. cool seeing like, you know, you know, you get fast action uh you know, flying spaceships not in space but in Chicago, and it's fucking awesome. Can I ask real quick how you saw this? 
regular 2D. Okay. It's another thing. It's like, I, I, this part is the, like, a part that I think in 3D could have been really awesome. Um, visually, the whole movie, though, was masterful. Visually. Hmm. Yeah. Um, space looked great. You know, the giant space cruisers in it looked really cool. Um, now, where the movie misfires, I knew everybody knew, everybody kind of figured that it what? does. Yeah. <laughs> where the movie misfires for me is too much shit being tossed into the second act, and it doesn't, that, that affects the third act, the climactic third act. They stop character development in the second act, and they focus more on the story and themes. And it's interesting. I mean, some of it I can like it's kind of like Scientology is mixed into this in a little just a little way oh weird like you've got these characters and like they've basically these three characters they control Earth and different planets and stuff like that and it's kind of like they put control. us control sorry to interrupt you what's that control they control Earth uh, like run the governments and shit is what you're saying? No, they don't control Earth like that. I, I'm saying they they they're rulers. Okay, they okay. rule the Earth without us really knowing. It's sci- it's like Scientology. Okay. You know, like Scientology. It's the ant farm effect where like they came down here, they taught us how to live, they they left, and then they just sit back and watch their creations. And then like later on, like when they are ready to harvest us, they will harvest us, harvest the planet, and they use our bodies as ways to live longer and it's all about time time is another theme uh, okay and important. all right sorry to interrupt you i was just confused by the verbiage there what you meant that's wild though yeah i'm not too familiar with how scientology <laughs> works like that yeah i'm I, and i'm shit i may be way off but that's that's what i've heard um the story in the second act it just gets uh i don't know okay they, they they explain kind of like, and this is what I got out of it. Some people practice, you know, religion here on Earth, you know, like, yeah. you know, whatever yeah. religion it may be. And it's, and, and, and science in our world is kind of like a man-made creation. Now, in their world, their religion is science. And science is kind of like basically their God. And that's what I got from it. But I, I could be wrong. There may be other takeaways that other people got when they watched it. The second act, uh, there's so much story coming at you. It gets boring, convoluted. Very few things really interested me in the second act. It didn't have that same whimsical charm that you had in the first act. And until there's a scene where like Kunis mm-hmm. is being checked into like this alien civilization and she needs space registration to enter the community. Okay. And it's like an alien visit to the DMV. And it was actually... <laughs> it sounds like it. It was really funny, though, but it was out of place here in the second act, and it would have made a lot more sense if they would have kept it the same tone from the first act, mm. which was whimsical. Right, yeah. It was like once they went back to the whimsical, you weren't really feeling it anymore because they just drowned it all out. With the all best the- way I can kind of describe this movie is it felt like... And it's not, the themes are completely different, but AI... Mm-hmm. Some of it felt like Spielberg. Some of it felt like Kubrick. And this felt like two different movies at certain points. Oh, that's interesting. Do you think it's more the fault of the actors or the directing and the cut? Directing and screenplay. Yeah, gotcha. definitely not the actors. Well, I mean, Channing Tatum's character is really interesting in that first arc. And then by the second and third arc, you're, you, that second and third act, you just don't care anymore. I was kind of wondering like, if he could be taken seriously in it, like throughout. 
Yeah, if so, I, I think if not, not if not a fault of his own, it sounds like a shoddy screenplay that kind of falls apart the second half. Right, it gets too ambitious. It's messy. Uh, that third act is horrible. Um, if it was, if this movie was set on a smaller scale, if they didn't try to tackle such big universe altering shit, I mean, it was just if if it was just basically a movie where Channing Tatum as this wolf dude battled bounty hun- bounty hunters became stranded on Earth, and Kunis was just there to help him get off planet or whatever and just help him in a quest fighting these bounty hunters, I would have liked that movie much more. It just gets too busy, too convoluted, too hard to follow. Um, the movie, it, it travels a lot, too. It, it's like you're Earth, you're in space, you're back on Earth, you're back in space, mm-hmm. uh, Earth, space, Earth, space. It's confusing the villains in the film are weird. There's this one fucking uh, one of the three head con- universe controllers okay. that speaks in such a low voice at times that I had to like listen closely. Um, I'm not sure if they were trying to make these gods or if they were in the charge of the universe. Like it just felt like like they were trying to do like Game of Thrones or something with these characters. Mm-hmm. Like they're vying for power and it was weird. I got to toss the movie. I, I'm going to watch it again. I'm going to watch ah. it again. It's not, but I'm tossing it. I'm going to watch it again and hopefully I'll get something different out of it the second time. But it, it's, it just becomes a huge mess and just crazy. And it, the first part was just so much fun and had so much promise and it just falls apart. Do you get closure at least? Yeah. It, yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. So like even if this movie makes 300 mil, we're not seeing part two? I don't think the Wachowskis want to do sequels really. Yeah. I mean after The Matrix. Yeah, that makes sense. And it's sad because I loved Cloud Atlas. Yeah. And I loved the first Matrix movie. And this was just just a total misfire. Yeah, it's too bad. Mm-hmm. Too bad. Yeah, so toss it. But I'm still looking forward to the Netflix series that they're doing, Sense8. That sounds cool. That does sound cool. So hopefully that'll redeem them. How soon did we get that? I don't know. I'm not sure. So, all right. Yeah. So toss uh, Jupiter Ascending. I'm done. Oh, nice. You want me <laughs> yeah. to go ahead? Yeah, go for it. Yes, I went and saw the SpongeBob movie on opening night yesterday. Um, just, you know, I it was between that and um, Jupiter's Ascending. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to go see a movie that I'm already kind of predetermined is going to just be terrible. <laughs> I, I haven't been feeling good all week. Fuck it. I'm going to go see the fucking SpongeBob movie and have a good laugh. Um, you know, I've always been a fan of SpongeBob since the beginning. Um, I was a big fan of Tom Kenny from Mr. Show. Oh, yeah, me too. And that's kind of where I came into it from just right away. I was like, hey, Tom Kenny got the gig as being the main character in this Nickelodeon show. Right. And I was like, oh, I'll check out Tom Kenny doing his thing on this Nickelodeon show. And wow, you know, it was, it was pretty hilarious. So yeah. I never set it for my DVR and I never religiously watched SpongeBob by any means. But shit, if it's on every now and again, I'll check it out. You sure. Know? And, um, yeah, the movie was pretty fun. I, I went and saw the first SpongeBob movie in the theater, and my biggest complaint about that movie was there was not enough Plankton, who is my favorite character in the whole SpongeBob <laughs> universe. He's kind of the Dr. Doom of the SpongeBob world, you know? He's always out to steal the secret formula of the Krabby Patty and whatnot. Kind of like the pinky in the brain. Yeah. Kind yeah. of dynamic, yeah. And um, this movie just really just, it's almost like a SpongeBob Plankton buddy flick. Like, they're definitely the two biggest characters in the movie. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen the trailer for this. I have. But one of the big selling points is is that 
a kind of Roger Rabbit SpongeBob where you get a fully CG SpongeBob and cast really? in, in the real world wow. interacting with real people. And is real- Sandy the Squirrel in this? Yes, Sandy okay. the Squirrel is in this. When when Sandy the Squirrel goes to the real world, she turns into a real squirrel. <laughs> I was going to ask you that. Yes, yeah. yes. And that's that's, awesome. that's very funny seeing the real squirrel say they uh, – you know, talking like Sandy and everything. Yeah. I, I'm going to give this movie a high taste it. Okay. Nice. I, I think like 10 year old Jake would have Tupperware this movie and loved it. But mm-hmm. cynical 36 year old Jake is going to give it a high taste. And I still really enjoyed it. Antonio Banderas is in this, correct? Yeah. I, I saw his name in the credits and wasn't sure exactly. Wasn't he like the evil pirate that they were? Oh, that's right. He was the evil, the evil pirate that was yeah. stealing the stuff and everything. So then the basic plot of it is, is that the Krabby Patty formula gets stolen by the pirate in the real world and they have to go to the real world to get their formula back. And SpongeBob and Plankton have to team up. Um, Plankton is so unfamiliar with cooperation that he can't even say the word team. And he, <laughs> he, he says TM throughout the whole movie. <laughs> We're a TM, you know, TM work and everything. Right. He just can't even bring himself to say it. That's great. Um, lots of time travel jokes in this movie. And wh- I saw this in 3D, actually, and the 3D was incredible. Cartoons usually are good 3D. Yeah. If, I mean, if I had to top 10 three movies just based on the 3D, this would be in there. Nice. The, the device they used for the time travel actually harkened back to Stargate for me, the way oh, that wow. travel looked, except in fully realized 3D, nice. which is all these kaleidoscope of effects coming at you and everything. Very cool. It was a super fun movie. Um, really dark for SpongeBob at parts. Really? Um, they simulate the apocalypse going on in Bikini Bottom. And it, it happens like a light switch. Like they flick the switch and they're all wearing leather and spikes and <laughs> everything's burning in the background. Um, at one point they have to rescue Plankton's computer and it's in like a torture den. Like its arms are chained to the wall and you can see all these devices of torture laying oh, all over the nice. place. And I was like, wow, for a kid's movie, that, those are some pretty graphic things they're showing there. Wow. So I was kind of surprised by that. But I guess the SpongeBob audience at this point is probably, I, I don't, are eight year olds still watching SpongeBob? I have no idea. I don't, it's not as popular as it was, but I, I know it's still something that kids do watch. Okay. Right. I know my, um, my eight-year-old niece was talking about it this weekend, wanting to see it. Okay. Yeah, she's like, Uncle Brian, have you seen the new SpongeBob? Because she knows that I used to watch the SpongeBob, and they've gotten me to watch, like, regular show and all these shows, so they talked to me about it, and I was like, oh, yeah, I saw that's out in theaters. The, yeah. Uh, the 10-year-old, the boy, um, mm-hmm. I get him every other weekend, and when he was little, really little, like three or four years old, uh, that's how we'd put him to bed is just sitting there watching SpongeBob. And as a parent, like you beg for those bits of like comedy that come across for the adult watching the show. Yeah. And SpongeBob is littered with them throughout. Like almost every like interaction, you could pull something from it. And it like gives you a reason for li- living when your kid wants to watch this show twenty four seven. There were a lot of innuendos and adult jokes in this movie. Nice. I was I was kind of blown away by that. The last one was really good too. Yeah, I with, agree. Uh, at the very end, it had uh, David David Hasselhoff, mm-hmm. and then they did the. Um, I can't remember the original band and the song's name, but where he's like, "I'm a goofy goober." 
Oh, yeah, isn't oh. it uh, Twisted Sister? I wanna rock. Twisted <gasps> Sister? Yeah, yeah that's I think right. so. Yeah, yeah, D. Snyder. Gotcha, yeah. So if there was a funny Andy, Andy Richter cameo in this that <laughs> nice. I thought was pretty amusing. <laughs> nice. I'm a big fan of Andy. Too bad he couldn't have played the same character he did in Cabin Boy. Oh, that would have been funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and, and when they come to the real world, they all become superheroes. They kind of capitalize on the superhero craze. Oh, that's fun. Each one of them becomes a different, has a different power and everything, so... Um, Squidbert is the sour note. <laughs> he, he plays this clarinet. Yeah, I saw Patrick was like ice cream or something. Yeah, like yeah, that. he can he can summon ice cream from yeah. any, from anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Pretty pretty useless power. Yeah, <laughs> so, perfect for Patrick. Though. And one thing that really cracked me up is um, SpongeBob can create invincibles. Oh, I, I thought that great. was a hilarious. Yeah, word. I the, saw that in the trailer. The invincible. <laughs> They're shooting the cannon and yeah. he's catching them in the. That's yeah. Funny. yeah. So yeah, I mean, you know, you don't need to go to the theater to see this. I mean, the 3D made it made it really neat. Cool, but definitely worth checking out if you get a chance. If you just want a good laugh and don't want to watch something really heavy, cool, nice. awesome, high taste it. I didn't mean to frank it on the. Uh, I didn't mean to bring a Mr. Peabody to the table. <laughs> oh, I still well, Mr. Seen Peabody's it. fucking good, dude. <laughs> if we're gonna talk about a SpongeBob, fucking throw Mr. Peabody in there because that's the same shit. I know, I know. I'm. I'm basically pointing out that I'm a hypocrite here. Oh, so. that's okay. That's okay. David Isaac's got kids. He's my next review's for Paddington, so. Nice. What? I'm excited no. to hear what Oh, really? No, okay. No. Jesus <laughs> I've heard it's great. I've heard it's 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. Really? So, yeah. Yeah, your Jupiter's ascending. That's like fucking 20. On it Rotten was 25 tomatoes. last time I checked. Yeah. Um,. 22. 22. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> it's gotten Dropping worse. Dropping fast. So Sundance Film Crowd was right. <laughs> Frank, what do you got next for us? Uh, very recently, um, there is a high-resolution remake of the original Resident Evil nice. that came out on both Xbox 360, PlayStation 3, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. Uh, I purchased a copy for PlayStation 4. And I'm not sure who listening who would be familiar with the original one. The control scheme's kind of awkward. Like you turn your character and then push forward to make a move forward, regardless of what direction they're. I was called it human tank movement. Yeah. Um, one of the cool things is, is like you have the option of sticking with that, or if you're tired of it, which a lot of fans of the series are, mm-hmm. you can go with the more standard, like localized movement of the character moves in the direction. Um, you know, from the camera angle that's presented yeah. versus where you're actually putting the input in on the controller. Um, the camera angles are the same from the original game. I played the original game, I think it was circa 1995 on the PlayStation, like the first PlayStation. Oh, me too, me too. Yeah, I did too. First, yeah. ga- first game I bought for the PlayStation yeah. 1 was Resident Evil 1. There's a lot of things they could have went back and fixed that they didn't that I think are nice. Like... The voice acting was complete garbage. It was complete cheese. Yeah. They kept the same lines, but they did a little bit better job with the acting. So, I don't know. I felt like it was kind of a throwback. The um, Gerbil sandwich? Yeah. They, they didn't want to change it at all. And I think that was cool because they, you know, pay perfect homage to where they came from. The garbage lines. Go yeah. ahead and leave them in. It's fine. <laughs> um, all the camera angles are the same from the original game. And fans of the original game are going to remember that each scene or, like, locale that you were in, the 
the graphics were all pre-rendered. It was like Final Fantasy VII. They were non-interactive. Yeah. Basically, they were like pretty pictures that your character that stood out as looking horrendously blocky got to walk around in. The movie equivalent of a matte painting. Yeah. Well, now the environment blends perfectly with the upgraded graphics of the character. The experience is a lot better than what it was once originally. Not cheesily so. I'm absolutely going to Tupperware this remake of the original Resident Evil, especially since the pricing of it is no more than your average arcade game, so it's 15 bucks. Wow, cheaper than that crappy PlayStation <laughs> shit. <laughs> right, for a month. <laughs> and I can't argue that. But th- this is fucking fantastic. And there's all sorts of extras in the game, different unlockables, so you can get different outfits for the characters. You can have them wearing the same outfits that they had in the original game or also upgraded outfits that the characters wore in later episodes of the series. All right. So, I, I have two questions. Yeah. Is there any additional like game material, like areas or bosses? None that I am aware of just yet. Uh, I sometimes try to avoid like the spoilers and shit yeah. of these games. With the internet being so rife with stuff and readily available with walkthroughs, you kind of almost have to avoid some of this shit in order to be able to stumble upon it naturally. Yeah. And have it be the awesome surprise. That's true. I would think that that would be a huge selling point if those things existed, though. Like, they would be saying, in, with included new areas and bosses. Like Absolutely. That you wouldn't be able to avoid that. So probably not. No. And everything that I've gotten so far from playing the game is it's supposed to be just a a perfect, updated homage to the original title, uh, which is just fine by me because it's more immersive <laughs> But also, like, you know, the, without changing the dialogue, they're not saying, oh, well, the first time it was shit, so we're now we're going to do this. I like the fact that they redid the, the voice acting. Yeah. But the fact that the script is exactly the same, I fucking love it. It's like the experience that they originally meant you to have the first time. It's really good. I absolutely Tupperware it. And for $15, fucking get that shit, especially if you're younger and didn't get to experience it the first time. My next question. Am I going to get Resident Evil 2, my favorite? I hope so, man. I, I need to look that shit up because that was fucking amazing. You got to pick between two different characters, and I can't say that there was an opening cinematic that I ever got uh, not – didn't get tired of other than that. It yeah. was fucking awesome. Resident Evil 2 was awesome. Like, uh, oh, yeah. Fucking um, – it was a group game. Like, we – I lived in a house with a bunch of people, uh-huh. and we'd have other people come in, and everybody would sit down. We had, like, the gaming guide out. Uh-huh. We had, like, our navigator. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And then, like, the people that wanted to play would take turns, and it was such an interactive experience with everybody. I fucking love that game. Was that the first one where they introduced the liquor? Yes. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. When we got the first look at the liquor in that game, everybody just fucking exploded. Yeah. It was just like, oh, my God, got our asses handed to us <laughs> by then, a liquor. And then it was like, oh, my God, every time we were like, oh, fuck, it's a, it's a liquor. Holy <laughs> shit, two liquors. <laughs> what the fuck is going on here? And then that was the one also where you had the guy that would randomly bust through the fucking wall. 
Like, yeah. depending on which scenario, which character you were playing through as, yeah. it would come out at different times. Yeah. And, you know, back then you didn't have that. And the fucking shock value of, okay, I'm going to run through this area I've seen three or four different times. And all of a sudden there's this giant fucking tank that busts through the wall and is coming to kill you. It was scary. It was awesome. And back then we didn't have the internet to tell us, <laughs> the, to, hey, look out for yeah. this. The yeah. first game that ever, like, scared me with, like, somebody jumping out of, like, a window uh-huh. was Splatterhouse on the TurboGrafx-16. <laughs> I love that. Game. Remember that, yeah. But it didn't jump out at different points. It always jumped out at the same point. So, like, after yeah. that first, you know, playthrough, it was like, okay, it was jumping right. out of the glass. But, like, that first time, it was, like, the first game that, like, actually scared me. Oh, my God. I loved Splatterhouse. Uh, I love Splatterhouse, good too. Stuff. Me yeah. and Domestic Dave, after that fucking thing came out, we were real young. Uh-huh. I took a, a Freddy hockey mask. Not a <laughs> yeah. Freddy, but a Jason hockey yeah. mask. Yeah. Painted it red. And uh-huh. we would actually like play Splatterhouse. Like Holy we shit. would LARP, fucking Splatterhouse. Oh but, my god, yeah. the shit was so much fun. Yeah, here's the, I had a fucking TurboGrafx sixteen. Yeah, and I, here's the fucking sales pitch to my parents. Let me buy this fucking game. Oh, this it's this guy that looks like a fucking axe murderer, fucking hacking people apart to bits, and there's yeah. all sorts of blood. It's fucking cool. Let but like, it. it was like one of the best games on the TurboGrafx sixteen. It was, it was really was. You had Bonk's Adventure, yep. which was awesome. Yeah, it was, but awesome. Like, it was good. Some of the other games that came out were shit. Like. China Warrior. Yeah, King of Fighters. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Vigilante. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just yeah. like, but man, there were some great games. Didn't People that, bought was, in that was the, okay, then they came out with a TurboGrafx CD yeah. attachment. Right. Yep. Didn't this TurboGrafx CD have a Final Fantasy game that came out with it? Not that I'm aware no, of. No, I don't think so. No. I'm going to have to look that up. All right. Yeah, I'd, I'd be surprised because you're talking about back in the day when I would used to like, Subscribe to two or three different video game magazines monthly. That weird ass Panasonic system has a couple Zelda 3DO. games. 3DO. Yeah, yes, it 3DO. does. Oh, the yeah. 3DO. And that yeah. son of a bitch was overpriced as fuck too. And Brian, you're going to remember this. A couple years ago, I posted something on a Facebook page when yeah. you had your own. Yeah. Like the they they retail brand new fucking Neo Geos. And like back in the fucking day when yeah. we were like in our did early you guys have teens. a Neo Geo ever? No, no. Uh, we went to school with a guy that did. Remember the car- yeah. the cartridges were like the size Huge. of hardback books oh yeah they they cost like an insane amount 650 fucking bucks for the the system in the early 90s and the controllers were gigantic yeah Yeah. it's like a actual joystick like on a fucking like arcade machine price wise to give you an idea like of inflation and shit like a new mustang gt now is like thirty five thousand bucks back then it was 15 grand yeah so 650 bucks was quite a bit of fucking money i mean it's like what 1500 1750 bucks today yeah I had a friend who had the fucking shit. It was ridiculous. But the thing with it was, is back then, you did not have fucking arcade quality graphics at home. Yeah. Unless you had that. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the rest of it, I mean, it was all downgraded. Like, even Mortal Kombat and shit in the mid-90s. Mm-hmm. It was all downgraded from what you got in the arcade, but not the Neo Geo. I mean, that was the same fucking ROM. That was the same fucking shit. It's pretty, but way overpriced. So, yeah, I mean, like, the biggest thing with these throwback, like, horror games is I'm all about if they can bring it back out with some, like, updated graphics and shit like this and have it be, like, the same experience but kind of get the feeling of, like, this is what it should have been the first time, but we were just limited by the technology as opposed to it being something that's a mutilated version of my younger self-experience. I follow you. I'm excited to see that Resident Evil remake. It's fucking pretty. I bet it is. Yeah. 
All right, guys. I guess we're moving on. Yeah, yeah. cool. Uh, I wanted to talk about uh, one last movie that I watched this week. I watched the uh, the Loft, and here's the synopsis. Five married guys conspire to secretly share a penthouse loft in the city, a place where they can carry out hidden affairs and indulge in their deepest fantasies. But the fantasy becomes a nightmare when they discover the dead body of an unknown woman in the loft, and they realize one of the group must be involved. Uh, the Loft, it stars uh, Carl Urban, James Marsden, Wentworth Miller. Um, so right off the bat in the movie, it uh, features Judge Dredd, Cyclops, and Captain uh, Cold. So I am excited. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, and uh, Wentworth Miller, I didn't see. All I knew was it, it, that it was Carl Urban and James Marsden. I had no idea that, uh, you know, fucking Wentworth Miller from, uh, what was that, Prison Break? Yeah. Yeah. I had no idea he was in this. Hmm. Um, it also stars Eric Stone Street from uh, Modern Family. Yeah. And uh, Matthias Schinner. Which I'm not familiar with the actor. He played. Those are the five main players in the movie. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, first off, let me get this out of the way. It's a fucking Tupperware. Nice. Really. So nice palate cleanser from the uh, Jupiter Ascending. <laughs> this movie, like the synopsis says, it revolves around these five married men in the loft that they share. Uh, they don't live there. They. It's not like a roommate situation. They use this loft as like a getaway from their lives, their wives. And it's fuck. It's a dope ass looking loft too. It's a it's it's a real panty dropper. <laughs> I mean, this, if that's their purpose is to like bring women back there and impress them, it it's gonna do the job. And it has like a a deck, like a pool and shit. Nice outside. It's all nice and lit up. It's got a bar area, huge bed so they can bang. I mean, this it's <laughs> it's fucking decked out. And so it's, it's like a haven for them to bring their sides. Right. Exactly. Okay. All exactly. Right. Um, the, the movie, it starts out with Wentworth Miller. He walks in after getting some like wine or groceries or whatever the fuck. And he sees a dead blonde handcuffed in a bed and she's bleeding everywhere all over this bed. Mm. And, uh, so right off the bat, you have my attention, you know? Oh my God. Dead blonde in a bed. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a few blondes in my bed. I've never had any dead ones. Probably a good thing. Yeah. Oh, probably a good thing. Definitely a good thing. I don't have any blondes dead in my bed. I love murder mysteries anyway, mm-hmm. and um, this is one of the best I've ever seen. Uh, from the po- from this point in the film, it unravels. It just spirals out of control. It's all these questions. You're like, who killed the blonde? Who is the blonde? Why is she alone? Uh, who let her in? I'm not going to get too much into the film because there are so many twists and turns in it that they keep you guessing. Your head is spinning, too. I can promise you that 90% of the guesses that you have are going to be wrong. And even if you think you're right, and you might be right about a few, there's still more twists and turns along the way that you're not going to see coming. Nice. Um, and these are not lazy twists either. I mean, these are smart and calculated, and it really enhances the story. With so many people involved in this, you know, even after the original five, you know, the people that they come in contact with, women that they come in contact with, people that the women know, the story, it becomes, it becomes laced with so many lies. The way it plays out makes sense. Mm. All these lies, this huge web of lies, it's going to spiral out of control with many twists and turns. And it makes sense to the story. They set it up so well. 
Um, people panic. It's great. It's, it's awesome. Another thing I love about this movie is that the loft itself is, it's probably one of the biggest characters in the film because all the sex, the lies, the betrayal, the murder, it all revolves around this fucking loft. And it's, it's an amazing thing. Anytime they show a scene in the loft, whether it be a scene from the present or a flashback, major shit goes down in the loft. Gotcha. And you're guessing the whole time right up into the end of this movie. I Tupperware the shit out of this fucking movie. Nice. You're really bucking the system on that from what I'm seeing. Really? Yeah, Rotten Tomatoes, 10%. Fuck them. Really? Fuck Rotten Tomatoes. Fuck Rotten Tomatoes. It is a, <laughs> it's a great movie. It's a fun movie to watch. I absolutely loved it. And uh, if anybody else watches it and they don't, they don't enjoy it, more power to them. But I fucking love this movie. I'm intrigued now. I loved it. I thought it was absolutely phenomenal from the get-go. I wonder it, what people are shitting on about it so bad. Maybe the acting. I mean, these aren't, like, the biggest names. I mean, yeah. James Marsden and, and Carl Urban aren't, like, it's not Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson and True Detective. Yeah. But I thought the story was just great and executed wonderfully. Maybe they didn't like the twists and turns because there are so fucking many of them. But hmm. it's not like Shyamalan. I mean, I think the, the, it's organic to the story the way this unfolds because so many people are fucking lying. Everybody's trying to cover something up or – you know what I mean? It's just – it's awesome. Was it's it a, so damn good. Was it a hard R? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, um, there's – there is – there there's a lot of blood in it. Um it's not like seven. Okay. But there's a lot of things that happen in the movie that definitely, there's some sex scenes and, and there's some things that happen in the movie that are really, really cold. Okay. You know, I don't know. It, these twists, like I had, I was thinking, oh, I know what it is. I know what it is. I already know what it is. And I was totally wrong. Hmm. And that was cool. That always affects right? my rating too. Yeah. Like if, I, if I'm like, I know what it is. And then I knew what it was. It's like, yeah. oh, well, whoop de doo I mean, well, audience response is way higher than the critics response there at a 51%. Yeah. Uh, 10% is like so freaking bargain basement low. Like I'm wondering what's like driving all the absolute hate. You know what I mean? I mean, like for that to be so far off from what you're seeing. Well, I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not a critic. Well, you yeah, know what no, I mean. I, um, I often find though that I don't relate with the critics' ratings. Some oh, of yeah. the best shit that I've seen, they tank. It's hit and miss. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. And the, the performances, like the standout performances, weren't like the ones you'd think, like James Marsden and Carl Urban. Mm-hmm. No, not necessarily. I thought Wentworth Miller played such an interesting character in this. And then Eric Stone Street, oh my God, he was so good in this. I really like him. He was phenomenal, just a great actor, a great actor, uh, supporting actor, and he plays such a douchebag, but it's so funny at hmm. points. I mean, oh God, you got to see this movie. I really gotcha. enjoyed The Loft. All right. Now, um, just out of curiosity, he plays a, a straight character in this, does he not? Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, he himself is straight. I know, just because family, certain characters a... should always die in movies, certain characters should always be gay. Well, right? no, I, I'm not like trying to typecast I'm just him. Joking. I think, I think he's got like a, a, a really good solid range because in Modern Family, he comes off as being flamboyant, but yeah. I've, I saw him, uh, Identity Thief. He was an Identity Thief and he played, it was still a comic role. But a uh, like a, a sad straight cowboy, 
And I kind of got the impression from that, even that being that movie is just kind of low taste. Oh, isn't that Melissa McCarthy meets him in that yes. bar? Yes. I actually have seen Identity Thief, yeah. and it was such a horrible movie. That's the only part of the movie I can recall. Right. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, I guess it's saying something that, you know, the parts involving him stood out, but I really like Eric Stone Street. Yeah, I do too. I think it kind of says something that people actually wonder, like, is he in fact gay? From, you know, the portrayal on Modern Family, mm-hmm. he's that good of an actor. Yeah, it's the other guy. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know you, you know. Well, Frank. right. I'm yeah, I'm trying to remember his name now. Talking to the audience. The, right uh, the, the thin redhead. I don't know. Gosh I darn no it. Idea. I follow him on Twitter. God damn it. I'm such a horrible follower. <laughs> Can't remember his name. Anybody else got anything for good pop, bad pop? Going once, going twice? Sold! All right, let's move on to fucking news. Woohoo! All right, so it's uh, time for the pop culture leftovers news. News! Hear ye, hear ye, read all about it. It's a leftover news and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangsta as fuck, yo. It's gangsta as fuck, yo. All right, Pop Culture Leftovers news. Uh, first and foremost, we had some news last week, and we didn't get to get your reaction, Jake. Oh, what um, happened? Jake's reaction to the all-female Ghostbusters cast being cast. So we have uh, Melissa McCarthy. Yes. Leslie Jones. Yes. Kate McKinnon. Yes. And Kristen Wiig. Thoughts? I just, I'll, I'll just rate it right off the bat. I'm going to give it a high taste it. I, I really, uh, if it was, if you swap Melissa McCartney, McCarthy for A.D. Bryant, it's a Tupperware for me. But, um, yeah, I really like, I'm a huge Kate McKinnon fan. I think Leslie Jones is, is great. Um, I'm being a blanket. Oh, Chris, Kristen Wiig, of course. I, mean, I think she's fantastic. I've wanted her since the idea of a female Ghostbusters has even been tossed around. So she was kind of one that we knew was going to happen. McCarthy was kind of one that we knew was going to happen. The other two kind of came from left field, and they were both pleasant surprises for me. So I taste it. What did you guys say? I oh, we liked it. Every, yeah. yeah. I, well, I I Tupperware Kate McKinnon. I Tupperware Leslie Jones. I Tupperware Kristen Wiig, and I uh, toss Melissa McCarthy. We're doing the same thing. Yeah. Right? I, I do the exact same thing, but I'm just, like, equating it all together. Mm-hmm. And the zero of – McCarthy brings the Tupperware of everyone else down to a high taste it. Sure. Zero. Yeah, I don't think I, I don't know if I rated it overall. I can't remember right now. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited though. Yeah. So I think it could be fun. Yeah, I, I, I think it stands a good chance to be fun. Right. So I'm excited. I think they're you know, some very funny people. So I can't wait to see what happens. I hope this is legit. I hope they, they all really do sign this because it's not quite legit yet, from what I know. Well, yeah, I mean, well, Melissa McCarthy is. Yes. She's legit. She's been signed on. It's the other three that are in just negotiations. Mm-hmm. So I personally don't see Kristen Wiig turning it down. Me neither. I don't see Kate McKinnon and Leslie Jones turning it down at all. So, you know what I mean? I think it's pretty much a done deal. All right. You know, so I, I think it's great. Um, I think the idea is phenomenal. I think I'd rather see this than fucking the old cast come back at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. That would be Blues Brothers 2000, and I don't uh-huh. want to see it. And they're going to want this to succeed. I mean, Lorne Michaels is definitely going to have his hand because, like, this is an investment for him, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not like they don't know other people in the business that are not going to want to help them. I mean, everybody wants this to succeed. Yeah. I expect tons of cameos. It's tons of cam- oh, yeah. cameos from SNL alumni. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, agreed. 
So Peter Dinklage is being talked about as a, a villain in this movie. And oh, that'd be fun. They're wanting to get Bill Murray in there for for something. So awesome. Whether that happens, we'll we'll, we'll find out. But, I see yeah. it more likely him coming in to do something for this than he would be to come in and do like a whole like reunited thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, he already worked with uh, Melissa McCarthy and St. Vincent. Mm-hmm. So, and he was the one who kind of suggested that they get Kristen Wiig. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I can definitely see him more so doing this than ever coming back and doing a Ghostbusters film. Yeah. Yeah. Moving on. So, yeah, I think we're on the same page. Yeah. Awesome. One of my favorite action movies of 2014 came from directors Chad Stahelski and David Leitch, who made the movie John Wick, mm-hmm. the high-octane action movie starring Keanu Reeves and a uh, puppy dog and a shit ton of guns. <laughs> Love the fucking movie. Great movie. I Tupperwared it. One of the things that I said on the podcast is well, that, that I did not want a sequel, but maybe a comic book prequel. But now the directors are saying that we're getting a sequel and we're quoted as saying we're in development right now. Oh, wow. So now the news is official, and since it is real, I'm happy. Nice. I'm happy. I'm happy that they are going to do a sequel. More so. could be fun. Hopefully it's a little bit more substance than, say, a Taken 2. Hopefully it's not John Wick gets a kitten and they kill his kitten. <laughs> well, uh, here actually, here's what uh, they had to say, uh, Stahelski and Leitch. They said this to Movies.com. We have ideas for days, and without blinking twice, we know we can outdo the action from the original. Mm. It's the matter of story and how much you like the character. That's always the most important. If there's great action, but you have a character that no one likes and doesn't have charisma, you're not going to watch it. Look at any great action star, whether it's Harrison Ford or Liam Neeson or Robert Downey Jr. Pick a name. You love the guy first. Good action, bad action, you just love them in action. So we want to make sure we have a story and a character that everybody loves, and then we'll dress it with action. That, we promise, will be awesome. So it sounds like they're taking the right approach to the movie. Yeah, I love that quote. That's a great quote. Right. There's no official word on if Keanu Reeves is going to return. Um, he didn't sound like a multi-pick deal. I don't think that they were expecting this to be a franchise, which they're talking about this being a franchise of movies now. But he's going to come back. You think they'll still do it if he doesn't? Will they recast John Do you Ray? think that he's not going to? I, no, but is it make or break I if don't, he does? I don't think that. Yeah, I do. Yes, yeah, I do, I do think it's make or break. He's got to come back and do this. I don't want to see anybody else come in there as John Wick. He's John Wick. Shit, he did the Matrix uh, sequels. Why not this? Yeah. I I can't see him having too much else on his plate right this moment. Yeah, so definitely looking forward to that. Um, What would you guys want to see in a John Wick sequel? I know you don't want to see any uh, kittens dying in this one. Or any Uh, animals dying. Well, maybe he can bury Zombie Cat and Zombie Holy Cat shit. come back. Yeah, maybe Zombie Cat can team up with another villain character. Yeah, did you hear Zombie Cat? The owner's not going to get Zombie Cat back. I heard that that was something they were talking about. No, Humane it's official. Society. He's not. He's not. That fucking sucks. Yeah, Jeffrey Tuhig sent me a link. Wow, that's a shame. It's not his fault. He thought the cat was dead. Yeah, he's not a fucking doctor. And it was gone for five fucking days. I all I want to see, like in a John Wick <laughs> sequel, I want to see more of that hotel. Yeah, that was the coolest fucking thing ever. Oh yeah, the hotel where they did like all the criminals and everything, yeah. kind of like the safe zone hotel. Yeah, yeah that was yeah. cool. I just want to see more 
high fucking octane action. Should they flesh out uh, a new villain that he has to go against? Yes. Yeah. I, a completely new villain, I think, would be fun. Oh, yeah, definitely. For so. sure. Uh, let's see here. The Wall Street Journal broke the news this week that Netflix is developing a Legend of Zelda series. I talked about this last week and how I wanted to see a Legend of Zelda movie. It's not a movie. It's a TV series. Ask and you shall receive. I'm getting my Zelda fucking TV show. Nice. And this is fucking awesome. Cool. I said I wanted to see a live action Hyrule. This is fucking amazing. Um, I, got, I got a couple questions about this, but I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about uh, the article uh, Wall Street Journal broke when they broke the news. They said the video streaming service is in the early stages of developing a live action series based on Zelda about an ex- about an ordinary boy named Link who must rescue a princess named Zelda and save a fantasy world called Hyrule. Said a person familiar with the matter. As it seeks writers to work on the show, Netflix is describing it as Game of Thrones for a family audience. This person said, The Zelda games have traditionally included swords and sorceries like Game of Thrones or Lord of the Rings, but typically with a more lighthearted, kid-friendly tone. Netflix is said to be working closely with Nintendo, the Japanese game developer, that has made about 20 Legend of Zelda games since the original, which was released in the U.S. in 1987. Nintendo is very protective of its intellectual property and has allowed few adaptations over the years. An animated Legend of Zelda series ran for just one season in 1999, uh, excuse me, 1989, a 1993 movie based on Nintendo's Super Mario Brothers was an infamous bomb. As it still is seeking a writer to work on the series, Netflix has a long road to travel before a Legend of Zelda series actually becomes a reality. It's also possible that Netflix or Nintendo will kill the project before it gets off the ground. A Netflix spokeswoman declined to comment. A Nintendo spokesman said the company doesn't comment on rumors and speculation. All right, guys. Thoughts on a Legend of Zelda TV series for Netflix. Has Netflix ever attempted anything like this before? I don't think so. Anything like this. um, Adapting a video game for a television show? Well, fantasy-based. Anything fantasy-based. Yeah, what about the um, um, Eli Roth stuff? Like the Hemlock Grove? Would that... Would you... That's more horror. Kid-friendly family fantasy. Yeah. I love how they say Game of Thrones, but more kid-friendly. That kind of cracks me up. Yeah. Right. (laughs) It's my opinion that Zelda, as opposed to all the other stuff that we're inundated with, it's a very simplistic story. One of the things I love about the series is that it's always colorful and not cheesy, but kind of comic-y, a little over the top. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know that I would want to see a live action version as opposed to a really well done animated version of the series. Yeah, I kind of want to see the fully realized Zelda. I do too. I want to see him on his horse pulling the bow back and having the sun cause lens flare. (laughs) (laughs) J.J. Abrams. I want to see it all, you know. They were doing lens flare in Zelda before Abrams was doing it. Oh, that's true. So, but I mean, like, I don't know. It could be like this little retro path that I'm like going down right now, like playing Ocarina of Time and also, um, uh, the Wind Waker HD on Wii U. 
But I don't know. I, I always got more out of it when it seemed more cartoony. Like I, I'm, I think I'm one of the rare folk that prefer Wind Waker over Ocarina. Yeah, that's crazy talk. <laughs> I, I like the visuals of it, the cell shading, the the over the top cartooniness. I, I enjoy that. Yeah, and uh, we we get so much reality and gritty, and with a live action version, I can't help but see them wanting to go. Even a little bit gritty and grounded. I don't and, think Ocarina of Time is by any means reality and gritty, though. No, but it is a little bit. I, I always took it as being more serious to play through as opposed to Wind Waker. Netflix is already describing this as uh, Game of Thrones for a family audience. That's what for a but family. how do you say that? It's like murderous no, intentions no, no, for, no, 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 for everyone in the family. <laughs> Take elements from that and just tone it down and make it family friendly. What elements? I think it's a terrible... I'm with Frank here. I think it's a terrible description. Well, maybe Netflix is a bunch of imbeciles. <laughs> maybe Game of Thrones is not the right one to, to to compare it to. I don't see much political intrigue going on in the Legend of Zelda series. That's I, correct. I, 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 I don't okay. see, like, a fighting for a crown. It's more of a of a, a hero story, yeah. of a one man being a hero story. I think all the guys... I think, okay, when you hear somebody say, let's describe it as Game of Thrones for this... I think they're just taking something that's popular that'll get people's attention. I agree. Right. And saying that they're going to do it family friendly. I'm not, I don't really think that they're going to incorporate, you know, elements from Game of Thrones into this. I know you don't think that. Yeah. I just think that's a terrible description because in my, I just think that's obviously not what they're going to do. The loosest interpretation that I can think of is that, oh yeah, there's swords and shields in this too. That's it. I mean, I, I, honestly, that's the only correlation I can come up with. I'm with Frank. They both have swords and shields, <laughs> and that's about it. Right. I, I just think that's the grabber. They're just yeah. wanting to grab people's attentions because Game of Thrones is popular right now. They're just throwing out Game yeah. of Thrones just for the hell of throwing it out there to grab someone's attention. Oh, totally. You know what I mean? Like a headline could be like, Netflix is coming out with the ga- the family friendly Game of Thrones, <laughs> Zelda. Right. You know, it's just to grab somebody's attention. I don't think we need to read too much into the Game of Thrones analogy. Yeah, I hope not. I just because- hate it. <laughs> I don't think they're gonna. It's obviously that's why I don't like it because they're. It's. I'm not reading that. That's what they're gonna do. That's obviously not what they're gonna yeah. do. Yeah. One of the best parts of the series is that integral is that you have all three parts of the Triforce and Zelda herself is basically like a totem for the Triforce of Wisdom and Link is a totem for the Triforce of Courage and Ganon is a totem for the Triforce of Power and regardless of what storyline comes in or out of play regardless of which you know part of the series that you're looking at it's always the same thing she's in peril she needs your help you're the one that comes to her rescue, and he's the badass with all the power who's trying to take everything down. If they try to get too political with it, it's going to get stupid real quick. Yeah, I, I don't see him going that route. I hope not. Even though they compare it like Game of Thrones, yeah. I don't think they're going to do that. Stay away from weddings, Link. <laughs> no shit. And that, yeah, poor Brian, not knowing what's going on yet. <laughs> the weddings. All right, so hey, uh, we are back. We are not back, whatever. Yeah, we paused, unbeknownst to everybody else. But yeah, uh, we're gonna jump into Marvel news eventually. (laughs) 
Apple News. <laughs> I love that. Every time. All right, guys. A uh, couple of Marvel-related emails, and um, they are dealing with the Fantastic Four trailer, uh, which we rated it without Jake, um, and we're going to get Jake's thoughts here in a moment. But first, I wanted to read a couple emails about the Fantastic Four trailer that was released. Was it last week mm-hmm. or the week before? Yeah. Whenever. First one comes from Michael Cornish. Uh, totally surprised at the Fantastic Four trailer, mainly because everything I heard about the movie was a toss-it, and the trailer was a Tupperware. I have never gone from disgusted to interested about a movie based on one trailer. I am now convinced <laughs> this movie will do well based on three reasons. The Fantastic Four comics were not popular, hence the cancellation. The origin and story of the Fantastic Four and Doom are not common knowledge. If they show something believable, it will be accepted. Two, they appear to be taking this story seriously. I didn't hear any jokes or see any slapstick, which is a good sign. Number three, they are advertising this as another Marvel movie. Most people don't separate Marvel character movies versus Marvel studio movies. I expect this movie to gross $500 million easy. Second email comes from Ryan Mears. I am trying real hard not to go along with the nerd hate here, but that trailer seemed terrible. At first, I reacted like most people. They didn't show anything. Upon review, there could be a few decent notes. We see Johnny Storm working on a car, which is straight out of the comic. Seeing the pyramid structure towards the end reminded me of Ultimate Fantastic Four. I flipped through the book and sure seems similar. While reviewing the book, I felt Miles Teller does look like the dweeby Reed in the early issues of the comic. And, of course, he does. If they're banking on their outspoken uh, outspoken consultant, Mark Millar, we do get a rocky silhouette of the thing as well. So at least they didn't ruin that look. In the end, though, I still feel just as, as skeptical. Can't wait to hear what you guys have to say about this. Love the show, guys, even Frank from Ryan Mears. <laughs> nice, great email. I love how they throw that in Great email end. from both of them. Jake, you didn't get to hear what our reactions were last week. No, um, I hadn't made it to that part yet. Would you like to? Sure. Okay. Frank, what did you rate it? Well, do we are we going to rate it first or is he going to go? What did you rate it? I tossed that shit. Okay. It was fucking garbage. It showed us nothing. Um, I tossed it as well. I understand, and I've had a lot of people tell me, like, hey, Brian, this is based on the ultimate Fantastic Four. I've been covering this for over a year now, and on several episodes, I have stated that, yes, this is based more on the ultimate universe, and I understand that. I hate the ultimate universe, Fantastic <laughs> Four. That's my personal opinion. Yeah. I don't like it. Um, I don't like the ultimate universe in general. Um, except for the small stuff that I've read from Ultimate Spider-Man. Everything else I do not like. I'm not a fan of. Even as a production piece, there was no even short story that this fucking teaser trailer told. There, were, I got nothing out of it. And somebody said something on Twitter, and I remarked that I've seen indie video games like that go for a dollar or two dollars on Xbox Live with better teaser trailers than this. And I was absolutely fucking serious. There has to be some kind of a story, even a little bit of one that's told in one of these things. And there was jack shit that we saw. Yeah. You know, the the trailer was actually better than I thought it was going to be. 
but it's still a Dawson movie. <laughs> but it was, it was, it was honestly better than I thought it was going to be. I, I actually am a fan of the Ultimate Universe comic books. Um, and I'm, I'm glad that it, it's looking like it's going to do that kind of stuff. I hope they really follow through with that kind of stuff though. I hope we really see Reed as possibly a lot more grayer than we, we've seen in like the normal Marvel 616, like huh. in the Ultimate Universe, you know, cause he, he becomes a flat out villain in the Ultimate Universe and that's a really fascinating storyline. Hmm. Um, but this is just an awfully cut trailer. That's my, that's the biggest reason for a toss. Like you guys put the nail on the head, like it shows nothing. It's like they made us wait so long for this like terribly cut piece of shit. <laughs> like, and the movie didn't necessarily look terrible. It was just like the art of a trailer it was just everything thrown out the, into the garbage for this shit. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it just didn't, it was just such a smelly trailer. And you know something else that I, I haven't seen anyone comment on, and I'm shocked because it's it drives me fucking nuts. But this is like our, our new Fantastic Four logo. Right. That's the fucking Avengers A with the legs sawed off. Yeah. <laughs> it totally is. You're not shitting. And oh, I, my God. That's all I see when I look at this poster is the Avengers A. Is it? Am I subliminally supposed to think like Avengers now, Fantastic Four Avengers. Yeah, so I must of, see this movie. One of those emails was talking about like the affiliation with Marvel, and of course they're going to fucking milk that as much as possible because you know if they can confuse the general public into thinking that it's the same type of shit that they're getting out of the Avengers and Captain America and stuff, then why wouldn't they? People would go watch that. Yeah, and I'm going to disagree with Cornish on a little bit, like on his saying that. There, it's it's unknown to the mass public what the Fantastic Four's origins are. I don't know that that's true, and even if it is, I don't know that it's a handicap. I think if Iron Man the movie doesn't exist, then more people know how Reed Richards got his got his powers than Iron Man. Now, I would say that I would be a good example of the general public not knowing anything about the Fantastic Four other than like the shit we had with Jessica Alba and stuff. Yeah. And it's still a fucking toss-up for a trailer. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not even talking about anything that we haven't seen for sure yet because obviously we haven't seen the movie. But it's just it's just a garbage trailer. It doesn't really show us anything. Yeah. I'm surprised Cornish thinks this will make $500 million domestically. I think there's no way that's possible in hell. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, I've heard a lot of people say, oh, like defenders of this trailer. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, it's like Christopher Nolan's Fantastic Four. I know. Oh, it's so serious. Well, we even play. I mean, I showed Frank. Somebody took like the <laughs> the the dialogue from one of the uh, Christopher Nolan trailers for Interstellar, and they mixed it with the actual Fantastic Four trailer, and it's pretty fucking seamless. It that, seems like the same thing. That's so. kind of hilarious. Yeah. It was perfect, man. I was, I was like, I, I told Frank last week. Week. I, you know, I'm so, I'm so, I love the 616. Yeah. Fantastic Four so much that it's hard for me to fall in love with this trailer. This movie just seems like it would be better served not as a Fantastic Four movie, but just like if it was a movie called like Space Mission colon Dimension N. Yeah. You know I, what I mean? I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I like both. I'm a huge Fantastic Four fan. It's it's one of the titles I always try to read in every incarnation. And I, I do like both. I like the 616 more than the Ultimate Universe characters. Don't get me wrong. Right. But I, I do like the twist on it and everything. Yeah. I said, like, last week, like, I wanted to see an older read, more established read. I was hoping, like, that you know, like, if Marvel did it, I think that's what we'd get. And, like... 
it would go basically like get to the point where like maybe in the second or third movie we're even get, getting introduced to like Franklin and Valeria. You I know agree. What I, mean? I think if if Fantastic Four is in the Marvel universe right off the gate, we're getting older Reed Richards. Right. I, right. I completely agree. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, you toss the trailer. You're not necessarily tossing the movie. None of us are tossing the movie yet. We haven't seen it. I'm actually right. more excited for the movie than I've ever been. Because hmm. I, I, I don't know. I, at least it, it looks like the, it could be faithful to some of the Ultimate Universe like plot lines that I like. Does it work with what they've set up? If they do have a crossover, do you think it works with what they've set up in Days of Future Past? Or do you think they're going to have to tweak a few things in order to make it work? I feel like that's going to feel forced no matter what. I don't see how that's ever going to feel natural. Okay. Yeah, and the tone of the trailer even doesn't even fit. I mean, that's something that even if the movie itself didn't fit tone-wise with Days of Futures Past, you'd think that a skilled person would be able to cut it to make it look like it did, but it didn't do that either. Well, I think, honestly, I think this is like a, uh, you know, and the other one, I guess we're we're working, yeah, it doesn't fit for me, but, I mean, do you think we're going to get suits? Do you think, like, this first one, we're just going to get these uh, these suits? Or do you think of the second one, we're actually going to get Fantastic Four suits? Something uh, that looks a little bit more like a, like a team. I feel like it's a little bit the Brian Singer X-Men mold. We'll get some kind of uniform, but never, like, the comic suits. You okay. know? Right. We don't even really get that in the well, old Fantastic no, Four. No, 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 no. I don't think we're going to get 616 suits yeah. by any stretch. Yeah. But I was just saying something that more looks like a uniform team. Yeah, I think that's very possible. Now, I don't know what you guys' take on it was, but like the trailer on its own is a toss-up for me. But the fact that the they came out afterward and had to do like a commentary of it, be like, no, 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 you didn't understand. It didn't suck. We're going to explain to you why it doesn't suck. And then even in that fucking commentary, they talk about shit that you didn't even see in the trailer. Like, oh, the thing's eyes are are so amazing. Like, it's really him. Well, great. Too bad we didn't fucking see that in the trailer. Yeah, you can. (laughs) I think that made it worse. Yeah, I haven't seen any of that, thankfully, by the sounds of it. Ugh. I avoided it, and then Brian played it for us last week. Yeah. And, oh, my God, dude. It's worse. It's like making excuses after the fact. Yeah, but yeah, I agree. It would be forced to try to do the X Men Fantastic Four crossover. I I think right now though they shouldn't even be worrying about that. Let yeah. get this movie to be able to stand on its own two legs, and if that's fucking possible somehow, <laughs> then try to seamlessly cross these franchises over. They could tweak it by the sequel. I think I view yeah. I view this more as a uh, grounded, gritty origin story, and it could. The legs, I mean, it could take on different legs in the sequel, you know, to where it could be a little bit closer to that X-Men universe that they're building. Yeah. But on the flip side, yeah, now you get it to work with the X-Men universe. I just don't see how this Fantastic Four could ever fit into what they're going to be doing with the Deadpool movie, which is also part of the same universe. Oh, my God. It feels like two completely different things. Holy shit. I agree. I agree. So it's not like we're just looking at the, you know, crossover with the X-Men. I mean, this is going to take place in the same universe that we're going to get a Gambit movie. Right. It's also going to take place in the same universe where we're going to get a Deadpool movie, which is like so out of left field. The only thing that could work in that favor is the fact that Deadpool himself stands out. 
amongst all those other superheroes. I don't think they're going to cross Deadpool over with, like, the Fantastic Four at all. Oh, yeah, that doesn't seem like it. Like, X-Men would be a stretch, but a far more plausible one. Yeah, they're playing it way too loose. Like, Marvel Marvel Studios, I mean, they do different genre films and make it all cohesive together. But everything's still kind of thematically, like, still feels like in line. Right. Like, these... I, I agree with you that it's like way too loose here that it just seems like right. once they combine these things, like even as different as Avengers and Guardians of the Galaxy are, I can still in my head see it working together. Oh, absolutely. But it's like I can't see how this would work at all yet. Right. I mean there's a there there is comedy in those X Men movies. Like yeah. Yeah. Hugh Jackman telling them to fuck off in the yeah. bar. The shit like that's funny. I got nothing funny from this. I, I didn't get anybody. I didn't get any of the main characters talking, though. Yeah, we're gonna get some gags in the Fantastic Four movie. I'm sorry to disappoint Michael Cornish, but I guarantee you, there's gonna be a gag or two in the Fantastic Four movie. Oh my god! Hopefully, it's got to be some kind of miraculous humor if, because this teaser trailer. If it's sucks. if it's even just gagging on your popcorn because of how bad the movie is, it, <laughs> some form or another, there's gonna be gagging when you see this. Movie. This movie gave me gas. Yeah. <laughs> Now, it, guys, it, we all thought, you know, it's a huge gamble that they waited this long to put out a trailer, uh, this late in the game. <laughs> I mean, you know, we just got it, you know, last week and, uh, February and the movie comes out summer, August, right? Yes. Um, it looks like it paid off though. Um, the trailer broke 20th Century Fox's record of views with 42 million times within the few days of its release that beat out x-men days of future past the previous record holder and uh, nobody could be happier of course than the head writer simon kinberg he recently told entertainment weekly we took our time with that trailer what we were trying to tell people was here's the tone of the movie my favorite trailers are ones who set the world the tone the voice of the movie without telling you too much about the story it's totally different from what the previous movies had done and it's much more akin to what the ultimate fantastic four series did we really wanted to let people know this is a fantastic four movie that takes characters seriously that has hard tech science fiction and it has intensity that you may not expect from this franchise. Yeah. I am a big... I mean, Simon Kinsberg has done good stuff. And if the science fiction is well done and really well done hard science fiction, then I can see myself possibly liking this movie. Like, because I am a big fan of Fantastic Four and really exploring science, you know, just being the explorers and doing that kind of stuff. Like, I, I, I... I don't know. I'm, maybe I'm being skeptic and glass half full with Fantastic Four a little yeah, bit. Yeah, but it, like I just feel, I, like I when I think of like dude, I uh, I see. Maybe I'm not the right person to talk to because I hate the the fucking Ultimate Universe. When Even it comes in the six one six though, they're science explorers. Yes, but it's more cosmic. It's more fun. It's not always cosmic though. Like the. I know, but they do go cosmic yeah. quite a bit. You know what I mean? They're interacting with Silver Surfer. I can't see how Silver Surfer and Galactus even fit into this fucking universe. Why not give up the rights for Galactus and Silver Surfer in these movies? Because it doesn't even seem like they would be involved at all. It, or, I don't know. Yeah. Terry Crews is sure as fuck isn't not going to be playing <laughs> Silver Surfer. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I don't and know. we're not going to get a Galactus like we want to see him. He's not going to be wearing the purple suit or anything like that. It's going to look dark and gritty. I don't know. The only thing I can really speculate on is the fact that I don't know 
anything. The Fantastic Four is not something that is like, you know, akin, like close to my heart or anything like that. And even though I wasn't a big fan of the previous two films, I, I'm still trying to approach this whole thing with an open mind. And just in and of itself, as a theatric experience or like anything related to do with film, the teaser is a toss-it because about the only thing that I can associate with anything with the Fantastic Four other than the logo is that there was a heap of rocks that looked like it moved once. <laughs> That's it. And then Johnny Flame caught flame in the distance. That was all. I just I didn't like it. It's it, it's a toss it. Um, I did bump into Jay Piper the other day though, and he he actually liked it. Yeah, he, I know. he, he liked it. Yeah, he texted me and said he liked it. <sighs> I'm not surprised. Really, it seemed right up his alley. Wow. I I, I wish I would have had more time to pick his brain on it, and it was kind of like an afterthought. I'm like, I gotta know. But he 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 already assumed that we hated it. Yeah, I feel like he liked it more. I think he knows that it wasn't the best cut trailer, but I think he really appreciated the thematics that they're going that they show that they're going with it. Yeah. So I think him and like I think him and Cornish kind of are on the same page with mm. it. Yeah. It just looks horrible. It's like so B movie. Yeah, I think that trailer looked horrible. Yeah. I, I still have a little bit of hope that this might be a fun movie. See, I can't. I can't say anything about the movie. I got nothing to go on, and I'm kind of purposely trying to avoid it. It's like my ignorance is bliss, but still, man, that that trailer sucked. I agree. All right, uh, Marvel uh, released the uh, Daredevil trailer. Did you guys want to watch that again? I don't need to. I caught a little piece of it. I didn't catch the whole thing. Well, yeah, we need to pause then okay. so right. you can watch Sorry. it. So pause. We'll be right back with the with our rating. All right. So hey, now we've had a chance to watch it again. Yeah. And uh, we're gonna go ahead and talk about the trailer and rate the trailer. So uh, who wants to go first? I go. Go for it. All right. Um, Daredevil is in the same vein to me as like the Fantastic Four. I've had a bad experience in the past, uh, cinematically, and trying to approach the thing with an open mind. Uh, this trailer does what the Fantastic Four trailer does not. It gives me a little bit of insight as to who the character is, uh, the kind of world that they exist in, and the things that they're gonna be encountering. Uh, there's a little bit of tension. In the uh, trailer, I'm going to Tupperware it because it does its job and makes me want to watch the show. Yeah, I'm going to give this trailer a high taste it. Um, I really liked it. It got me really excited. Um, looks like we're going to do more of the uh, Bendis take on Daredevil, though, than the Wade take on Daredevil. I'm excited, but not as excited if it would be a little bit more of a swashbuckling, you know, good time thing. It looks like it's going to be pretty dark. Yeah, that's the reason I'm going to just taste it, yeah. is the fact that it is uh, the Bendis stuff. I'm a bigger fan of the Wade stuff, and uh, that's the reason I am going to taste the trailer. Um, yeah, gritty. It's probably the grittiest thing I've seen come out of Marvel so far. Yeah, yeah definitely, right? And this ties into the MCU. Um, right. Definitely grittier than uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which... Even Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has gotten a little bit more edgy since they moved that time slot up an hour. They can get away with a little bit more, but this is even further than that as far as like gritty and edgy. So, but yeah, um, the Bendis stuff is okay, but I'm a, just a huge fan of that Mark Wade run. It's so much more fun, mm -hmm. even though it does deal with some serious shit, you know, foggy getting cancer and stuff like that. But 
I don't know. It's just the the characters are a little little bit more lovable, in my opinion. I don't like so many uh, religious overtones in my Daredevil either. Yeah, like yeah, you know that's a little bit of the character with his mom being a nun and everything. Yeah, but I when it's like overbearing religious overtones in Daredevil, like, and they're jumping right into it in that trailer. <laughs> yeah, so hmm. I'm kind of like, oh man, gotcha. I don't know. See, I don't know anything about that about the character, so I just kind of took it for what it was worth. It's just like a little thing. Looked but, really well done though. Charlie Cox looked really yeah. great as Matt Murdock. Had to show off the abs. Yeah, just like they all do in all yeah. the trailers. We got to see the uh, Paul Rudd abs, it's like we, the superhero thing. Yeah, Chris, Chris Evan abs, Thor abs, uh, <laughs> Chris Pratt abs. It's just. Uh, mm. Abstravaganza. <laughs> Abstravaganza. So we got the Charlie Cox abs. You know, I do, though I do got to say, part of like the whole package for me is the fact that it's coming in on Netflix. I don't have to pay any extra money to get a hold of it or try to figure out how to watch it. Boom, it's there. So I, I love that idea. Yeah. It's going to be crazy that day when all 12 episodes come out or however many right. episodes it is. So are you going to spread them out? Like, are you going to maybe like try to get a group of people to like watch them all at the same time or just run right through it? I'll probably just watch them by myself as fast as possible. All by myself. <laughs> Oops. Can we pretend <laughs> like God he's not it. here when he does stuff like that? I'm way ahead of you. He was already yeah. doing it. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't even have to ask permission. Way ahead of you there. It's just not like an acknowledge that <laughs> shit anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you know, that's why my wife's so quiet. She's already there. <laughs> she should fucking ignore that shit. God damn it. Uh, Stephen DeKnight, the showrunner for Daredevil, he sat down with IGN TV and he talked about the series a little and... I took some more, uh, some more of the notable quotes. Um, he was asked about the evolution of the costume, uh, because the costume he's wearing is the all black costume mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and, uh, doesn't have the daredevil horns or anything like that. I, I thought it was cool in the trailer. Like he was hearing all the noise from all the city. And as soon as he put on the costume, he kind of like focused mm-hmm. and he didn't, you didn't hear that. I thought that was cool. That was neat. That was neat. Uh, but, uh, Stephen DeKnight said, really, the reason we start with this version, which is hugely influenced by Man Without Fear, is mm-hmm. for two reasons. One, this is really the beginning. The formation of Matt Murdock as Daredevil. On the flip side, it's the formation of Wilson Fisk becoming Kingpin, which I thought was really interesting. We only got to see him from the back. Yeah, we saw his back. Right. Still no Vincent D'Onofrio, face-to-face Kingpin. No dialogue from him. Right. I can't wait to hear him as cool. Kingpin. It's very much a parallel arc. We didn't want to start him in the red suit. We wanted the early days of him figuring out what he was doing and making mistakes and getting the crap beat out of him on a regular basis. His suit, which we call his vigilante outfit, in the beginning, we tried practically everything design-wise. We experimented with a lot of different headpieces. One version was a ski mask with the eyes sewn shut. (laughs) We tried everything until we found something that just felt right. And also... Really going back to that man without fear, I can't say where his costume ends up, where it goes, but there is definitely an evolution. I think another reason that they didn't want to use that traditional Daredevil suit is the fact that uh, they kind of want to give us a different Daredevil that kind of separates it from the Ben Affleck. They don't want too many Ben Affleck comparisons yet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Get people liking it. Right. And then throw them in the red suit. Exactly. Give us something to look forward to. You think that's another reason why they're portraying it as being so dark right up front? 
No, I, you know, even, I think me and Brian are in the minority. I think between the Frank Miller stuff, between the John Romano Jr. stuff, yeah. between the Benda stuff, I think that's most people's favorite Daredevil stuff. Yeah. I think we're in the minority. That we love the, the Wade stuff. Yeah. I yeah. think, I think if you asked a hundred Daredevil fans what they want to see, they want to see Man Without Fear. And that's, right. And that's what they're getting. Yeah, I think exactly. We're in the minority, I think. Right. Hmm. I mean, there's an issue of Daredevil in the Wade run. Okay. Where Silver Surfer shows up and he asks Silver Surfer for a favor and he wants to ride the surfboard and fly. <laughs> I mean, that's how fun that fucking series was, Frank. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, and you're not going to get any of that, I of guess course. if you're the man without fear, you'd want to try that shit. Yeah. But it was just a great panel it's just a great spread page it's like you open it up and there's daredevil on the board going yeah woo, having a great time and that's what i loved about that run it was fun and serious at the same time and i mean it's not like there weren't consequences in the book it's not like he's just fucking doing shit like that all the time i mean he battled somebody who actually had his abilities that could see and so i mean he was outmatched and he had legitimate fear in that comic book it was fucking awesome so, yeah, um, taste it for the for the trailer. Yeah, me. I still Tupperware it, man. I mean, it gets me excited. I really want to see that shit. Well, that's good. I'm glad if anyone of all of us, if anyone's going to Tupperware it, I'm glad it's you. I mean, you know, you, me and Brian are already kind of hooked in. I think with because of the character, and I'm glad you're already invested just from the trailer. Right, gotcha. I mean, and that's the trailer's job is to kind of catch your interest, get you to want to watch the show. I mean, it certainly did that. Especially kind of that slow-mo last scene where he's picking himself up out of the puddle of water. You mm-hmm. can see he's bleeding from the mouth. Like, it really gives the idea that, like, we're dealing with some, like, not gritty shit. He but, was know, actually like, real. He was trying to lift up his arm sleeve to show off <laughs> a tattoo. <laughs> and it didn't work out quite so well. No, that's not was, he, was he at Hooters, like, ten minutes before? He was at Hooters. That was the Hooters yeah. alleyway, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. He was the reading the Braille... Ma- he was reading the Braille menu with his dick. <laughs> yeah. So. While using his hand to Holy move his dick around. Shit. Right? Wow. <laughs> that, that, that's a vivid image. Some dude cocking himself in the face while trying to read with his cock. IGN TV, they also asked about uh, Kingpin's role. Uh, and, uh, Stephen DeKnight said, when we first meet him, he's a very mysterious figure, as you can gather from the teaser. Absolutely a linchpin of season one. I think there's no better way to start off the series than a formative, formative Matt Murdock coming up against a formative Wilson Fisk. We were so incredibly lucky to get Vincent D'Onofrio, who is not only a phenomenal actor and an amazing person to be around, so very generous as an actor and performer, but I don't know if there's another human being on the planet that embodies Wilson Fisk physically, like in the comics. I think, honestly, he is as close as you're going to get, unless you're doing an animated series. We're just marveled. We were like, holy shit, it is Wilson Fisk come to life. Even in the teaser, when you just see him from behind, standing in front of that painting, you just get the feeling that it's Wilson Fisk, the future kingpin. Fisk plays a crucial role in season one as the adversary of Matt Murdock. Also, on the flip side, Matt Murdock is is the fly in Fisk's ointment. What I love about this show is we're able to explore some gray areas of who is really good, who is really bad, and which person is really better for the city in the long run. Yeah, there's no mistaking it. Even that quick shot in the back of what you're seeing 
that you're seeing the kingpin. I mean, they they're right. Oh, absolutely. Oh, right. Yeah, there's yeah. no mistaking it. Size wise, I mean, in that first film, that was Michael Clark Duncan, was it not? Yeah, yeah. correct. Size wise, he had it down, but I don't know. The the rest of the film just like did not build that whole scenario. Yeah, he was too hammy. Right. Was, was the problem? Yeah, chewing on his cigar and just being just mm-hmm. over hammy. That was literally just like a physical casting, I think. Yeah. Um. Moving on, let's. You want to talk about a little bit about uh, the Deadpool stuff? Sure. Okay. Last week we listened to Ryan Reynolds speaking to MTV News about Deadpool. Was it about how it wouldn't even exist if it wasn't for the reaction to the uh, internet? I didn't get that far on last week's episode. Uh, he talked about uh, the low budgets. He talked about. Uh, yeah, I talked about the. I think he did talk about that a little bit. Yeah, he wanted to go through and see what he had on his hard drive at home. Right. Um, this week he spoke to Collider about the film. Some of the things he he kind of repeats what he says, but here's what he had to say with Collider. Before we have to wrap up, I wanted to ask about some upcoming projects. I'm sure you can guess what one is. You go to shoot Deadpool in, I think, a month. It's perfect. So. Great. Really? You were going to ask something else, but you know, if that was your real answer, I'd be totally cool with yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, so in a month, what does the next four weeks hold for you in terms of prepping for that? Um, tests, lots of tests, lots and lots of tests. That's about all I can say about that. How about working with that director? Because I found it surprising that he's a first-time feature director. So is there anything you've learned about what he's got cooked up that might make you think, you know, this was the right guy to direct this movie? It's always been the right guy. He's, He's always, you know shown nothing but a, a fierce loyalty to the canon of Deadpool and, and uh, you know, that's the thing you look for first and foremost and a guy that is always wanting to push a little bit farther and, you know, the, the advantage of doing a movie like this on a budget that is significantly less than any other kind of superhero movie is that you get to do things that you don't get to do with other superhero movies and that's what we're most excited about and the R rating, are we going to get it? Gonna get what? An R-rated Deadpool movie? I have no idea. That's what I have my fingers crossed for. Yeah, I don't. I don't, uh, I don't, I don't want to. I don't want to spoil anything. So we'll see. We'll still, we hope. All right. So um, basically, I don't know. I mean, he. Uh, the one thing that it kind of like put a little bit of my fears at ease was like it's directed by Tim Miller. It's his first feature film. He's mm-hmm. never directed a feature film in his life, yeah. but. What Ryan had to say about this is like, this is the perfect guy for the project. That he's familiar with the character. He wants to do the character justice. I think that's great. Yeah, I agree. Hopefully it's not just him just saying what you, what you want to hear, you know? I, I, I'm hoping I'm picking up like the wrong vibes from this because this is the second week in a row we've had a report with a quote from him. Not really complaining about it, but mentioning the extremely low budget. Not even just saying it's a lower budget than most. I mean, he's like exponentially talking about like, oh, it's way less than any other superhero movie. Do you think that he may be like at all concerned as far as like what they're giving this guy to do the film on? Like he could be the greatest guy in the world, but if he can't really bring his vision about because it's underfunded, then it's going to suck. No. Don't yeah. think so? No. I don't think all. they need too much money to do a, a Deadpool movie justice. The dialogue is the biggest thing there. I think it'll push them harder to make a better movie. I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. I mean, you look at independent films, like very low-budget independent films, like Chef. Right. Okay? Chef, I think it cost them like 
$4 million to make, maybe a little bit more, but very cheap budget. But it goes on to do gangbusters, fine, not, not, not gangbusters as far as like, you know, big Hollywood movies that make, you know, hundred, you know, like hundreds of millions of dollars. But it paid itself off financially. I think, I think Fox has got three movies coming out that year. They're going to spend a lot of money on Days of Future Past. And then you've got this experiment with the Deadpool movie, which got a great reception for that trailer that came out, that leaked footage. But I don't think they're willing to spend quite the money that they're going to spend on X-Men Days of Future Past, which is a proven property. And if the movie bombs, it's not going to hurt their pocketbook too bad. Right. We're, talk- we're talking about Apocalypse, right? Did I say Days of Future Past? Yeah. My bad. I'm yeah. just, I was just confused. I'm sorry. No, a- yeah, I meant Apocalypse. Okay. Yeah, what, what, what's the third Fox movie that comes out? Is Gambit. That- Gambit, okay. Wow. It's a big year for Fox. That's, mm-hmm. that's a great point. And, it, you, and to be fair, though, those other two movies need the money. Like, Deadpool's a shoot-em-up. It's like right. almost the equivalent of a John Wick, kind of. That's, yeah. yeah like, that's how exactly. like a diehard. Yeah, yeah, I think those are both good examples. Like, you don't need that much money. Like, four to five million is is perfectly right. enough. If you spend that much, or even ten million, and the movie ends up being a huge hit, and you make you know fifty million, hundred million, I mean, it's paid itself off. I mean, I don't even need to see a CG Deadpool like what we saw in that trailer. I mean, Ryan Reynolds in the same fucking getup. You know, just in real life, that fucking outfit, that'd be fine by me. Yeah, I think we'll see very little CG in this movie. I wonder about that, because, you know, of his special abilities having, like, freakish regenerative abilities beyond Wolverine. Yeah. Like, I don't know if we're going to see, like, them wanting to try to do a bunch of shit with that. Yeah, I still can see a lot of that being practical, like getting limbs cut off and stuff, you know? Right. I don't know. It depends on that rating, really. Yeah. yeah. In my opinion, I mean, yeah, it could could be practical, maybe with an R, but with a PG thirteen. But if it grows back, it doesn't become an R. I call it the Men in Black rule. <laughs> 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 yeah, just the initial shock of seeing somebody's limb get it cut off. Yeah. Practical effects is a little bit more. A guy, guy gets his head blown off by a, by a gun. And grows as long it grows back, so it's true. Not, it's not R rated. But then again, yeah, it, but when, it when looks it, when it exploded, it was green slime. It wasn't like blood and bone. In R.I.P.D., like when a character gets blown up or something like that, it looks fake, like that Men in Black shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Okay. But if you do it with practical effects, it's a little bit more jaunting. Like, whoa, holy shit, that <laughs> was fucking scary. Yeah. R.I.P.D. There's a reference that Ryan Reynolds should run I'm away from. I'm just saying, if we're going to see limbs getting hacked off, the only ones I see getting hacked off are Deadpool's Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. I, don't, yeah. I don't think we're going to see him hacking through waves of people. This is not going to be Deadpool no. doing, like, Kill Bill the Bride action. I think, if anything, no, I, that I, would I never, be the never thought that. No, I, I'm not saying you thought that. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm just saying that that's... <laughs> Lop well, the limbs then, off the guy that'll grow him back. They'll use it for comedic effect. Yeah. Yeah. I, I find it a little bit just um, – I don't like it that Ryan Reynolds is like, oh, I, ho- I hope it's R2. That's what bothered me the most about that clip. Did he say that? At, at the uh, very end. At the very really? end he did. Yeah, I l- thought he said he didn't want to spoil anything. No, can you, can you play the last like five seconds of that clip? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Let's see here. Before we have to wrap up, I want to think. That's what I have my fingers crossed for. Yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't want to spoil anything, so we'll see. We'll <laughs> and, still, we hope. We hope. Oh, we hope. Okay. okay. All right. Hmm. 
So interesting. Does, does that mean him and the director are fighting for that R rating? Right. Or did that he's saying we hope? That's not saying I don't know. True. It's it's saying he wants the R rating. Or did he even really think about his response? Well, maybe he just knows that the fans want an R rating, so True. he's just kind of going along with you know we the people hope. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. I oh see my what, god, that'd be so amazing. I see what you're saying. I'd I'd be there at fucking seven o'clock Thursday, Wednesday, whatever the fuck day it came out. It's going to be PG thirteen. <sighs> I'm I'm with you. I know. It is weird. That's why I don't like him saying that. We hope crap. Well, I think he just wants to. He needs the fans behind him after that fucking Green Lantern fiasco. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, anything he can say to kind of appease fans, <laughs> I think he'll say at this point. Do you think with his comments regarding the budget, do you think he's kind of worried about like a repeat there because of how they uh, portrayed Galactus as that big fucking cloud? His biggest problem with, um, I'm sorry, what is yeah. that? Is that not what happened in uh, Green Lantern? <laughs> the movie? You're, am I fucked in the head? You're thinking. You're thinking, a, you're thinking a silver oh, rise fuck. of the silver surfer. See all these fucking terrible movies? They just mold together for me. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. His biggest fear with uh, I don't know if it, I don't know what his biggest fear of Deadpool is. I have no idea. Budget. He mentions budget. Yeah, it's twice. It's just it's a little disconcerting that he keeps bringing it up. Um. But I think it, his 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 thing with Green Lantern, why that didn't work out, the reason he said it didn't work out was that he did not read the script. He did not read the script for Green Lantern. He said that was a big mistake. Oh, he yeah, took oh, the job? No kidding. <laughs> Green Lantern, how can you not just take the job? I bet, I bet 80% of the people that take jobs involving playing a Marvel or DC superhero take the job without reading a script. I don't, right. I don't think that's something to look Unfortunately, much. he was ahead of the curve. Well, I mean, Warner Brothers came out with, at him with a shit ton of money. So yeah. it's like, yeah, I don't need to read a script. Let's just do this fucking movie. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, okay. And he, yeah, he was asked about the Green Lantern. Um, they said, uh, who said this? Who asked him the question? I'm going to figure out. I saw this interview, though. It made me laugh. It made me chuckle. Yeah. Um, it was uh, <laughs> Yahoo Movies. And they they asked him, they said, um, this will be your second superhero movie as the leading man. What did you learn from the first Green Lantern that you can bring to this one? <laughs> he said, well, script. We shot Green Lantern. Nobody auditioning for the role of Green Lantern was given the opportunity to read the script because the script didn't exist. I'm not complaining about it. It was an opportunity of a lifetime. And if I were to go back and retrace my steps, I probably would – I probably – I would probably do everything the exact same way, but script, that's what's different on this one. He's read the script for this one. I mean, the script, I don't know if they're going to be using the leaked script that was on the internet for a while, mm -hmm. but that script is fucking awesome. And yeah, I've, go I've, for it. I've read, I've read pages of this script. They break down the fourth wall. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of the <laughs> shit that we saw in the, the, the leaked trailer. Yeah. That's the kind of feel that I got from the script that I read online. Mm -hmm. um, so I think Ryan Reynolds knows exactly what he's walking into. You know what I mean? He, 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 that Green Lantern didn't read the fucking script. I think on the flip side, he's going to want to read a script now to know well, what he's yeah. getting into. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's super cool of him to say, listen, you know, if I go back in time, I'm still making the same fucking mistake. You know, how, mm -hmm. how can you not? I, yeah. It's Warner Brothers coming at you saying, hey, we're going to make you the next big superhero. Yeah. You yeah. know, how can you say no? 
Uh, we also got some news about female leads for the Deadpool uh, movie from Deadline on Friday. Uh, Marina Baccarin from Firefly. Who's this girl going to play, by the way? Who's the female? It's just going to be some rando. Couldn't tell you. Yeah. Was um, she the uh, consort? Marina Baccarin? You said she was on Firefly? She was on Firefly, Homeland, and then she's Leslie Tompkins on Gotham. Oh, yep, yep. That's exactly who I'm thinking. Okay. Uh, Taylor Schilling, star of Orange is the New Black. Uh, Jessica DeGau, uh, she plays Huntress on Arrow. Uh, Teen Wolf uh, actress Crystal Reed. Mm. Um, and Red Band Society star Rebecca Rittenhouse. And also Sarah Green, who is seen on Vikings. So those bunch of names. You got a you got a favorite there? Uh, Marina Baccarin. Mm, okay, which one's she yeah. from? Uh, Firefly. Uh, Gotham. Gotham. Yep. And and uh, she played uh, in V. Oh, cool. Who was she in V? The evil chick. Oh, she's the main evil chick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's the best. Yeah. I'd <laughs> yeah. love to see her in this. And I mean, oh my god, she is so good on Gotham. Yeah. Yeah. I really like how they're kind of playing out this little flirtatious relationship they got going on. Yeah, it's good. It's good. And she's a lot better than some of the other female cast members in Gotham. She's probably the best, in my opinion. Drinks her coffee like a fucking champ. (laughs) She is way better than fucking the chick that plays Barbara Gordon. Hell yeah. Way better. Oh, yeah. She's not that good, is she? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah, she's awful. Oh, no. <laughs> she's garbage. Um, <laughs> Ewan McGregor, he spoke with MTV News about those Doctor Strange rumors. I know we've already got our Doctor Strange, but yeah. like, was it true? Was he in the mix? And <laughs> Time for Ewan McGregor to piss on another franchise. <laughs> Here's what Ewan had to say. Speaking of, uh, of Disney and corporate entities, there was talk of Doctor Strange at one point. Yes. Did you? Was that intriguing to you to be in the mix there? Yeah, I was into it. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was exciting. I am. Um, I didn't. I'm not a big comic guy, yeah. so I didn't. I didn't know. Um, <laughs> Doctor Strange was. <laughs> but that, that's the minute ended right all, there. All the fans have just gone. Well, thank God for that. <laughs> um, so, um, I was intrigued by it, and I, I like the idea of creating a. Being, you know, a superhero character. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Help tells Very me nice. That. But uh, they went. They didn't. They didn't. Uh, but I was so it was so fun to be part of the mix for a little while. You're in the yeah. Marvel conversation. It's a good place to be. Sure. There you go. <clears throat> yeah. So I guess he was. Uh, he was actually being considered. Yeah. Yeah. If I put you on the spot, okay. Yeah. Marvel says, okay, you and McGregor, we still want you. Who, who are they? Who are they having him play? Oh, in another... Yeah, in just the Mar- we're putting you in the Marvel Universe. We're sorry we didn't give you Doctor Strange, but this is what we got for you. Adam Warlock. Well, that's not bad at all. That's all I got. Yeah, it's a tough one. I, I'm I'm a fucking asshole. I, I have no idea. I threw your question out there. Maybe a Nova. Yeah. I, I mean, anybody could be... I mean, they talked about Nathan Fillion being a Nova. Right. Yeah. That's like the fill-in-the-blank job. Yeah. You're a Nova. You're a Nova. <laughs> you lose. Al Pacino's a Nova. You're a Nova, Al Pacino. Yeah. Uh, Marvel provided Stitch Kingdom with an, uh, with official captions for characters involved in Avengers Age of Ultron. One of those pictures was of Andy Serkis' character, which is now confirmed to be Ulysses Claw. Yeah, we saw that coming. Awesome. So we now know that Marvel is setting up not only Civil War, but they're also setting up Black Panther in Avengers Age of Ultron. Um, I personally would expect that we could see more Claw 
in Civil War, uh, because this is uh, where we first will see a fully costumed Black Panther. I don't know if in those reshoots if we're going to see like Chadwick Boseman out of the costume. Yeah. But it's been confirmed that we're going to see a fully costumed Black Panther in Civil War. We could see more Claw in Civil War, and and, and yeah, of course we're going to see him in Black Panther. I want to talk about Claw more. Yeah. How long until you think we'll see Claw as a being made of pure sound? What movie will that happen in? Mm. The Black Panther movie? Probably Black Panther. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, that guy's a lucky guy. He's lucky that um, Doctor Doom is in a whole other movie universe. So he, <laughs> doesn't, he doesn't have to worry about that kind of shit. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That guy's been kidnapped by Doctor Doom quite a few times. Yeah, they can't do that here, but they could replace Doctor Doom with yeah. whatever they want to do at this point. Yeah, he, he gets sliced and diced by Doctor Doom. That always wow. disturbed me when I was a kid when uh, Dr. Doom was slicing claw like lunch meat, basically. Oh. So this dude's like, what, like a B-level bad guy? Yeah, I would say that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. He's always mincemeat for the uh, upper-level baddies. He's made of pure sound. He has this device that, that like keeps it all formulated into one bean. Okay. And then he's got like a cannon that he can use to shoot his sound powers. All right, then. Too. And so he, he's pretty fucking awesome. I've yeah, always loved Claw. They might allude to that in another movie. Yeah. And then we'll see it fully realized. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I just wonder how Claw Claw is going to be. Because just from what we've seen, it just looks like he's going to be more of the character that's involved with, like, the moving and the shaking of vibranium probably. Exactly. But, yeah. You know, if, I mean, and this is something that's completely new to me, what you're talking about, him being made of pure sound. Yeah. But if you're going to have somebody that you're going to end up portraying a CG character on, why not have it be fucking Andy Serkis? That's a very good so, point, Frank, is that that's why you hired Andy Serkis is because at the end of the day, this is going to be a full full motion cap character. Right. Yeah. That's, that, a, that's that, a very good point. Yeah, that'd be a perfect fucking transition right there. And he does look amazing in what we did see of him in the uh, Age of Ultron trailer. That character could be so cool. CG's made a sound and like his mouth is going to move like a TV line when oh, it talks wow. like real fast and crazy. <laughs> and like be real flat up against his face, you know? Well, Not- we know Marvel's going to do a better job with him than they did with Electro. Oh, uh, I think Claw is going to look so fucking amazing once he becomes CG. I'm... You- you I'm right. at me. You looked at me. <laughs> That'll be <laughs> nice, Frank. Do you own Amazing Spider-Man? No. Too? Damn it. No, I only saw it the one time. I want to see it again, but I don't want to pay for it. Really? I own the first one. I, I own the first one, too. Yeah. I do not. Yeah. I got I, it for like five bucks on a Black Friday. Gotcha. But I ain't afraid to go find the motherfucking thing for when we do that live tweet. What's that? You're not doing it. Spidey 3. Oh, Spidey 3? I yeah. got Spidey 3 on Blu-ray. Gotcha. I do not. I'm going to have to pick that thing up. I don't have it either. Yeah. What's that No, name? no, no, no. I do. I have the whole trilogy. Yeah, there oh, you go. I have the whole trilogy on Damn. Blu-ray. What am I talking about? That's yeah. what I got, too. I'm sure I could find it. That was, it like, one easy. of my first three or four Blu-rays I got. Yeah, I have The it. Raimi Spidey. That's one of the first films I saw in high def. It was actually Spidey 2 with Doc Ock. Yeah. That uh, was the first time I saw anything in 720p. That was back in the day. Looked gorgeous. Yeah, that was the first movie I took my brother to see when he was a kid was Spider-Man 1. Huh. Oh, nice. Yeah. Marvel released a digital comic recently. It's called Avengers Age of Ultron Prelude. This Sceptered Isle. It deals with Loki's scepter from the first film, uh, the Avengers. Uh, and it deals with how that scepter gets out of the hands of the Avengers and into the hands of Baron Von Strucker, who we saw at the end of Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Cool. It also gives us hints at Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch's new origins. Here's the quote from the comic. 
Strucker, acting on behalf of Hydra, used the scepter on test subjects in the fictional European city of Sokovia to unlock any powers they might have. So, this sounds exactly like what they did with Sky's character in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., where he, she is exposed to this... I'm, I'm just going to call it Terrigen Mist. Terrigen fucking Mist. They even called it recently... Uh, t- called them the Inhumans on an advertisement for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, she becomes Quake. They haven't called her Quake yet. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it sounds like in the MCU, Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch will be Inhumans. Makes it easy for them. Yeah. Uh, the book, this is also interesting. The book also points out that they are willing test subjects. They're not being held prisoner. And I'm going to read this really? book. How much is this book? Uh, it's a digital download. I'm not exactly sure how much. Oh, if it's 99 um, cents, I'm on that shit tomorrow. <laughs> but since they're willing test subjects, they're not being held as prisoner. It, it's just not how it looked, though, to me at the end of Cap 2. Quicksilver's freaking the fuck out in that cell. Yeah, you know totally. What I mean? Bouncing around. Yeah. The fuck so out. I wonder how they're going to explain that away. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, that make, makes no sense. Schizo! I can't wait to see Quicksilver. I, it's going to be crazy. Like, the, they really have a high bar with the uh, Brian Singer stuff. I'm trying to keep my expectations low. Yeah. Honestly. That's probably the best way to do it. Are you looking for that comic? Yeah. Did it come off this week? I'm not sure when it came out. Search. There it is. I'm going to pause. <laughs> All right. Hey, uh, let's see here. A little bit more Marvel news. Um, and before I go, I am fucking tired. So this is like, <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, I'm usually in bed like four hours ago. So. Wake up! <laughs> it ain't going to help tonight. It I, is not going to help tonight. I'm yeah. doing my best to... I'm always fucking carpe nocturne. So like you hit 10 o'clock at night, I'm like fucking hitting my second win. I've seen you guys get tired in the past, so stop oh, that. I, I I can't deny it. I've gotten yeah. so fucking groggy at a few of these episodes in the last couple hours. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'm right there right now. So gotcha. I'll, I will deliver the news. You guys bring the interesting shit to bring talk the about. Funk. Otherwise, because I'm kind of checked out at this point. <laughs> um, Anthony Mackey, I saved this. I was going to do this last week, but I saved it for you, Jake. <laughs> I had to. I was a little upset that you weren't here last week because I was oh, like, oh, no. shit, this is the... Jake, What's he Jake upset was. about now? Well, Anthony Mackey's back at it again. He's talking about Captain America, you know, Civil War. Uh, and he did this interview with Detroit's WXYZ News. And here's Anthony Mackey, Jake's buddy. <laughs> Love this guy. What's the number system you called? Captain America 3 is actually Avengers. <laughs> The way I look at it, Captain America was a spinoff of Avengers, but it was so much better than Avengers. And, you know, with the new Avengers coming out in the trailer... Because it had him in it. going to be <laughs> ten times better than Avengers 1. So Cap is going to be so much better than Avengers 2. It can't be Avengers 2.5. It's like Avengers 3.8. It's so far past where Avengers is going to be this summer. Like, just having read it and seen the specs of what they're going to do, it's... It's it's unlike anything you've ever seen. Oh my god! <laughs> I hope so. They're still shooting. They're still adding pieces. So I'm what definitely. You, what he's asking about call. Avengers Two. Are you uh, going to do? Hold on. Marvel to be. He, he asked. Are you going to do anything shooting. for Avengers Two? Still adding pieces. So I'm definitely waiting for the call. Uh, 
<laughs> to be added in there in any way, shape, or form I can. I wish I knew Anthony oh Mackie's phone number. I would call it every day <laughs> and just hang up. What the fuck is he talking about? He'd be like, like damn. Because Cap is just a spinoff of the Avengers. Like, did he not know that there was a thing called the Winter Soldier that he wasn't in? He can't be retconned into that shit. That's fucking awesome. That means in Civil War, since it's Avengers 3.8... <laughs> We're gonna like get a taste of like the post Infinity War, like Marvel Universe, like what's going on, right? So well, that that really changes the game. That means Civil War happens after Infinity War. Well, it makes sense, okay? Captain America two, Winter Soldier was Avengers two point five. Yes, this naturally is gonna be Captain America three is gonna be three point eight, right? That makes sense, <laughs> naturally. Sure. And then comes Captain <laughs> America 4, which is going to be Avengers 4.9. Captain America. 4 to the fifth power. Captain America, Leonard Part 6. <laughs> Captain <laughs> America, the nth degree. <laughs> Anthony Mackie is awesome. Uh, waiting for that call. Let me get it, though. I'm It'll be for, even better. I'm just waiting for him to get replaced. Um, <laughs> waiting for that call. They are. They're, they got, Marvel wow. has to fucking hate this guy. He's like hustling, They man. regret the ever day that... Regret the day they ever gave this guy a contract. <laughs> come, come on. Andy. He's on the street corner, like, pushing his shit. Like, you need to watch the Avengers. Come on. Let's go get it. I think he's great in the movies, too. Yeah. Don't, he's really I, good. I think he's great. I love him in the movies. Yeah. Don't yeah. get me wrong. He just needs to shut his trap. <laughs> Settle down. And he'd, they'd be, he, he'd be in Avengers, too, if he'd done, do shut up about it. <laughs> hey, I hope they call me. Hey, I should be the leader. Hey, they should call me. <laughs> Christ. Well, I mean, I think Avengers 2 already has so many people in it. You don't need him in that no. right now. I mean, yeah. the, I mean, uh, we didn't get War Machine in Avengers, but we're finally getting War Machine and you know what I mean, in right. uh, Age of Ultron, which I hear is a really small part, but we're getting it. And we just don't need this movie to have too many people in it. But that's what makes these big event films the event films is you got all your A-listers in it. They ain't worried about the B-guys. I think they're already thinking about how can we kill off Falcon in the Infinity Wars. <laughs> oh, that's easy. Yeah. Fucking just take the batteries out of his wings. And he's probably constantly like, hey, I, hey, guys, I read the comics. I'm Captain America now. When, <laughs> when's that happening? Because I'd really like to be a part of that when that when that's happening. I think the things with him and Chris Evans are strained on set. When you getting killed off, Cap? <laughs> when, oh, when you going to give me the keys to the car? I, I like I like doing Anthony Mackie impersonations. It's, Jesus, <laughs> keep bringing that. I'm just gonna get that. We need we need a bumper for Anthony Mackie news. I will find all. I will scour oh the God. internet for an- Anthony Mackie quotes for you. So it, uh, it, yeah, if I'm ever slumping, just just bring that out. That's like should be like your secret weapon for my slumps, right? I'll, oh man. James Gunn recently spoke on uh, Allison Rosen is your new best friend. I have no idea what the fuck that is, but he was on it. Some British talk show, right? <laughs> your guess is as good as mine, Chief. I have no fucking clue. And he's talking about Guardians of the Galaxy 2, and he says, It's not really based on anything. The story for Guardians 2 is an original story that I came up with that I started working on, actually, while I was shooting Guardians 1. And it'll answer some of the questions that were put forth in the first movie about Peter Quill's father and who he is and what's going on with that. We'll get to know some of the characters a little bit more, and then we're going to meet a couple of new characters who will be very important to the Guardians movies and probably important to the Marvel Universe as a whole. 
It's different than what's in the comic books. Peter Quill's father is somebody different in the comics. So then when the movie came out, we got greenlit on the sequel right away. I went in, I sat down with those guys, and I'm like, okay, here's what I think the sequel should be. And they were like, oh, whoa, that's risky, but okay. Now I'm going to turn over the story in a few short weeks, and we'll find out how well it works. So I think that Marvel, one of the reasons that they are going to listen to him is based on how well the first movie performed. Um, yeah, I'm not totally. saying that he is Robert Downey Jr. and they're going to listen to everything that he has to say to appease him. But on the flip side, I think they know that the only way that they are going to get a great Guardians of the Galaxy movie is with James Gunn at the helm. So he's definitely catapulted himself into somebody that I think Marvel Studios, a strict studio that wants to th- see things go their way for the future of the franchise. They are going to let him have more input than they would, you know, an Alan right. Taylor who did, you know, Thor or mm-hmm. uh-huh. even John Favreau who did the first two Iron Man movies. This guy has uh they're definitely gonna listen to him a little bit more. You know what this reminds me exactly of? Mm. Um Batman and Batman Returns. Um, you know, Batman did so well they were like, Okay, Tim Burton, go for it. Yeah. Do whatever you want with Batman Returns. They right. pretty much gave him free reign, you know, have your fun Christopher Walken stuff, have all your goofy penguin stuff, you know? <laughs> right. Free reign. Um yeah, yeah, definitely, because uh, even though the reaction was, oh, whoa, that's risky, but okay, I think they trust him. Yeah, because, yeah. I, and I think, like, you got to make sure that he's given the credit due, because even though, you know, right off he might not be as big a name as Robert Downey Jr., there's a difference in, like, the role that they play. He, James Gunn is the artist, Jr. would be, like, the brush. I, w- I would think that his opinion would carry a lot more weight because he created the final product. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I read a lot of stuff in reaction about this interview. Actually, it's pretty fascinating. Um, I'm interested to know what the other two characters are going to be. Female characters. They've they've already announced that there's going to be two new female characters introduced into the universe. Um, I also find it fascinating that I think it came out of this interview that he actually wrote the Guardians of the Galaxy 2 screenplay during the filming of Guardians of the Galaxy 1. Yes, he did. And so I find that really fascinating. That's given him a lot of time to really polish it up, you know, and, and really make it really snappy. And so I am really have high hopes that this is going to be. One thing I worried about was he had so much pre-production time going into Guardians of the Galaxy 1 that that's why I really backed that movie. That I they really gave it a lot of pre-production time, you know. And I was like, yeah, wow. but I think now that he's got the movie under his belt, the yeah. pre-production stuff. I mean, they know what they're going into. Um, they kind of know this world a little bit better. He might not need all the time in the world to get this next one rolling. Yeah, the tempo and the themes are already there for him to jump right into. Now these characters exist, fleshed out in the world, and he could just kind of extend that from what he started. I think we're going to see a little bit all new tempos and themes, though, in Guardians of the Galaxy Two. Yeah, I think it's going to be a completely different movie. Yeah, hmm. I think I think the the, the trailer is going to be shocking. It's going to be almost a different genre. I feel like I think hmm. James Gunn is going to go crazy this time. Yeah, I, I think they've already kind of alluded to that in other interviews that like they, it's going to be a totally different feel than that first movie. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. I'm looking forward to it. So. Let's see how it goes. All right, guys, let's move on to some DC news. Uh, not a whole lot. We're, we're going to talk about the Teen Titans TV show. We're going to talk about that next week. But for the sake of time, we're going to talk a little bit about Gotham. 
Bruno Heller, uh, the showrunner for the show, he has plans now to introduce the Joker into the series before the end of the first season. Here's what Bruno Heller said. Um, We've said you're going to be waiting a bit longer for it, but this is America. Nobody wants to wait. So we will scratch the surface of that story, yes, but just scratch it. A little tap on the door. So a little bit of Joker, maybe it's just some teases for all we know. Yeah, that sounds cool. I'd be okay if they I'm surprised to right it. away. Yeah. I, I mean, that, that'd be about the limit that I really honestly want to see in Gotham. We've talked about this before and kind of pissed all over the idea of having the Joker even show up until we've completely, like, run through the Penguin arc that that's right. been so good. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the orgasm. You don't want to get there right away. Yeah, so this is a little bit alarming in that in that respect. I am alarmed about that. Yeah. If it's if it's true that all they all he wants to do is like not even lay the groundwork, maybe just like mention it or like try to make him an ominous thing, I'd be okay with that. Yeah, I, I could see that. Yeah, that just, it just seems like fan service and way too early for that kind of fan service. Save it for episode one hundred. Save it for season three, season four. Are the ratings still strong? Is I mean, there any reason for them to have to try to throw this out there? Yeah, I mean, you already got season two that's guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Save it for yeah. save it for mid season two at the least. You know, do do you really need this to get people to come back? You know, is it the only thing that's going to make people sit through an eight month break of Gotham? I don't. You know, I personally, I I, I feel like. I'm just trying to okay, I'm number one, I'm trying to wrap my head around because I think I think they've I think they've gotten a lot of people to watch this show, a different demographic of people that would not watch this show. And I think a major reason of that is people are enamored with Robert Lord Taylor's penguin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If people aren't watching it for, you know, boring Jim Gordon, which yes, he's become very boring to me lately. Yeah. If they aren't watching it for um I don't know. Uh, Bullock. Bullock. I like Bullock. I love Bullock. He's funny. I like Bullock more than I like fucking Gordon. Oh, yeah, point. absolutely. Every week he, yeah. he pays off. He's funny. Oh, yeah. that, that The last episode that I saw where he kind of like showed up in Arkham to save the day and uh-huh. help out his buddy, you know, Jim. Yeah. I, I fucking love that. Oh, it was good. Um, Jim is just so goddamn fucking boring and vanilla at this point. It almost seems like they're playing to that. Like he's the oh-ho-hum. Yeah. And yeah, I see that. But fortunately, I mean, everybody else is so interesting. I'm sick I'm okay of his with that. on and off relationship with fucking Barbara. That bores the shit out of me. How many are you behind? Three episodes okay. behind. So. All right. I mean, I ain't giving nothing away there, but uh, I think that situation improves overall. I'm not talking about like for them, but like yeah. on the whole, like your plot issue with it. So. What I'm worried about is, like, they've done such a great job of establishing, like, the, you know, Gotham Underground, these different Mm -hmm. gangs and different factions and things like that. How is the Joker going to play into that universe? You know, Mm. the Penguins rise to power, and now you've got, you're introducing the Joker. You're just scratching the surface, like you said, but, like, in season two, are they going to really just dive into it? I mean, they're going to scratch the surface now. Are they going to dive into it? One way I think they could make it work is if, like, all these different factions, um, there's a whole lot going on. Nobody trusts anybody at this point. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're seeing, like, Jada Pinkett's character. 
um, you know, not trusting some of the people that are in her crew and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Maybe he takes on some of these people that have been cast out of these different fucking underground factions, these different uh, members, and he takes them on and they become part, part of his, like, Joker gang or something like that. I right. don't know. I could see that. Too. And then you also see these bad guys, you know, they don't give a shit about one another. I mean, they ain't scared of each other at all. It's all about, yeah. you know, playing their game. But like maybe if at the utter mention of the name the Joker, people fucking get scared. Like they get skittish. Like they show real fear. Is he established though? That's the thing. I mean, this has been kind of an origin story for most of these characters. True. The only ones that are really that are established in this universe are Falcone. I mean, we get a brand new James Gordon, new yep. to Gotham Police Force. We get Penguin, his rise. Um, you know, we get a character of Jada Pinkett, uh, that Fish Mooney. We've mm-hmm. never even seen her before. Right. Most of these characters aren't established except for like Bullock and, uh, Bullock and, uh, who's a uh, Falcone. Right. Everybody else, I mean, are we gonna get a fully realized Joker? You in know a, what I mean? In a red hood, from what I've heard? Yeah. So it's like, what the hell, Gotham? Slow down. Right. Yeah, slow down a little bit. Slow it down and Blowing your wad. Everybody keeps talking about, like, oh, they keep referencing this and that and the other thing. I, for whatever reason, am not seeing it. Like, maybe a little bit in the beginning, but not really since. I'm so enamored with all the other characters and focusing on the plot lines that are actually existing. I'm not picking up on these Joker references everybody's, excuse me, talking about. Yeah. I mean, I've heard the rumors, like you're saying, but, like, in the show. Yeah, I agree. I haven't, except for like the stand-up comedian bit, I haven't seen stuff that was like right. a Joker reference. Yeah. Right. I think everybody's trying too hard to see it. Like, oh my God, when they're going to do the Joker. Yeah. They're just like, fuck it. Here you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, is that, is that the general consensus? Is it like a general consensus of people out there being like, oh, I can't wait till they, until they put the Joker into this show? I don't know. I think it probably is. I don't want to see it myself. I think it's doing just fine on its own. I think it's great without think, even messing with it. I think it should be like something that they just have in their hip pocket for like if ratings start to go down right. and, and you feel like the show is on the down, then mm-hmm. you introduce a bit. I mean, with Robin Lord Taylor being such a focal point, um, I only hope that if they introduce a character, like he's going to enhance right. That character and... And they gotta know that. I mean, they gotta know because, uh, and this ain't got nothing to do with the show, so it's not spoilers, but during the last episode, they had like a Ford big commercial thing with Mm -hmm. him, and he was like driving behind the scenes in one of their cars and shit, but I mean, everybody knows that he's the one that everybody likes. Yeah. So... Would it be cool, would it be cool to see, like, you've got all these, like, different gangs and everybody's vying for power and everything like that. Would it be cool to kind of throw in a wild card like the Joker, who just doesn't give a fuck and see and see some of them panic yeah and not only are the um you know the heroes you know gordon and bullock and and, uh some of these characters panicking but like also see some of the villains that that have been introduced kind of panic would would that be kind of cool yeah yeah i worry about casting with tv joker though absolutely Yeah. yeah i mean i you know um Harvey Dent. I mean, I think it's he, he's a he's a he's a taste it. Yeah, he's yeah. he's not in the realm of like Robin Lord Taylor, who's an absolute fucking Tupperware for the Penguin. He'd I need agree. a lot more screen time for me to develop like a real honest opinion of him. Yeah, and I'm I'm completely caught up, and uh-huh. he hasn't been back on since. On a side note, um, I was I, I don't know I, I uh, went to Walgreens the other day to buy a multivitamin, and I saw a woman walking into Walgreens. Yeah. 
and uh, she she was she, she did a penguin walk. She oh, yeah? she was fucked up. She couldn't like walk right. She was fucked up. And uh, it, yeah, she, she she was doing like a <laughs> penguin walk, and I was like, ah, they don't have any pills in there to fix that. Sorry, lady. <laughs> but you know, I was also thinking to myself, like, poor Robin Lord Taylor. He's got to walk around on set all the time like that. Right. I wonder if that's affected how he walks when he leaves the set. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? His feet probably hurt after yeah, his yeah, life, yeah, walking yeah. like that. Yeah. 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 But then again, I mean, he doesn't actually do that much walking. A couple times here and there. But mostly it's him standing or sitting in place. Yeah. He does some walking. Some, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Dude did some walking. Frank's tracking it. He's tracking <laughs> how much walking. No. Um, I pay attention to weird shit like that. Let's see here. Bruno Heller, he also talked about Edward Nigma and how he's going to evolve this season. Mm. Uh, he says, uh, Penguin, Robin Lord Taylor, was born a sociopath and was always going down this path one way or the other. Nigma, played by Corey Michael Smith, is someone who becomes the villain. And we see that journey begin in the second half of the season. What motivates people to do things is oftentimes love. He is slowly starting to break through her defenses, but we take two steps forward and then one step back. It's not smooth sailing for Edward Nigma. It's complicated for uh, her to have somebody's feelings in her hand. It's not as simple as rejecting somebody and having a clean conscience because she's starting to realize how deeply he cares. So I haven't seen any of that play out yet. Have you? Have yeah. you gotten to that? Yeah, okay. they they covered quite a bit of that the last two episodes in particular. Nice. And I completely agree. Uh, they're doing a real good job of, uh, you know, kind of setting him up as being like a tragic result of like a tragic love interest hmm. so it, it's exactly what was spelled out there in the quote um and, and it is being fleshed out very well on screen I, I think he's doing a superb job good i wanted to see more from that guy because mm-hmm. we just got little bits and pieces so, right yeah i need i'm gonna watch i'm gonna make that my goal tomorrow i'm not gonna watch game of thrones tomorrow i'm just gonna watch, i'm gonna catch up on gotham gotcha sorry frank no that's okay i can't wait till you do watch game of thrones i know oh, exciting day indeed i failed on my end of the mission too i totally didn't get to watch any doctor who doctor who doctor who all right doctor who didn't watch the movie <laughs> frank uh, <laughs> so yeah let's move on to star wars news you got what the Misa saying? You were supposed to be here with me, listening to Pop Culture Leftovers podcast. That's not true. That's impossible. All right, real quick, HumbleBundle.com is offering a Star Wars video game bundle. Give it to me. You can offer any <laughs> amount you want right now and get a ton of old Star Wars video games. Like, like what? TIE Knights, Fighter and Knights of the Old Republic, stuff Ooh, like that. So okay. I don't know all the lists. You'll have to go to yeah. HumbleBundle.com for more information. Remember that really crappy Star Wars fighting game? It was like Star Wars meets Street Fighter 2. I, that, I uh, slightly remember it. Uh, it came out around Episode 3. Uh, yes. Tell me what it's called, Frank. Ah, oh, fuck. You could be Boba Fett oh. and Ergor Marian Guard and yeah. fucking Han Solo. There's a huge list of characters. Yeah, you could be a shit ton of people. All right, you could be Vader or Anakin. Yeah. That was fun. Fuck, I can't remember what the name of it is now. I'm not pausing. Fuck right. it. That's fine. Listeners no, can that's tell fine. us. 
Yeah, but like Star Wars, the Star Wars franchise is way hit and miss with video games. Best Star Wars games ever, those Super Nintendo ones. Those oh yeah, were those very were good action games, just like Super Star Wars and Super Empire. Strikes I remember Star. just like Jay had a Super Nintendo and yeah. he had those games, and I'd go over and play them with Jay. So they were hard as fuck, but super rewarding. Mm-hmm. Like oh, every the levels were great graphics for Super Nintendo. But those Knights of the Old Republic games are really cool too, as far as like fun stories and stuff. Yeah, those, the ones that just use like the Baldur's Gate. Like, yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, I believe that that's available on iOS now. Yeah, it is. It is. You can nice. Get on iPad and shit. Catch that up on that. Yep, yep. Catch up with Darth Darth Revan. Yeah. <laughs> what a twist. Which isn't canon anymore. No, but it's still a really fucking fun story. But it's fan fiction. <laughs> Yoda news. They spoke with Freddie Prince Jr., who is the voice of Kanan from Star Wars Rebels, about the role of... Uh, about the role, and uh, Prince offered uh, some really cool teases for the end of Season 1 and Season 2. Here's the quote from uh, Prince Jr. The end of Season 1, Kanan will know what it means to be a Jedi, the selflessness necessary to be considered a master. Season 2, he learns how to let go. You'll learn his pain in detail in a scene Dave and I recorded in private. Kanan breaks down and gives you everything you've been wondering. He's talking about David Oyelowo, uh, who does voices for the show. Gotcha. Um, that's very cool, very exciting. Sounds like they're going to end on a really cool cliffhanger with a lot of you know repercussions. So very cool. Yeah, I can't wait to marathon that fucking show. Me neither. On um, the topic of upcoming episodes of Star Wars Rebels, Freddie Prince Jr. confirmed on Twitter that the second season will have almost twice the amount of episodes. Yay! Also, Billy D. Williams confirmed to Cinelinks that he will return as Lando in some upcoming episodes of the Disney XD series, which I kind of alluded to, and it sounded like he right. would come back. That's yeah, awesome. from what you said, he did a great job. Mm-hmm. He was he was great, smooth like Billy D. <laughs> In the next episode of Rebels coming out February 9th, we get an appearance of, of uh, Grand Moff Tarkin. Wow, that's awesome. So, yeah. Can't it's wait to hear awesome. the voice acting on that. Oh, uh, you can. Uh, there's a YouTube clip up already. Okay, I will check that out. Nice. Uh, speaking of Tarkin, a rumor came out from MakingStarWars.net, and here's what they said. Episode 64 of Now This Is Podcasting, we discussed the armbands on Imperial officers in Star Wars The Force Awakens. Most of them were rather esoteric in nature. While I was translating the armband of an Imperial major, I came across this one. It showed a bunch of symbols, and that translated to Tarkin. Okay, wow. Uh, is Major Tarkin just an Easter egg for a character that might not even appear in frame during the film? Is he an emerging character? Was this band created by one designer without much input from the powers that be who can make such creative choices? Or does Grand Moff Tarkin's family continue to serve the evil Galactic Empire? I think it's more likely the Easter egg option, Mm -hmm. but could possibly be the other option. But I think it's very low possibility. Yeah. I agree with that. I don't think it's it's a complete, you can completely say it's not true, but it's probably not true. J.J. Abrams talked with Collider about the new Star Wars, The Force Awakens, and I'm going to go ahead and play his audio and what he had to say. I saw you years ago, before you were announced for Star Wars, at a Star Wars convention with your kid, 
with your son. Okay. Am I wrong about this? No. No, 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 you're right. And you you seem so happy to be there and sharing Star Wars with your, your son. What has this experience been like with your love of Star Wars and with, you know what I mean, with family and just everyone being, you know? Uh, it, it has been uh, impossible and maybe impossible to describe, but to to be such a fan of a story and a cast of characters and a, a world and to have kids who you shared that same love and who get it in that way and then to have any part of it sorry what is going on Jason Clark. how are you Clark. good to see how you, are you? Uh, good how are you I'm very well we go, we, I just saw his yeah, stage Jason here. Clark. and then I saw his judge and star of stage and screen <laughs> In the teaser trailer, there's a badass new lightsaber. Who came up with that? Uh, well, it's sort of a, a long story that I, I, I can get into another time. But uh, I will say that it, what's been funny is since the lightsabers come out, I cannot tell you how many contradictory emails I have received from people who have both defended it with unbelievably detailed graphics. Yes, I've seen it. I mean, No, no, no. You've not seen what I'm talking about. <laughs> But I've seen other things. But I've gotten things that are nuts. And I've gotten people who've shown how it's it'll kill you and how it's you know, it doesn't make any sense. It's been the funniest thing to see the arguments that have developed over this thing. But uh, it's been it, it was a, a number of conversations. It was a sketch uh, that became a whole thing and you know, this was not done without a, a lot of conversation and it's fun to see People have the conversation that that we had, but in reverse. Sure. A lot of people, when they're directing a movie, they see their first cut and they get nervous. Some people say their first cut, they know that it's going to be, you know, they, they got it. When you saw your first rough cut, were you like, yes? Uh, we're still cutting now. <laughs> you haven't seen a first cut yet? <clears throat> no, we're, still, we're, we're cutting the film right now. So we haven't sat down and watched the movie because we're, we're cutting. Okay. Uh, IMAX. We know you're shooting an IMAX. Is a big percentage in IMAX? Is it a few minutes? Is it a few scenes? It's really one sequence, so it's not uh, a ton, but it's uh, it's a good good sequence. And I'm I'm pretty sure it involves the Millennium Falcon. You'll see. It's fun. <laughs> it's fun. Um, my my, uh, my last thing for you. Uh, you are obviously doing episode seven, and Ryan is doing eight and nine. Are you involved at all in like the eight and nine and the spinoffs? Are you executive producing? Is it now your baby? Uh, I, I wouldn't say it's. Eight and nine are my baby. Uh, Ryan will be uh, working at least on eight, but uh, I'm exec producing those films. Yeah. And what about Star Trek Three? Uh, we're working on that right now. And yeah, I don't know Star Trek Three really though. Yeah, well, you know what I mean. Oh, so you're so you're saying it'll be like Star Trek uh, Adventures in Space? That actually is a great title. <laughs> well, I know. That, I know. What was your reaction when Simon when when Simon Pegg's writing it? Uh, he's one of the writers, yes. Yeah, so what were you, how did that come about? Were, were you key in that? He's tired of this uh, guy. Well, he and I had talked quite a bit about the story. He had a lot of wonderful ideas. And it just, it, it, it sort of felt obvious that he was someone who would be a, a, a wonderful person to work on the story and help craft the story. So he's working on it. And my, my, we're at the VS Awards. Yeah. Obviously, visual effects are a key part of Star Wars, but also the practical effects of the original movies is what people love. Can you talk about balancing the new visual effects that exist with practical effects that everyone came to love? Uh, I, I feel like the um, the beauty of 
this age of filmmaking is that there are more tools at your disposal. But it doesn't mean that, that any of these new tools are automatically the right tools. And there are a lot of situations where we went very much old school. And in fact, use CG more to remove things than to add things. Uh, having said that, uh, there are obviously an enormous amount of, of CG effects in the film. And uh, I can't wait for you to see the combination. But it was very important that we build as many sets as we could and that the film have a tangible, sort of authentic quality that you believe that these things were actually happening in a real space with real sunlight if it was an exterior scene or uh, a, a real, uh, if we could build a, a big part portion of the scene and not have anything be blue screen, do it where we could. You know, it was a very important piece of it. And you're going to be a comic players. Uh, I hope so. I'm hoping you're going to be showing some stuff to fans. Fans want to see stuff. Uh, well, I, I could not be more grateful to all the fans. And so uh, I look forward to Comic-Con uh, in any event. And the trailer's coming. Uh, we're hard at work on everything. I'll leave you there. Okay, I'm cool. so happy for you. I cannot wait. Thanks, sir. <sighs> wow, there was a lot to soak in there. Yeah. Yeah, lots to soak in. So, yeah, gosh. That's cool that he's exec producing eight. I was wondering about that. Mm-hmm. I like how he corrected the guy about Ryan Johnson is not signed on for nine yet. Right. right. He's definitely doing eight. Eight. He, he yeah, the rumor is nine, but, yeah, it's not confirmed. Yeah, it is not confirmed, so that was interesting. I know it's not the focus of the interview and that, but I saw a video, and you guys might have seen it as well, uh, somebody took a model of that lightsaber, like the broadsword with the hilt, and then showed how it could be effectively used, like in a quick manner, just with the the way it was handled and the strokes and such. Not only does the long blade uh, be a weapon, but also those points are as well. Oh yeah, that was funny. I liked that he had a good sense of humor about that and thought it was funny. All the emails he was getting. Mm-hmm. I I'm a little bit um, annoyed that um, there's only one major scene shot in IMAX. Yeah, me too. I wish there was more. So it's fucking Star Wars. The whole thing should be <laughs> grandiose enough to be all IMAX, right? So that's yeah. that's kind of annoying. That's got to load the budget down, though. I'm sure. Fuck the budget. It's fucking <laughs> Disney it's Star Wars Disney Episode it. Seven. Disney right? can afford it. I know, yeah. but I'm, I'm sure that that's what it came down. Use to. Use that goddamn Elsa money and fucking spend <laughs> spend what you got to fucking spend. <laughs> yeah, Disney, let it go. <laughs> <laughs> no shit. So that's my only gripe. That's the one thing I really took away from that was what one IMAX scene. Yeah. So yeah. what? It's lame. Lame. Toss that. Uh, last thing I wanted to talk about. We're gonna have more Star Wars news next week. Um, but uh, there was a hilarious tweet by Star Wars Episode Eight director Ryan Johnson. Oh, he, what's it? He tweeted, "Just Wikipedia'd whether just Wikipedia'd." whether lightsaber is one or two words. <laughs> so don't worry. Your childhoods are in very safe hands. Nice, nice. <laughs> you shouldn't tweet that, though. I bet there's some diehards that are like, just the fact that you had to Google it means that you're already raping it. Sure. Right. Sure. <laughs> it's one word. Yeah, lightsaber is one yeah, word. It's, a t- it's like, a, you know, it's a thing. No hyphen, one word. Right. Like, get your shit together, Ryan. I just guys. thought it was a funny tweet. It was funny. It yeah. was funny. Yeah. So yeah, we checking out. We I do. I, I am so fucking tired. I got something for you. It's real quick and kind of light. All right, I'll take uh, a nap. You tell your little story. She would tell my little story. Earlier today, uh, the uh, official happy endings Twitter 
posted a real cryptic tweet. All it did was just post a link. And it's a countdown. 51 days, 23 hours, 23 minutes. It's almost a new day. Yeah. So Somebody speculated that uh, they're going to possibly try to bring happy endings back. To Netflix or uh, Yahoo completely streaming. Unknown. Or yeah, but something like that. Hulu. Because like Wayans Jr. just quit on uh, New Girl. Oh, did he really? Yeah, he, he opted not to come back. That it wasn't like an ugly thing, but he wanted to go search oh, for Oh, he was stuff. so good on that. That's a yeah. true story. I read that, too. Uh, the, oh, goodness gracious. I'm trying to think of her name, the blonde. Eliza Coop? Yeah, Eliza Coop. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's it. That she, uh, the show that she's on is probably going to tank. Yeah. Benched is really good. Is it? I didn't get a chance to see it. Okay. Um, I'm so. going to call it then. Um, the show was originally on NBC. Yep. NBC owns USA Network. Okay. I'm calling it. It's going to be on USA. I'd be fine with that. Yeah, go for I it. I love that show. Every, so. It's like all the parts are starting to come into place. Everybody's like getting uncommitted to where they were committed before. What about Max? He's on the Mindy Project. I think he said he's not coming back. Yeah, he's to that quitting either. too. Oh, yeah. dude, dude, yeah. it's USA. They're coming gotcha. back on USA. It's not going to be NBC, but I mean that Siren show is really good on USA. Right. It's fucking hilarious. I uh, I retweeted the uh, link, and, and here's the thing too. I mean, it's the official show Twitter. Sure. And then they posted that, and then all fucking day long they've been retweeting. Ev- everybody's like, like, what the fuck's going on here? Right. Like, what the fuck tweets and stuff? And like, I, I'm I'm showing you the the countdown now. Oh wow! Now here's the only thing is, and I didn't do the math myself, but somebody said that that counts down to April Fool's Day. Mm. I'd be really hoping to think they ain't yanking our chain. I'd love to see this fucking show come back. Yeah, Seems like oh a my really, god! Is, so that must be just the announcement that's going to come. Not like the the show's not starting in no two months because that countdown in is- April. Well, I mean, if it's a Netflix, they could do whatever, but. It's kind of weird. I mean, they would have had. I mean, they need time to film and shit. We, I think the announcement of the show happening is what the countdown is to. Yeah. Oh yeah, the show's not going to premiere right. then because yeah. they they need time to get the word out. Mm-hmm. The show's yeah, yeah. The announcement will come back, and I think I think they'll be announcing that it'll be on USA. Right. Yeah. That's I, I fucking love that show. It's so funny, and like it really touched on a lot of like pop culture shit from when we were kids. Mm-hmm. It was a so. great show. The whole cast was just wonderful. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you can see it on Netflix or not, but... I'll have to look. You really need to if you haven't seen it. Oh, I've wa- I watched it. I watched it when it aired. Oh, so did I. Yeah. yeah I oh, never... I thought you were suggesting to me to find it there. No, no, no. I've, I, I'm, our audience, we were... Sure. Yeah. Um, Sometimes I forget we're actually talking to other people, too. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Happy Endings is just a phenomenal show. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, I need to check it out. I I don't oh, know. It's really good. I mean, uh, I mean, we live in like friggin' Podunk, Central Illinois. I, one of the things I always liked was Max. Max's character. Yeah. Oh yeah. Totally like busted out the whole like stereotype thing of a homosexual male. Mm-hmm. Instead of being all prim and proper and neat and tidy, he's like they make like out of the, they go out of their way to show how big of a pig this guy is. Yeah. And I think it's funny. It's just it's a really smartly written show and it's just really really funny. I hope it comes back. Sounds like it sounds like they're going to. I mean with people leaving shows, I can't see Damon Wayans Jr. leaving a hit show like New Girl without having something else lined up. Right. And then the other guy leaving Mindy Project. Yeah, it's just yeah. a little too And much Eliza Coop, I mean, it works out for her that Bench isn't going to get renewed it sounds like. So 
All right. I'd be about it. Okay, I'm going to bed. Episode 78, <laughs> y'all. Yeah, episode 78. In about an hour and a half when I get home, I gotta fucking drive. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta do a third of your drive. Fuck you. I have to, <laughs> I'm not gonna say anything. You just gotta walk into our room. Yeah. No shit, fall over. <sighs> uh, and if I don't make it, the wife will throw a blanket over me. All right, guys, just like all good leftovers say in the doggy bags, thank you for your patronage, and thanks for listening. Dan West, you should have sent me a pillow because I'm going to go to bed. <laughs> yeah, thanks again, Dan West Coupo. You the man. All right, see you guys next week. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a T-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. It's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's race it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carryover, counterculture, pushovers. Pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. That original and good have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft. And we're the shaft crap, even though we're the shit. Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture carryover. Counterculture pushovers. Pop culture leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture pushovers. Pop culture leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Sure the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. All right, recording. One, two, three. No fucking sucks. It sucks to be me.